You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. What are you talking about? No, it's not him. Now, there's only one more. There is only one more. There is, that's, that's it. One more. Get arrest! No! They saw your team put up zero effort. Wake up! Remember in the old days, they used to have oxygen for them. Where's the oxygen? They play like absolute just garbage. <laughs> this is the Sports Loud Mouth. Yay! Man, can you keep it down? I'm trying to introduce here. With Errol Marks and Speedy Beanie. You're not even a has-been. You're a never was. You're a never was. Me! Tenth, ladies and gentlemen, to a new show of the sports loud mouths. I'm your host, Errol Marks, my co-host, Speedy Petey. 631-672-3108 is the number to call. You can go to our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com. Check out all our shows throughout the week, including the Sports Loudmouths, which airs every single Wednesdays at 7 p.m. and Thursdays. At 9 p.m. Great shows, great content, great guests. Tune in to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network every single week. Speedy, what's up, man? Very sad news in my family. My grandfather, unfortunately, passing away. He had a heart attack at age of 85. Lived a very long life. A very positive, entertaining guy. He'll be around a guy that's really helped me since I've moved here as well for the last five years. And working with this network as well. Always loved my passion. Always loved my sports. And always, always there for us. Me, my brothers, my family all the time. And this show goes out to him today. Rest in peace. Absolutely. Uh, a very, very nice guy, a guy that was a big Jet fan, had a lot of conversations with him about the New York Jets, and finally the Jets get a quarterback that could possibly possibly bring home a championship, and and obviously uh, this happens. Uh, It's a saddened day for the Cloybers, and uh, um, my heart goes out to the family. It really does. Um, um, Also, Mike Catino is in the hospital right now. Please send your prayers out to Mike Catino who was rushed to the hospital today. He's been dealing with some things. So, Mike, uh, my heart goes out to you. Hopefully everything is okay. I I will talk to you soon. Yes, Mike. We're wishing you all the best as well. It's been a crazy week. My sister is due tomorrow. She is going to be having a C-section with her second daughter. Uh, Her daughter, her oldest daughter, is going to be 20 this year. So it's been 20 years since she's had a daughter. I, I wish my sister nothing but the best. I hope everything goes well. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing a new niece in my family. So uh, my heart is everything to what my sister's been going through over the last couple of years, uh, losing a child and now has an opportunity to gain another one. So uh, I'm I'm looking forward uh, to meeting this beautiful young lady. So young girl, <laughs> not a lady yet, but uh, uh, Samantha at 6 o'clock in the morning will be uh, – Giving birth. Uh, at 7.30, we'll be talking to longtime football scout and founder of Jar- JarvisScouting.com, Mark Jarvis. I think he's been on the show before. No, he is not. Really? I I, I, I could have sworn we, we spoke to Mark Jarvis. Maybe, no, we did not. Maybe we, on social media. We spoke media. to an, another scout, a guy that was uh, Russell Landy, who was a mm. longtime scout, too, who's now in the CFL. Mm. Maybe that's what you're thinking of? I don't know. I, t- we've spoken to so many people. We've interviewed so many people, so I am not positive what his name was but uh looking forward to talking to mark at nine o'clock we will be talking to former nets knicks and raptors point guard chris childs so he will be joining us we'll 
We'll speak about the Knicks, the playoff run the Knicks are making right now. The last time he remembers playing Miami, I'm sure it was something very interesting, as we remember the fights uh, in the 90s with the New York Knicks in the early 2000s as well. So the Knicks and the Miami Heat never liked each other. So it will be fun to, you know, have a little conversation with Chris Childs. Um, Rangers fired Gerard Gallant. What does that spell for the New York Rangers this offseason? We will get into that. The Blackhawks win the NHL draft as they absolutely <coughs> choke all season long to get this number one pick. So Connor Bedard is heading to the Chicago Blackhawks. So for all you Chicago fans, you should be very excited to get one of the more exciting young players uh, that we've seen since Connor McDavid and Sidney Crosby and all those Canadian guys. And their last number one pick in Patrick Kane. <laughs> there you go. Uh, reports say there was tension in the Warriors locker room after losing game four to the Lakers as Jordan Poole refuses to speak to the media. So I wonder what's going on over there. Maybe maybe something with the young guy and the old guy. And I mean, you know who I'm talking about. The one that punched him earlier in the season. Uh, oh, Mr. Green? Yeah. <laughs> He's a pretty old guy. Oh, man. And it looked like at game four he was faking a concussion. But that's another story. This will be fun. I, I can't wait to hear at the end of the season what is going on in that locker room. But Tremont Green is done after this year with that team. So... Uh, he will be going elsewhere or retiring. I don't know where he plans to go, but uh, not making a lot of money, that's for sure. Uh, Nikola Jokic involved in an incident with the Suns' owner, Matt Ishiba. Uh, I don't know what's going on over there, but I, I can tell you this. This series is over. I Three games to two. I, I cannot see the Suns winning two games in a row against this Nuggets team. So... I expect the Nuggets to end this. If it doesn't end in Game 6, it will end in Game 7. Uh, no Chris Paul, no problem. <laughs> I don't think Chris Paul in this in this series would make a difference right now. I, I just think they're just so much better. They have so much deeper of a bench right now, the Nuggets. And they're probably better coached, I think. So the Nuggets look like they're moving on to the Western Conference Championship. So I'm excited about that. Uh, former Bills punter Matt Ariza, the alleged wrongly accused gang bang raping. I don't know what happened, but this story started to grow legs. He obviously gets dropped by the Buffalo Bills. And now there's a witness saying that he wasn't a part of the gang raping and that he wasn't even there when this was going on. So uh, interesting story. It's sad if this is true because... This kid's career is practically over being wrongly accused about something that he had nothing to do with. So uh, we will get into that. Let's parlay as Johnny Boy will be joining us a little bit later in the show. Looking forward to that. Bracket Wars matchup, number 11 seed commanders of the 80s and the 90s versus the number two seed Oilers of the 1980s. And the second matchup, number three seed Blackhawks of 2010s versus the number two seed 49ers of the 80s. So we have our first Cinderella story in Bracket Wars. The Commanders that you picked last time against the Lakers, the number three seed. There you Moving go. Moving on. The Twitter polls agreed. Yeah, well, we will see what happens moving forward against the Oilers of the 1980s. I think a lot of people will go to the other side. But we'll see. Anything's possible. The Rangers. I... I, I 
I will say this before we get into the deep parts of this story, because there's a lot of parts to this story that nobody knows about. And I think everything that's coming out from the the Rangers locker room after the fact they got eliminated in the first round against the Devils is an absolute joke, by the way. To attack this guy that took your team to the Eastern Conference Championship last year, we all know the background. Maybe he's not a likable guy. Maybe he's not. But to come out with these stories after the fact, after the fact you get eliminated, after the fact you made a run for the playoffs, you added Patrick Kane, a big mouth player who wanted to be traded to the New York Rangers. Vladimir Tarasenko, another goal scorer who has had a fantastic playoff run over the years with the St. Louis Blues. You add all these players, all these talented players that have done it in the playoffs back to 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 years. And then all of a sudden you choke in round one and you're going to blame the coach. This is absolute New York-like for the New York Rangers. And we will get into it. The Rangers announced Saturday night that Gerard Gallant and the team have a mutual feelings about parting ways. Gallant and Chris Drury reportedly did not speak for four days after their Game 7 loss against the Devils. Gallant said that he was frustrated that his job security was even an issue despite them losing in the first round of the playoffs. Galan had a 99-46-19 and regular season record with the Rangers and finished with a 13-14 and postseason record with the Rangers. The Rangers beat the Penguins and the Hurricanes both in seven games last season before losing to the Lightning in, game, in six games in the Eastern Conference Finals. Galant reportedly called out the media after after the Rangers game 4 loss to the Devils Gallant reportedly also had issues with some of their players in the team's exit meeting following their loss in the first round against the Devils not everybody is going to get along in that locker room and we have seen this a lot of coaches in New York sports history has never ever gotten along with the press. That's the whole point of coming to New York. That's the whole point of stress and pressure here in New York. You have to deal with it. I blame that on Gerard Gallant, the New York Rangers that have made it to the playoffs back-to-back years with this coach, took him all the way to the Eastern Conference Finals. He is right. His job security should not have been in question. When you make the playoffs consistently, and I know the Rangers want to win a Stanley Cup, but they haven't won in 30 years. 1994. All the different coaches the Rangers have had. All the different GMs the Rangers have had. Because of the second year run and the choke against the New Jersey Devils. A team that for years has had the Rangers number. And that has nothing to do with coaching. Ask Lou Lamorello. It has everything to do with the way this team has been run year in and year out. It doesn't matter 
who the head coach is. It's run from the top. And who is on the top of the food chain for this New York Ranger team? James Dolan. James Dolan, the king of flash that loves to bring flash to the Knicks that never works. Now we're seeing a dose of it with the Rangers. We saw it with Rick Nash. That didn't work. He was awful in the playoffs. Panarin is getting to that vibe, too. He's turning into Rick Nash 2.0. Can't score a goal. Can't play defense to save his life in the playoffs. And Patrick Kane was good in certain games, but was disappearing most of the series. Was really bad in that Game 7. Tarasenko was good in the beginning, then fell off in that Game 7, too. Really, besides Kreider and Trocek, a lot of the forwards really struggled. And some of it is on Gallant, yes, but at the same time, do the Rangers have a good plan B? Nothing is on Gallant. These players are getting paid millions and millions of dollars, okay? He has a game plan. The players have to follow the game plan. And the fact that the players can't follow a game plan during a game shows incompetence. It is not the coach's fault. Football, when you look at a way a, a way a team plays and going into the second half, you want to see if, if the team isn't playing well in the first half, you want to see change in the second half because football is all about change in each and every quarter. In hockey, it's it, it, the speed of the game is the speed of the game. You know how to trap the best players. You know how to keep the, the best players away from the net and make sure that they you don't put them in scoring positions to put the puck in the net. That's what you do. That's hockey. The Rangers are not a good team defensive organization. They have never been. The last time they were a good defensive team was 1994. Do you want me to name some of the players that they had over there? The Jeff Bukabooms of the world? The Brian Leeches of the world? The Sergei Zuboffs of the world. They don't have those type of players. Even their forwards, the Steve Larmers, the Esatikinins, the Stefan Matos. These guys were defensive, offensive-minded players. They weren't goal scorers. I mean, we all know Esatikinin scored big goals in, in, in the Stanley Cup Finals. We know what um, Mato did in the Eastern Conference against the Devils and that goal score in the overtime against Mark Tamper. We all know that. But they are known to play a defensive style of game. The Rangers brought in Patrick Kane, who doesn't play a, a lick of defense. Vladimir Tarasenko, let's be honest. He is an offensively sound player. He's not a defensive player. These guys are all offense. And we've seen this. And, and everybody's going to say, well, if you score goals, you can win. The Rangers don't score in the playoffs. They had three games, they scored five goals. And the games that they lost, they scored no more than two. Snug says Tarasenko isn't getting any younger. You think that's bad? Check out the English Premier League. Twelve managers have lost their jobs this year. Don't be surprised if there's more in hockey, too. We see a lot of hockey coaching changes. Uh, yeah, two teams fired him. Could Isaiah Thomas consult for the Rangers? I think Dolan is still paying him. He probably is. Who says the coach is the correct game plan? Ask TCU. And our resident Ranger fan, the Beave, is on the phone. All right, Beave, what's up, man? What's up, man? How are you? So let's get into it. I know. Let's get into it. Uh, you're you're 100% wrong on Gallant. Gallant needed to go. The, I mean, the Rangers made it to the Eastern Conference Finals two years ago, and then this year they can't even get out of the first round. It's on him. The players did not want to play for him anymore. There was things going on behind the scenes with the players and, and Chris Drury and all them. It just was not working out. And Gallant never made any changes to nothing in the playoffs. He did nothing to, to try and – 
do something to help this team so win. So what kind of changes do you think he needs to make? You have to make, you have to make adjustments when you're playing these teams. Adjustments to what? So, How many goals did Jack Hughes have in the playoffs so far against the Rangers? How many goals did Timo Meyer have against the New York Rangers? Listen, you, 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 won, you, you won game one, game two, five to one. Then you lost... What five to one, and then you won, and then you lost four to one or five to one again. Beef. They were running. The Devil ridiculous. fans were running out Lindy Ruff in the beginning of the season. They didn't want him there. Now all of a sudden they get to the second round and they knock and, off the and, Rangers and, and they love him. They absolutely adore the guy. And, they actually, and, and was, after and, and they eliminated the right Rangers, now. they were screaming. Lindy Ruff, Lindy Ruff. So, so please, please, don't tell me it's about the coach. It has everything to do. It's all about the players. You're going to tell me when you have all this talent on one team, they can't produce, they can't put the puck in the net in the big game. They went all the way to a game seven against the Devils, all the way to a game seven, and they choked. They choked. That is not Gerard Gallant's fault. It is his fault. No, it's not. He's not on the ice. He's not playing. It's, it's, he it's is not, not on the ice. Here's the, the, players, here's the reason. The here's the reason why. Chris Drury should have known that these players are not defensively sound players. That's what well, he should have known. They don't play defense. Never, they don't penalty kill. And they don't score goals on a power play. He should have never went after Patrick Kane. They didn't need him. They got him when he was playing. They, hold on one second. They didn't go after Patrick Kane. Patrick Kane went after them. And I would have said, oh, I'm sorry, for whatever. He go after him, whatever. He came to us, and I wouldn't have took him. There was no reason to take him. Oh, whatsoever. so you're going to tell one of the greatest playoff players, one of the greatest American-born players ever, we don't want you. I don't want somebody with damaged goods. Sorry. Beav, what, what better value would you have gotten at $2.25 million? He is hurt, and what did he do for us? Nothing. I didn't say he I didn't say he did great, but that's playoff. And, and, and that is Gerard Gallant's fault? And that that's Gerard Gallant's fault. It's because of him. He was, he hurt. was hurt. No. Oh, my God. His hip was hurt. No. It's no, his fault. Gallant's fault that he did nothing to make any kind of adjustments. What, what adjustments could you have you made? You have to make adjustments. Tell me. Door, what door what could of Gallant's change, change adjusting? Do something. Change, change Oh, so you're going to change the lines in the middle of yes. a series that it's yes. never been done all season long. Yes, he did. No, no, no. Don't say that. I'm he's talking. Okay, so you're going to play. All right, you're going to put Patrick Kane with a line. He's changed lines in the middle of the game before. I've seen it. He changed lines in game five. No, you can. You got to. You got to keep trying to find something that works. Do something. Make adjustments. But he it's did. not working. There's nothing that was working. Steve, there was nothing working. The Rangers couldn't put the puck in the net. That's not his fault. They did put the puck in the net. Really? In three of the games. In three they of the games. And they lost four of the games. And the four yeah, games that. that they lost, they couldn't right, put the puck so in the net. They lost two to one, and they lost three to one, which was really two to one because it was an empty netter. Mm-hmm. And, and, and then they lost. Then they, the, the last game, they got killed. They they lost three to one, two to one, and they lost another game, and then they lost four to nothing. Yeah, well, they didn't lose by much. So, beef. The no. fact is, this is not Gerard Gallant's the fact fault. Is, yes, it is. No, it's not, dude. 100%. This team the is point, not. He this, lost the locker this, room. this this team is not a winning organization. This team, he, he, this roster is not a winning roster. It's not. The Devils aren't a winning roster. They're not. No, Toronto's no, not a winning roster either. That's why they're getting killed by Florida. Do you know why Florida is playing the way they are? Give me. I can tell you why right now. Florida is dominating that series. You want me to tell you why? Because they have defense. No. Say? No. They have a yeah. goaltender that's been in this situation before. 
All right. So and they have, hold on, and they have, hold on, they made moves, they made moves in the offseason that a lot of people were questioning. They were like, why would you give up one of your best goal scorers? Why would you give up one of your best offensive defensemen and trade him away to Calgary to bring in a player in Matthew Kachuk that you have to overpay? And Matthew Kachuk, go look what he did for Calgary last year and go look what he's doing right now for Florida. He is a playoff player. He is a young player that has speed. He's mean and he causes ruckus on the ice. Look how many penalties he causes, a penalty power plays he causes. This guy is a playoff player. This guy knows how to win. Patrick Kane, Patrick Kane is a fantastic playoff player. He is fantastic. No, he wasn't for the Rangers because he was playing hurt. He wasn't playing well for the New York Rangers he because was the, playing hurt because he was him. playing with players that were all about themselves. No, he was playing hurt also, and you could tell he. Let me ask you a question, Beef. Why is Panarin not scoring in the playoffs? I that I can't answer. I don't know. I would why you, is I Why is Mika Sabinajad? Not scoring in the playoffs. Him, I don't. Him, I don't know. Him, I don't understand why. Do you want me to tell you why? I I can tell you why for what I've heard and what I've watched. Because they're not playoff players. They're just not. Panarin is not a playoff player. Panarin hasn't been a playoff player since Panarin hasn't been a Panarin. Panarin hasn't been a playoff player since Chicago. Okay. And what did I say to you the other day? I said I would trade Panarin for Barzell right now. But we're not talking about that right now. We're talking about would, this series. I'm why are they saying. running out a coach that had nothing to do with why they lost? Because he did because the players did not respect him. They did not want to play for him. They didn't respect him, but he took him all the way to the Eastern Conference Finals. He didn't want, he didn't want to. He, it was a different team last year. Really? It's the same team. No, was it? You had Frank Vitrano, you had Andrew Kopp, you oh had uh, Vitrano. Vitrano? What did Vitrano do this year? What did Vitrano do this year? It doesn't matter. He's but what did he do team. this year? I'm, it's it's he's, a good he's question. He's a different team. My question is, what did it's Frank Fratrano do this year? He's not in the right. He's not on the right team. Oh, so because he's not on the right <laughs> team, that's why he he didn't play well. Is that what you're because saying? Because he's on a rebuilding Anaheim Ducks team that's going to hurt his value. He's, Come he's on, not on the right team. He, it, he was it's a ridiculous. good player on the Rangers. He was a good player with the Rangers. Fratrano right. is he was a good player in other places too. Fratrano had fit. He fit in the right system with the Rangers. Fatrano played on the second line for the Anaheim Ducks this year. On the second line, he scored 22 goals. Okay? 22 goals. On the second line on the New York Rangers, tell me one player on the second line that scored 22 goals. Give me one. Second line. On the New York Rangers. I don't think there was anybody that had 22 goals on the Rangers. Exactly. Exactly. You cannot tell me the reason why they didn't make it to the second round. They didn't beat the Devils. It's because of Frank Vitrano. I'm not saying that. It was a different team. They had different chemistry last year. The chemistry. This is more talent. This team has much more talent. This team should have went all the way, including every single expert. Now now with a banged up Kane, you're not going it. Nope. Oh, so you think because Kane was banged up, that's why they didn't make it to the I, Eastern Conference I, I Finals? They, they didn't need him. When they, as soon as they got Kane, the, the, the Rangers just did, they, they were just in a different direction. He didn't need him. He ruined them. No, they didn't need him, but what value are they going to get that's better? He 2. ruined 2. 5 the team. Million. He did he not ruin the, the team. team. They were struggling yes, before he did. that. He they, ruined, they, the Rangers they were, they were went playing, on a five-game losing streak before they got Kane. They were playing better without Kane. They didn't need him. 
They played about the same level in the regular season, they did not winning percentage-wise, when you, Kane you, got there in the regular lovers, season. Lovers, I can't stand you. All what better Kane value lovers. are going to get a 2.25 million? You, you did not need him. There was no reason for him. Leave the team alone. You can't put all these All-Stars on one team and expect to win. It doesn't work. The Blackhawks win the NHL lottery, and I'm going to say this for all you fans out there, and this is the truth. This is an absolute catastrophe for the NHL. The NHL has been sitting back creating this lottery draft. Now, you know, they've copied the NBA. They've done this over the last couple of years. And they say it's, it's all about the balls, where the balls land. The Blackhawks, all season long, you saw Dallas this year. They choked at the end of the season. They purposely choked. And that's why Luka Doncic doesn't want to even be there anymore. Okay? That's a fact. The Blackhawks, all season long, choked. Choked, choked, choked. Then they, they, then Patrick Kane wanted out. Now you hear they don't want to bring back Ta- Thames back. Thames is gone. He is a free agent. Might retire. They wanted Connor Bedard. Every single. This was the Connor Bedard sweepstakes. And what did I tell everybody two weeks ago? I wouldn't be surprised if Chicago wins it. Why? Because the NHL loves them. They were part of the first six teams in the NHL. And the NHL has been giving these guys, shoveling these guys, superstars. Jonathan Thames was a top three pick. Patrick Kane was a top three pick. Connor Bedard is a top three pick. They keep helping this organization grow year in and year out. It wasn't enough that they won three Stanley Cups. And to me, the NHL has been an organization that's been run very well by Gary Bettman. As a matter of fact, he has been the best commissioner in sports. It's crazy to say that. Long Island native, Mr. Gary Bettman, who everybody boos, everybody can't stand. When you go to the draft, they boo him. Just like Goodell, this guy has standed tall. He has stood tall for the last couple of years, laughing. And you know what? For an organization like the Chicago Blackhawks, who I've always respected, and after that story came out last year about what they were doing behind closed doors, and I'm not going to say it again on live radio because it's absolutely despicable, and that's why Quinville or Quinville should never get a job in the NHL again. He got one with Florida. He gets fired two, two years later. You cannot think that this organization is one of the best-run organizations in hockey. And to give them one of the best players since Connor McDavid out of the draft is absolutely despicable. They should be ashamed of themselves. I don't want to hear that it's, it's all about the luck of the draw. It's not. No. It is not. They, they all said it was rigged. It is not. And again, there's other examples of it, too, in other big cities, too. And the Rangers Rangers got lucky from that, too. So did the Devils. And uh, the LA Kings have gotten a top three pick a lot of the time. Like, they love the big cities. You want to expand the game a little more, give somebody like Anaheim or Columbus, teams that haven't had the number one pick, this generational talent, a chance to be able to grow in that city. You want to be able to grow southern markets, midwestern markets that aren't oh. as strong. Some of these other Canadian teams that are trying to rally back. I would have loved to see them give it to Phoenix. You know why? Because Phoenix has never been good. Or Columbus. Like, Columbus is a new team. Like, they've made the playoffs a few times. But, like, besides Rick Nash, who's that generational talent that they've had? Like, give them a shot. Like, they had the third best odds that they get the third pick. It doesn't make any sense. 
It, it doesn't. Well, they, they, they said there was an article that came out saying that uh, on ESPN kind of um, almost like spoiled the, the pick or something, or there was a whole bunch of rumors that it was like all rigged and this and that. It is rigged. So. It is rigged. I don't care what the NHL says, and I have a lot of respect for Gary Bettman. I don't boo him. I think he's a very good no, um, I, I, commissioner. Right on that. I think yep. he's a very good commissioner. But to sit here and say that it's not rigged, it is a pitiful Way of showing I, the fans. I, I don't understand why they love Chicago so much. I don't get it because I they're really they're it. they're. they're I, a, I know they're original six. I understand that, but it just I don't know that I just don't understand the other part of it. Well, I, I think with the organization and what the organization has done year in and year year out over the years, and remember Bobby Hull and and, and yeah, those I type know. of teams, and even in the eighties and the nineties, the Chris Chelios and the Jeremy Roenicks uh, and the Eddie Belfours when they were good in the nineties. This is this is an organization that always had good players. Has always been uh, a team that's been lucky in the draft for some reason. So, mm, I, and that, this, this is even no. Well, this well with this whole lottery thing, it happened a couple of years ago. But even when they stunk, they, it, it seemed to, uh, there seemed to be players that fall to them in the later first 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 and second rounds. They always seem to find that star that falls into their lap. So. I'm not happy about this. I think the NHL uh, has really made this a mockery, this whole lottery thing. And and Conor, Conor Bedard, who I think is going to be a great player. I really do. I think he's going to be great. I don't know if he's going to be the best. Everybody keeps saying this guy's by far the best player. There's a lot well, of good. He's the next Conor McDavid type of player. He's not Conor McDavid. Conor McDavid, that's six what, foot three. That's what everyone he's, is saying, another player type. He, he's not. He's not. You I, know what I he is? That. He is a Panarin type of player. That's what he is. He's a guy that's going to give you 40 goals, 40 assists, 50 assists. He's got great talent. Maybe he could be a, an all-time 50-goal scorer. He could be a great goal scorer. He's got the Bedard shot, which everybody is trying to learn all over TikTok and social media. But th- that's what they call it, the Bedard shot. And he's been practicing it since he was seven years old. But I, And I think he's a sensational player. But to say he's Connor McDavid is, is an absolute joke. That's what people are comparing It's a joke. To. It's not. He's not. He's be- he's just as good as Sidney Crosby was. That's I I would compare him to Sidney Crosby coming out of uh, for Pittsburgh in what was it uh, 2005. in two thousand five. That's where I would compare him to. I I cannot compare him to Connor McDavid. Connor McDavid is the best talent we've seen come out of the draft since Wayne Gretzky and Mario Lemieux. Those are the guys he is going to be compared to by the time he retires. So then why are they comparing him to Connor McDavid? Well, because that's what they want to do. They want to blow his head up. They want to blow everybody's out. Well, you want to watch? You want to watch a guy play like Connor McDavid? Go watch Connor Bedard. He's fantastic. He is small. He's five foot eleven. Connor McDavid is six three. They're different players. Connor McDavid is a strong, powerful skater. Connor Bedard is a finesse skater who has great hands and great scoring touch. Connor McDavid has all of those and more. There's a difference. They're a different style of player. They are. We'll see what Bedard does for the Chicago Blackhawks. We already know what Connor McDavid did. Automatically, when he went to that team, he made them a playoff-bound team. One of the worst teams in the league. How many times have they had first-round draft picks? How many players have they drafted in the top five, and they all became busts? He comes to the team, and the team's always in the playoffs. It's because of his talent. It's because of who he is as a player. I want to see Bedard do that with the Chicago Blackhawks. If he can do that, then you can compare him to him. I don't believe he's that type of player. I think he's a great player. He needs that other guy to help him out. He's not going to be able to do it by himself. He's a great stepping stone. 
Let's see what Chicago does moving forward. Beef, thank you for calling. You got it, man. I'll talk to you guys later. Be good. When we come back, ladies and gentlemen, we'll be talking a long time. Football scouting founder of JarvisScouting.com, Mark Jarvis, here on the Sports Loudmouths. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. This is the Sports Loudmouths. Six three one six seven two thirty one zero eight is the number to call. You are listening to the Sports Loudmouths. Remember, you can go to our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com. Check out all our shows throughout the week. They are live. Yes, they are live. You can tune in to all the shows that air. If you miss it, go to Apple Podcasts. You can listen to the one point five million downloads that have been a part of our network. Since we've entered the Apple Podcast world, uh, but if you miss our shows live, check out Apple Podcasts, Spotify. We're on every single sector of the social media world, so check us out throughout the week. www.worldwidesportsradio.com. Now, ladies and gentlemen, for the first time on our show, I thought we had him on a show before, but hey, you know what? I'm a little lost as we have so many people that we interview, but we're happy to have him on. We're now talking to longtime football scout and founder of JarvisScouting.com, Mark Jarvis. Mark, what's up, man? How you doing, man? Thank you for having me on. Absolutely. I mean, hockey has been nothing but a headache uh, as uh, here in New York. Uh, the Ranger fans, the Islander fans, the Devil fans, and now you have the Knicks, which are down right now 4-3. to three. Uh, I'm not very uh, excited about this game. And uh, Miami likes to foul, but we're not here to talk basketball. Let's talk about a little football with you. But before we get into that, uh, tell us a little bit about how you got into the whole scouting world. You know, my story is a little bit boring. Uh, it comes the way a lot of people come into scouting, which is you grow up, you play mad, and you think, oh, uh, I could do such a better job than all these people in scouting. You know, these teams don't know what they're doing. Um, and so it started as a hobby of just watching guys and, and trying to form my own opinions. And that gradually turned into, oh, let me, you know, start building this out into stuff on social media. And that opened up some more doors. So it just kind of built into eventually what it is now, which is I do consulting for uh, NFL agents and uh, working on some other opportunities right now, but I can't say. So. Mm. So uh, how did you how did you uh, get involved with a lot of these agents? What are they like working for? And some of these players that you've contacted with, what is that? What is that involved in that kind of job? And what did you? What are some unexpected things that came about that? <laughs> you know, I kind of viewed it from the standpoint of doing media stuff wasn't as profitable as I wanted it to be, and so I kind of figured maybe I could go into consulting. That'd be a little bit richer as far as the goal. Um, You've got such a wide class disparity, if you want to put it that way. You have some agents who are walking around willing to spend hundreds of thousands of dollars basically to get these prospects, these top guys to sign. And then you've got agents who are, you know, bottom of the totem pole. Hey, I'm going to try to get a guy who hopefully he can get into camp. So they, they really range quite a bit. Um, but they're, they're an interesting group of people just because of the, the background they come from and, and the way they have to approach the market. We are talking a longtime football scout and founder of JarvisScouting.com, Mark Jarvis. Uh, uh, <laughs> I'm watching this Nick game. It's making me sick to my stomach. I, can't, I cannot watch this game while we're doing a live radio show. It just makes me sick. Um, when you scout players, what do you look for in a particular player, especially a quarterback? If you're looking at a quarterback, what is what you see to be 
the elite of the elite quarterback when you're looking at a draft and you're trying to figure out who the elite quarterback is in the draft? Yeah, used to I took the mindset of let me just go with my opinion because I figured, oh, I'll just watch and form my own opinion on the guy, and that's what matters the most. But doing it from the perspective of trying to help out these agents, you have to view it from what is the league like? What does the league want? And from that, you can kind of build out a framework of what you're looking for. So for me personally, um, number one is accuracy. And it comes from all different platforms. It's whether the guy's under pressure making the throw, whether he's scrambling. Um, if you don't have accuracy that is you know, consistent, able to adjust the arm slot, that sort of thing, um, I really ding guys for that. Um, the aspect of just general decision making under pressure really looms large for me as well. Um, guys that tend to panic when they start getting hit and start having bodies compliant and they don't tend to progress in that regard from my experience. Um, I think arm strength is a tricky one. And so is, so is overall athleticism because for some guys that arm strength is kind of a plus where it's like, it really takes them above and beyond on top of their other skills, but it's not something that you can just throw out there and automatically have a good quarterback just because you're, you've got a big arm or you're, you've got great athleticism. Um, some guys they'll test well in terms of like the 40 time, but it doesn't necessarily apply on the tape. I'll give you an example. So two quarterbacks that were drafted in this last class, Max Duggan from TCU and Jaron Hall from BYU. Hall ran, I believe it was a 4.64, and, and Duggan ran, I believe it was somewhere in the low 4.5s. But what really stood out is in terms of how they used that on the field, Hall needed design runs. He needed open ground to really take off and go. Duggan, it was more of a, hey, when things start going crazy, when bullets start flying, he's a lot quicker to get out and go. So in terms of the quarterbacks, not the statistical stuff, but some of the traits that you look for, you mentioned that arm strength can be tricky to judge. What are some of the advanced metrics or even some of the, uh, the things that maybe only scouts look for that maybe these fans don't have access to the same way when judging quarterbacks? And what are some of those X factors to help differentiate even some of these top four quarterbacks that were drafted in the first round? Yeah, it's, it's tough from even my perspective because I don't have that inside info. To know. Like I know you guys have probably heard about that S2 cognition stuff that was a real big deal this draft cycle. Um, a lot of the insider stuff on how guys process information, what type of worker they are, a lot of that stuff. It's even if you're an agent, uh, you're only getting bits and pieces from your connections at the school or scouts. So it's hard to judge that. Um, I don't usually focus on too many like advanced metrics. I think production is important just from the aspect of, you know, if you've got a guy who throws 65%, throws for 3,000, 4,000 yards, 30 touchdowns at a P5, generally speaking, those guys get opportunities. Generally speaking, to do that, you're pretty good. Um, but I don't think there's any one catch-all metric that you'd be looking for in that regard. I think the tape tells a lot of it. As everybody knows, we are talking a longtime football scout and founder of JarvisScouting.com, Mark Jarvis. As a Jet fan, a lot of people didn't like the number two, not, number 15 pick. Uh, Will McDonald. Uh, Will McDonald was one of the better pass rushers in this year's draft. The elite of the elite in this draft. And everybody says, well, what do you mean elite? This guy had the best bend. And everybody says, well, what's the best bend? The guy that can get around the offensive lineman as well as he did uh, over there in Iowa. But what what is it that everybody didn't like about him? And what do you like about him? And do you think he was worthy of that 15th pick? It's tricky because when you compare like team boards to what the media is doing, the media tends to be pretty closely bunched in terms of their opinions versus if you were to look at teams for Will McDonald, some teams that are really hard on him for size might have him down in the third or fourth round. Like, hey, he's not fit for what we do. He's not a fit for the type of size profile we want. On the other end, you get a team that might be more accepting of that, like the Jets seem to be taking him as high as they did. 
and it's more of a hey, we don't care about that size as much. We can get him out there, let him rest the pass rusher, let let him rest the passer. Uh, he is, you know, like you mentioned, crazy bendy. Uh, his get off was one of the best I've seen in the class. I think it honestly, it's right up there with Will Anderson, if not a little bit better. Um, but it was just a matter of he didn't really get those opportunities at Iowa State because of the way they used him. I think his hand speed, the bend, the burst, all that makes it worth it at 15 if you're willing to kind of push that consensus opinion aside and say, I don't really care if he's going to be a monster in the run game or, you know, he's going to be all these other things outside of just what he does as a pass rusher. So we talk about positional value. A lot of teams have been shying away from taking running backs early since the Giants did with Saquon Barkley, but it, the trend kind of put back into that. Atlanta took Bijan Robinson number eight, and then Detroit surprisingly taking Jameer Gibbs at number 12, and they traded DeAndre Swift a day later. So do you think that trend could revert back where you see more first-round running backs, or do you think this year was just a fluke? I don't know if I'd say it's a fluke. I think it's really, when you look at it from the perspective of, hey, we've got, I mean, consider it like an auction, right? we've got 32 different buyers and they all value different things. They're all looking for different things in this market. So it's like, is if we replay the tape and say, okay, let's say Detroit sits there at six, they get Devin Witherspoon to fall to them. The Seahawks take, let's say Jalen Carter, whatever it would have a feedback loop through the rest of the draft, but would Detroit be making Jameer Gibbs as their pick? Well, they don't have the 12 because they didn't trade back. Okay. It like, what was it? 18? Are they going to, you know, pick, down there pick Gibbs is he going to be available I think if you were to kind of take Detroit out of the the group and say okay where's Gibbs gonna go I think he goes down more into that like late teens early 20s so I don't think it's necessarily like a trend back the other way it's just one team that really really loved him and was willing to kind of buck the trend of positional value when you look at the different positions that everybody says is the elite positions in the league, the, the guys that get paid the most, the corners, the offensive tackles, the quarterbacks, the pass rushers. In this particular draft, out of all the players that were drafted in the first round, could you give me your top five in those positions? The offensive tackles, the corners, the quarterbacks, and the pass rushers. You mean just the top five? Yes, guys if you your top five of those four particular positions. You give me your top five. I would probably – I'd have to look back and see what I had it as. I think it was Bryce's one. Mm-hmm. Uh, why, why, would, why would you take Bryce over C.J. Stroud or Will Levis or, or Richardson? Why would you take him? I, he was undersized. Uh, yes, he's won a Heisman. We've seen a lot of Heisman Trophy winners get drafted. Uh he plays for Alabama. Alabama quarterbacks are not successful in the league. Go look at the list of quarterbacks that have come into the NFL. There's one over there, Macaroni Jones over there. Uh, he, he hasn't been successful yet for the Patriots. Why would you pick an Alabama quarterback over uh, the other quarterbacks, uh, the, the strong arm Will Levis or the Richardson, the phenomenon the phenomenon he was on at the Combine? I think you could – honestly make a case for all four of them it just comes down to what you're prioritizing like if you're prioritizing let me get my lottery ticket and run it in and see if i hit big like a richardson richardson if he hits is a you know number one qb in the league to be honest like he has special special physical tools that we haven't seen before really um and it's really again like i said it comes down to what are you looking for for me i'll take a guy who has that accuracy who has that calm under pressure and who has a degree of escapability where he's not going to tear you up athletically in the same way that a Richardson would, or he's not going to be necessarily the pretty pocket passer that Stroud is, but I think he has the best blend of all these different traits 
to be a consistent, you know, game to game quality starter. I, I understand the concerns with the size. Um, the question is, is he going to hold up physically? Is he mm-hmm. durable enough? Um, that's a hard one to answer. I would say if you're taking that roll of the dice, it's the same roll of the dice you're taking with Stroud of, hey, can he extend outside of the pocket? Can he make plays outside of the pocket? Um, and it's the same roll of the dice you'd be taking with Richardson of, hey, can this guy kind of clean these things up and develop into what we hope he can be? Or is he always going to be what he was as, uh, as a retro sophomore at Florida who's throwing 53% and has all the tools but hasn't put it together? But every one of those guys that has that element of risk. So I'd take the risk of, hey, he's a little bit small, but mm-hmm. everything else is there. But you're looking at Bryce, and you look at Tua. Tua has all these concussion problems. Bryce Young is small. He's never played with Bohemets with the speed that they have at the line of scrimmage. Wouldn't that scare you when you're 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 picking him at number one, when you can get a guy like C.J. Stroud, who's 6'2", 6'3", he's the prototypical quarterback that you want. That you saw what he did against Georgia. He played one of those fantastic games in that championship against Georgia. Or, or even Will Levis, who couldn't stay healthy this year. But when you did see him over there in Kentucky, he was throwing the ball. He was showing you what he can do, the Josh Allen arm-like type of quarterback that we've seen uh, get drafted over the last couple of years. As far as playing with behemoths at the line of scrimmage, I mean, he's playing in the SEC. He's playing against the same levels of competition. Not at the speed those guys are in the NFL. It's, it's as close as you're going to get in college. Mm -hmm. So the fact he was able to go up at that level of competition and not really have any issues with it. And then it also goes to, you know, when you're making these projections on guys, it's always looking forward to saying, Hey, when you take this guy from college and just kind of drop him into the NFL, what does that physically look like? And it's going to look a little bit different than playing in the SEC, but it's not that big of a step up. If you were to take him out of the Mac or something like that, that's three, four steps up. You take him out of the SEC. Hey, these guys are getting a little bit bigger. They're getting a little bit faster, but it's not this huge, you know, jump he has to make or you're really concerned about it. Mm. I want to go back to the remainder of Errol's question. He was asking about offensive tackle, defense, uh, edge rusher, and corner too. Your top five of each of those positions, because it's there's no definitive. Probably besides Anderson, like nobody had a definitive number one with everything else. Yeah, Anderson would be one there for me. I wasn't huge on Tyree Wilson. Um, I understand some of the hype. I think part of that was pushed by Trayvon Walker going as high as he did, hmm. but I didn't see that type of athlete or that type of um, upside, quite frankly, in Tyree Wilson. Um, Paris Johnson was my number one tackle. He was pretty far up there. And I think Broderick Jones, I would have had him over Skaronsky as well. So um, I think the quarterbacks would have been kind of the top of the stack. It would have been Bryce, probably Will Anderson after that, then Paris Johnson. Then you get into that Stroud, Richardson, Levis territory. How about Carter? You, you never mentioned Jalen Carter. Oh, I, th- I didn't know you were including Carter in that. I thought yeah, you said. Yeah, I, I think Jalen Carter is the best pass rusher yeah. in this class. Oh, oh no. If, if we're talking purely physical talent, it would yeah. be probably. Mm-hmm. It depends on if you value quarterback more, right? Like if I'm going purely on just relative to their peers at the position, Carter's one. And then Will Anderson's two. I think Carter had pretty much the most complete tape there was. Um, obviously, you've got the off field stuff, and you've got maybe you don't value D tackle as much as quarterback or DN. But I thought he, he was. The freakiest guy I watched last year, without a doubt. Mm. We are talking a longtime football scout and founder of JarvisScouting.com, Mark Jarvis. Mark, give us your top teams when it comes to this year's draft and your low-end teams when it came to this year's draft. That is a terrible question to ask me because I'm, I'm not the type to go back and say, oh, oh stop it. Teams. You know your answer. You, I'm sure a lot of people I, have asked I really you this question. I really don't. I really don't. I think – 
you know, if I had to go through the one that would really stand out to me, I think New England took some guys a little early mm. relative to where I would have oh, expected have, them to go. And this is we a have a lot of guys that would love you saying that. <laughs> <laughs> the thing with New England to me is when you look at their process, they have such a small board. And I think that kind of results in them pushing up some guys that, you know, they're taking round four, round five that they made it maybe could have gotten in round five, round six. Other teams are a little bit lower. That's the price you pay when you have a hundred man board instead of a you know 175 man big board so what about somebody on uh, day three or the second round pick third round pick that you think is either a really good value sleeper prospect or a really good fit where they ended up going um as far as value i had a guy that i was really really high on i honestly thought he would get up into the top 50 he didn't test super well um nick hampton from app state went to the rams uh, in the fifth round little bit surprised by that the thing with him is he's 6'2 ish 236 so he faces some size questions but uh pretty long he's got almost 34 inch arms really explosive guy i ran i believe it was four five eight and it matches the tape he is really i don't want to say he's quite at that level of like a will mcdonald as far as uh you know what he can do as a pass rusher but i don't think he's too far off i don't know if he had medical questions or or other stuff come up in the process that dropped him down but i think you look back and watch him last year in particular um not this 2022, but 2021, he played against Max Mitchell, who was drafted by the Jets. He was beating the crap out of Max Mitchell. I mean, he was tearing him up in the two games they played. Uh, you go through to this year, you can watch against guys at Texas A&M, North Carolina, against higher levels of competition. He was really impressive as far as what he can do as a pass rusher. You know, when we look at some of these teams, and one of those teams is the Eagles, that really – I believe one absolutely in this year's draft, getting two first round draft picks, two second round draft picks. They had a load of draft picks. This is a team that also went to the Super Bowl, one of the younger teams in the NFL. They have so much talent on the board, not only with Jalen Hurts, who got paid this offseason, but that whole team, that defensive line. Now you add all these Georgia Bulldogs. I mean, you could just call them the Philadelphia Bulldogs. That's what you would that's what I would call them. What are your thoughts to this team this year? The, with the the back end of this year's draft was fantastic. The front end of this draft was fantastic for Philadelphia. Does this team now make them the favorites to come out and win the Super Bowl with all the players they added in the offseason when it comes to free agency and then this draft class? I think... This is going to sound terrible, but whatever Vegas has, whatever the odds are, if they're putting them as the favorites, I'll take them. Um, really, but... <laughs> you follow you you like what Vegas puts out there? They're usually well, wrong. I I think it's I think it, to me I, before I go into that whole thing about you know what what we're valuing Vegas at, I would say that I think what they did with Carter was really really different, and that's that they have Jordan Davis there, they have Nicobe Dean, and they don't know they're going to get Nolan Smith at this point, but they have two guys that were kind of central pieces to that Bulldog defense the year prior. And they take Carter and they say, hey, you, you know what? All these other teams are worried about this off-field stuff. They're scared about who this guy is. We have two guys in the building who we can really trust to bring him in and insert him into this. I think that's an incredible move on their part because they're getting a guy who, like I said, he was the freakiest player I watched. And so if you can kind of pull that out of him on the field, you're getting maybe the number one value in, in the entire class at number nine overall. Um, and then, of course, like you mentioned, Nolan Smith and the back of round one and, and the overall draft that they have was really impressive. Um, but, yeah, I'm a big Vegas guy. I think that just comes down to, you know, whoever's putting money on stuff has some kind of edge to try to push. And so we got to trust that edge of what information you have to push this team or that team up or down. Mm. 
So what about the concept in uh, with a lot of different positions of hybrid players that we're seeing a lot now? Receivers that line up in the backfield to play running back. Tight ends that could be hybrid as wide receivers that a lot of the big reasons some of the tight ends in this draft go. Do you think that'll eventually become more of a norm where that kind of thing is being prioritized? Because it's still kind of, all right, those guys are going late in the first round, early in the second, but they're still not the main thing, maybe besides somebody like Minka Fitzpatrick. What do you do? You have a particular position in mind here? That well, yeah, just in general, like a corner player. safety hybrid, a linebacker safety hybrid. I don't I, like. There's a lot of players. Like, I would say Zay Flowers in this draft is somebody mm-hmm. that's like that, who's lined up in the backfield sometimes with Boston College. A lot of these tight ends that line up as wide receivers that are in this draft too, and even Buffalo to draft the Kincaid just said we're going to play him as a lot, as a wide receiver a lot of the time. Yeah, and I like that for Kincaid a lot. Honestly, I thought that's basically he was just a big wide receiver in the slot for Utah. It's, it's tricky because when you try to define these positions, it's like, what are you going to get out of the guy? And that comes down to the coaching staff's role in terms of how they want to use him and their, what their plan is for him. If you bring that guy in and you're not 100% sure on exactly what you want to do with him, you could run into some issues of, you know, like Isaiah Simmons. It was kind of like, is he a linebacker? Is he going to be a safety? What do we do with him? Jeremiah Usukoromoa kind of had that same thing. Um, if you can use them in ways that maximize their talent and really bring them out, then cool. Uh, but it is a tricky thing because you don't want to kind of put all your eggs in that one basket of let's go spend a, you know, top 10, top 15 pick on a guy who maybe is only, you know, we don't have a pure set positional role for him. As everybody knows, we are talking a longtime football scout and founder of Jarvis scouting.com. Mark Jarvis. Last question for me. When you look at this season and, and look at all the teams that, made some moves and some of the teams that didn't make some moves that you expected them to do in the offseason, including the 49ers, they lose Jimmy Garoppolo. And now the questions are they're they're going to have to answer is who's going to be your starting quarterback this year. It's not Brock Purdy because Brock Purdy's not going to be able to play until the second half of the season. Um, They have no real backup. Now, Sam Donald is a guy that I've always loved when he was drafted by the Jets. Uh, He, he got a bad run for the Jets. He got a bad run for Carolina. This might be a spot for him. Why or who do you think could come out of the NFC as far as what you have seen so far this offseason? That's a terrible question to ask me. <laughs> um, I don't, I don't hey, you're a I scout. I'm just asking you. Well, it's this is the thing with the scouting thing is I'm over here. I'll watch guys that are you've I'm never messing heard with of you, from like Mark. Jacksonville State cornerback and. No, I, I get it. Um, I, again, this goes back to I, I don't know the teams in the NFL to the degree that I'd like to to tell mm. you, hey, this is exactly who I've got mm-hmm. as a favorite and that sort of thing. So I'll, I I think you got an opinion on it if you want to say it. but I, I don't think it's going to be the 49ers. I looked at the top 10. <laughs> NFL.com put out their top 10 uh, yesterday, and they had the 49ers 5. They don't even know who their quarterback is. So how are they a, a top five team in all of the NFL right now going into the season? I don't care how talented the defense is. I don't care how talented their offensive line and their wide receivers and their running backs and their tight ends are. If they have nobody that can throw the ball, ask the Jets, okay? It doesn't matter what your talent is if you don't have a quarterback that can throw the ball. So for anybody to think that they're five, and there are quite a few other teams like the Jaguars who – yeah, they made a good run this year. And yes, they're adding a, they're adding a good wide receiver as they made a trade at the trade deadline. Very, very nice move. Let's see them do it back-to-back years. Doug Peterson, we all know what he has done with the Philadelphia, uh, the Philadelphia um, Eagles. 
You saw what he did. He won a Super Bowl, and then what did he do? He fell off. Nick Foles couldn't do it. Carlson Wentz couldn't do it, and he was gone before you knew it. He was spit out by the Philadelphia organization. So could he do it back-to-back years, and could he make this team a Super Bowl contender, even with a quarterback that showed up last year and didn't show up the year before as a rookie? So that's just my opinion, and I, I just think it's crazy how they position these teams by just looking at them. That's just my opinion. Here's a question for you. How many games do they have to get? Let's say Brock Purdy comes back week nine or week ten. How many games do you have to win to get out of there to where you would justify that? That division is horrible. Okay, Seattle looks like it's a good team. They will be. Uh, L.A., LA I, I don't know what they are. Okay, uh, Cooper Cup is a good player. Matthew Stafford, if he's healthy, is a decent player. I mean, there's nothing that tells me that they're going to be any good this year. Bobby Wagner went back to Seattle. I mean, it, it, I, I honestly can't tell you. And even if Brock Purdy comes out, uh, comes back in week nine or week 10, is it enough, even if they come out of that division as the number one seed in that division, is it enough to go throughout the NFC to beat the Eagles? One. Is Brock Purdy for real? Has that question. He did it one year, really against garbage. Look how many 500 teams he beat to get into the playoffs when he took over that quarterback job. What was it, one? I think it was only them and the Buccaneers. The Alex and Buccaneers, I think, were the only two. The Buccaneers, who, by the way, ended the season, what, 9-8? Nine 9-8, and eight? Nine and eight, yeah. <laughs> I mean, give me a break. He beat nobody. And the only team he really beat in the playoffs that he naturally beat, and don't tell me the Cowboys, because the Cowboys choked. Okay, it's not them. They beat Seattle. He beat Seattle. He beat a decent team. As far as what he did against the Cowboys, the Cowboys, if they actually played the game in the second half like they should have, they should have beaten them. That's all I'm going to say. I, I, don't, I don't think San Francisco is as good as everybody thinks they are. I think Brock Purdy is a bust. I, I know a lot of people don't want to hear that. When you're getting drafted as the last pick of last year's draft, there was a reason why he was drafted last. And I don't want to hear about Tom Brady because Tom Brady is a needle in a very, very deep haystack. Okay? That's all I'm going to say. So my last question, you mentioned you work with a lot of agents and you have a relationship with a lot of players. Players that fall randomly out of the first round, somebody like a Will Levis, somebody like Randy Gregory in 2015, uh, guys like Miles Jack, uh, Jalen Smith 2016, etc. Like, how does that, how is that handled? How is that personified in the same way? Because you mentioned the, uh, the media sometimes hypes up certain players more than others that shouldn't be hyped the same way. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. I know I was, I was doing some research on some of the conversations you guys have had, and I saw the thing about Will Levis. Actually, it might have been the other show that you guys have on your network about Will Levis should he have fired his agent for you know getting letting him go on and get blindsided on draft night. And uh, it's interesting because you'll find these stories of these agents will put out you know hundred thousand dollars, two hundred thousand dollars, signing these guys, giving them these big deals. They they pay for them to go through training, so they're going to go down to Exos and have this nice rental apartment, have this you know fifty thousand uh, dollar luxury car they're driving around. And then they go and their guy falls to the third round because he has some medical stuff come up and the guy fires him. Um, that was N'Kobe Dean's situation as he fell to the third round and fired his agent. There's a lot of stories you'll find like that where guys have that dive bomb and they, they blame their agent. And sometimes it is on the agent. Sometimes the agents say stuff they really shouldn't. I was just looking at a thing, uh, an article talking about this D2 quarterback who has not even gotten a tryout had his agent saying teams have draftable grades on you. It was like nine or 10 teams he said had draftable grades. This guy's not even getting a workout. So some of the agents are a little bit, you know, 
shifty and some of them were honest, but there's, there's a lot of uh, behind the scenes stuff that makes it tricky in that regard. Has any of the agents actually picked on you on giving them information that wasn't right? It's <laughs> <laughs> a good question. Um, I had one. Um, so there is a guy at this past combat. I'm not going to say who. You don't have to. I, it's okay. I thought the guy was going to be like a four sixes um, speed guy. And he goes out and runs four fours. Mm-hmm. And this agent texted me and he was like, yeah, did you see that guy's numbers, man? He had a pretty good workout. I'm like, oh crap here we go <laughs> um and then i saw stuff leak from a from a, um, an insider saying yeah a lot of teams thought this guy wouldn't make that that far but you know he uh they thought he was going to be slow i'm like yes my eyes are right all the scouts that were watching this guy thought he was slow too so i don't have to take that crap from the agent i'm sure everybody thought orlando brown was slow it was going to be a bust falling out of the first round because he was projected a first round pick and now he's the highest paid tackle in the league right now so yeah and that's that's what makes it so tricky is these agents have to make these decisions so early on especially now in the area of uh era of nil right like you've got yeah. these guys who are signing basically these marketing deals with agents and these agents are kind of coaxing them through college and they're, and they're getting these huge deals they're going back and recruiting guys in their sophomore junior year they're building them up, and then they go through this whole process. These agents have to sign them in December or January. So you've got all of this stuff combined. You got the the pro day, the you know all of this. There's so much that can go wrong, right? Andrew uh, Andre Carter is a great example of this. If you're an agent who goes into this you know portion of the season, it's like December, January. He's a senior bowler. He was hyped up as a potential first rounder. He's got all this thing of is he the first guy out of Army to be drafted in the first round ever, hmm. right? And then he goes through the process. He struggles at the senior bowl, kind of gets pushed around by guys like Dewan Jones and Cody Mock. Goes and runs a 4-9 in his pro day, jumps terribly um, in the vertical, the combine, just has a really poor uh, process overall. He goes to undrafted. Well, if you gave this guy first-rounder money to go out there and sign him and say, I'm going to give you this big advance in marketing, I'm going to do all this stuff for you, and you get burnt just because this guy has a bad pre-draft process, you're out a lot of money. So it's, it's tricky to compare those agent uh, decisions versus what teams are doing. Teams, you get to April, you have all the information you need. You know the guy's medical. You know if he's got character stuff. Agents, you're kind of you know playing a dangerous game to go out and sign him in, in December or January. Well, Mark, keep up the good work. We'll talk to you soon. And uh, by the way, don't bet on Vegas. Do not <laughs> bet on Vegas because uh, I wouldn't. And I, and I love what Vegas does. And everybody's taking Kansas City. I mean, everybody and their mother is going to say, hey, Kansas, Kansas City's winning the Super Bowl again this year because they have Patrick Mahomes, but you never know. And oh, I got, did you did you mean Vegas is in betting on like the betting markets in Vegas or do you mean Las Vegas Raiders? Because if you, well, don't bet you on that either. Raiders, no, I'm talking about the market. <laughs> okay. That's, not Raiders. I'm, I'm not betting on the Raiders. Nobody is betting on Josh McDaniels. Don't <laughs> worry. Don't bet on the Chargers except, either. Except Tim Tebow. <laughs> Oh, maybe Tim Tebow will sign as the Raiders' backup or the Raiders' a tight end. Like Offensive coordinator. Offensive coordinator, Tim Tebow. Oh, the Raiders are not going to add him as a tight end and replace Darren Waller? <laughs> like the great oh, Urban Meyer tried to do? Oh, give me a break about Urban Meyer. Oh, my God. Uh, he's got to stop going to those bars. <laughs> Urban Meyer or Tim Tebow. <laughs> if they were to go to a bar, how, how, how much I, how much? I love Urban Meyer. I loved him as a coach for Florida. I loved him as a coach at Ohio State. I, I loved him for Utah, okay? He, he was a great coach. He just, for some reason, when he came into the pros, he tried to do things that he shouldn't be doing in public, okay? That's all I'm going to say, especially when you're married, 
Okay, that's just my opinion. Anyways, uh, Mark, I don't want to get you in trouble. <laughs> we'll talk to you soon, man. We really appreciate you. Keep up the good work. Check him out, JarvisScouting.com. Fantastic website. Check out what he uh, what he rates uh, you in the future. <laughs> uh, Mark, thank you. Thank you for having me on. Mark Jarvis. Fantastic. Very yes. nice guy. Very, very nice guy. Uh, I didn't want to throw him under the bus. I mean, you know, it's so interesting. We, we, we talk to a lot of these scouter scouting, scouting guys and they, they look at players and, and they, they look at their fantasies and stuff like that. And, and they're trying to figure out who's going one, who's going two, who's going three. And they have their own opinion. And, Jarvis is being hired by scouts, and and these scouts are asking him his honest opinion, maybe you know mathematical, like what, what he sees these guys running in the combine or jumping in the combine or benching in the combine. You just never know what these guys are going to turn out to be or how they're going to show up uh, in, in at the combine. So even in their pro day, it's, it's, some of these guys have horrible combines, and then they have great pro days. They really do. So. Uh, Jalen Carter didn't have such a great pro day. <laughs> no, he did not. <laughs> but uh, he still he still gets drafted in the top ten. So it, it's interesting. And, and and I am not a scout, nor will I ever be a scout. But uh, it is definitely interesting when you're trying to rate these guys and trying to figure out what guy or who who is going to turn out in this draft as a surprise in the second, third. Woolen, I mean, he was drafted in the sixth round. Yeah. Look what he turned out to be. He was he was a pro ball player. Some people at one point thought he was the, he was going to win a defensive rookie of the year mm-hmm. before you saw what Sauce did uh, as the season progressively moved forward. But I mean, it's it's sensational, and you have to be really really smart when you're drafting players because it's not what you draft in the first two rounds. It's what you draft in the later rounds and the gem that you can find in the third, fourth, or fifth round right. that could turn out to be your future. When it comes to offensively, like Kuntz, right? It's it, it Kuntz. Kuntz yeah. uh, he the the Jets drafted him, the tight end from Old Dominion. He was drafted in the seventh round. If he wasn't injured half the season this year, maybe he gets drafted in the second and third round. Maybe on a larger school. Yes, so uh, he, he, he athletically. I mean, you're never going to see numbers like that again at the combine. I mean, the numbers that he was putting up for a six foot seven, six foot eight tight end. I mean, his size is impeccable. The question is, could he catch the ball? Right. And that was the thing that everybody says he has problems doing the most. And you're a tight end, you need to catch the ball. So, what do the Jets have to do uh, in OTAs this season? Is they got to make sure he catches over two, three hundred balls a day. Make sure that he can catch everything, and then maybe you find yourself a gem where he could be your future tight end for the next ten years. Right, and again, especially for a tight end, a position that you want to be a well-rounded player, you still need to have the basic stuff too. Like we've seen a lot of tight ends have flaws when it comes to blocking, but teams have worked around that with either putting extra offensive linemen or just having a blocking a tight end on the roster. But not being able to catch the ball makes you a liability when it comes to defenses being able to game plan for you, and that's where definitely something like that basically will improve their stock if he can get there. Now. How much playing time will he get for the Jets this year? I don't know. But he's at least a guy that could space out the field if he does get limited snaps. It's it's so interesting. And that's why, you know, when we, we do our, our fantasy draft and we have all these guys, Carl, Jeff, who's a pain in the ass on social media. He doesn't stop, man, by the way. And I have a lot of respect for this guy, okay? But his teams, the Bruins get knocked out in the first round. 
who everybody everybody thought he was go- they were going to win the Stanley Cup this year, including him at some points. He didn't. As uh, the series went by, he wasn't. He wouldn't be. He told me he wouldn't be so surprised if the Bruins get knocked out. And then the Celtics, where he's like, "Oh, look what they had! They had six man of the year, defensive player of the year. Look at it, Jason Tatum, who was an MVP candidate. And look what they turned out to be so far in this series. And let me tell you something: they are so much better than the Seventy Sixers. Definitely, they are so much better than that Seventy Sixers team. The fact that they can't stop Embiid, and everybody keeps saying it's James Harden. When Embiid is getting double and triple team, when he gets into the paint. Why do you think James Harden is hitting those open shots? Nobody's defending him. So it has nothing to do with James Harden and what he's doing on the court. It has everything to do on how they're defending Embiid. And that has a lot to do with Robert Williams. Okay? Who cannot stop. Cannot stop Embiid. Right. I don't know why anybody thought that, including Jeff, who thinks Robert Williams. Robert Williams. Overrated. Overrated. And again, somebody like Harden, too, is still in, uh, inefficient in a sense. Now, he's had some great volume games in Game 1 and Game 4 of the series, but he's still inefficient. Like, when you get Embiid at his peak, he's like a 60% field goal guy. Even, again, uh, even three-point-wise, he was close to 40% for much of the season that he won MVP in, and he's a very good passer. Like, he's a smart player. Like, he doesn't make a lot of mistakes. It's just a question with him is just injury and some inconsistency aspects in previous playoffs. But still, like, James Harden, we've seen his woes. When he's shooting off, he gets really off. And Joel Embiid is going to contribute a lot more value against the Celtics team, against those fours, and against, like you're saying, Robert Williams, who came back from injury towards the end of the season as well. You know what's so funny? And the first thing he attacks is the Knicks. Oh, they're doing better than the Knicks. Nobody thought, first of all, I thought the Knicks should win the series. But a lot of experts did not think they, they were going to beat Miami, okay? A lot of these guys did not think they were, because they have no background. Half of this team has never played in the playoffs. Right. Half of this team. So the fact that they're doing what they're doing against the Miami Heat, if they win this game and they go and they lose in game six, nobody's expecting them to win a championship. But I'll tell you this, a lot of people think Boston was going to win this year with the talent that they have, including you, Jeff. So to sit here and say, well, what about the Knicks? This has nothing to do with the Knicks. Nothing to do with them. Yeah. You're going to go out in the same round as major expectations. The Celtics had big expectations of the Eastern Conference. It was a big debate. Oh, it's them or the Bucks. Somebody's going to come out of the East. Some people had Philly. Okay, fine. But, like, the Knicks did not have expectations. The Knicks were supposed to be a play-in team at the start of the year. You're just going to say that because uh, the, the Knicks are going to get knocked out, too? The the Giants in the NFL playoffs got knocked out the same round as the Bills. There were different, definitely massive expectations for the Bills, and there weren't for the Giants. Like, it's not the same level just because the Celtics are – going to get knocked out the same round as the Knicks. NBC Sports Bay Area reports that there was a tension-filled locker room after the Warriors collapsed in Game 4 against the Lakers. Many reports believe Jordan Poole is the focal point of a lot of the tension, acting very selfish on off-the-court stuff. Poole declined to speak to the reporters after Game 4, waving media members off as he was listening to music on his phone. Steve Kerr only played pool for 10 minutes in game four against the Lakers and did not score a single point. After having 21 points in game one against the Lakers, Poole has struggled badly, scoring six points, five points, and zero points in the Warriors' next three games versus the Lakers. Poole has had tension with other Warrior players throughout the season, including 
Andrew Wiggins when he stepped away from the team in the middle of the season. Draymond Green in the beginning of the season, leading to him getting punched by Draymond. Uh, Seth Curry said after Game 4, there's no sense in isolating Jordan Poole in this situation. And that's everybody that needs to play better to get out of the 3-1 hole we are in. So I think Steph Curry is trying to seal this. He doesn't want this being spoke about and he wants this team to get his team to get back into the series. The question is is it enough? I think this Warrior team is aging. They're aging. Steph Curry, I'm not saying that he's not good anymore. I don't know if he can lead this team anymore. Klay Thompson has never been the same since he's tore, he's tore his Achilles. He tore his knee. He's not the same player. Draymond Green is old. He's old. He's a great leader. He could go to another team next year, a better team, a younger team, that needs his help as far as drawing fouls and, and being the energy of that team. He is not going to be with Golden State next year. We thought Jordan Poole is the future of this team. After paying him $130, $140 million extension or whatever they gave him, I I would really look to possibly trade him in the offseason. If he's not getting along with any of his teammates, even if they're not going to be there, what makes anybody believe that he's going to get along with any of the players they bring in to play with him? This is a guy that just has a problem getting along with people. I watched something today, a 30 for 30 on Dennis Rodman. And Dennis Rodman was the nicest guy when he played for the Detroit Pistons. This guy was quiet. He did everything that Coach Chuck Bailey wanted him to do. Everything that he wanted him to do, he did. And when Chuck stepped down and the team was broken up, he became, I guess, more about who he is and and became something that nobody believed he was going to transform into. His personality changed. At one point, he wanted to commit suicide. Wow. All right? And he didn't get along with anybody after Isaiah Thomas retired. Lambier retired. Sally was traded. This team was completely broken up after winning those two championships, back-to-back years. And Rodman was a big part of those championships. Coming off the bench on the first one, and then starting on the second one, winning Defensive Player of the Year. He was not the same player after that. It took him a while. Then he went to San Antonio. He changed. His personality changed. He thought he was better than everybody else was on the court because of what he did and what he has accomplished when he was in Detroit. He went to San Antonio. He didn't get along with David Robertson. He didn't get along with anybody as they brought him in to add some fury to that roster. They were soft, the San Antonio Spurs. They brought Dennis Rodman there, and it didn't work. Then he went to the Bulls. And then he played with a guy in Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen didn't want him there, but he, he took him because Jordan wanted him there, and Phil Jackson said he was going to watch him. He finally went back to a coach that can control him, and Michael Jordan wasn't going to let him push him around. He was a superstar. He was the best player in the world. Dennis Rodman was not going to be controlled unless he was being pushed. Steph Curry is not that guy. I never thought Steph Curry was a leader 
on this team. Draymond Green is the, the voice and the face of this organization. I know everybody says I'm out of my mind. He's not the best player. He's not. If you guys remember the New York Knicks of the 90s, who were the co-captains of that team? Patrick Ewing, who was their best player, and Charles Oakley, who was their enforcer. Charles Oakley was not a great player. He was a great rebounder, and he was an enforcer. He made sure that if you put your hands on any of their big players, you were going to feel it. That's what Dennis Rodman was when the Chicago Bulls brought him in. That's what he was when he went to San Antonio. When he was playing for Detroit, he wasn't. He didn't have to be the enforcer. Bill Lambeer was the enforcer. And why am I bringing this up? Because you look at Jordan Poole. Jordan Poole had one good season. Then got an extension. Because everybody thought he was the future of this organization. Remember, he wasn't a high draft pick. Nope. He wasn't. When Steph Curry got hurt last year, he took over. He was a big reason why they made the playoffs last year. And what happened in the playoffs? Jordan Poole didn't show up. What do you see this year? Jordan Poole in the playoffs? He doesn't show up in the big game. And this is where this organization is going. With all those good draft picks and all those good players that they have drafted over the years, now you're drafting players. Now you're, you did get Wiseman. You drafted Wiseman. You got lucky. You had one bad season. You drafted in the top three. The NBA shelved you, Wiseman. And then you trade him away for somebody or some pieces that are not helping your team right now in the playoffs. And Sadiq Bey, who's barely played in the playoffs at all, if he even played, if he's played, he's played in the uh, garbage time minutes in the fourth quarter in those blow-up games against the Kings. So, yeah, the, the Warriors' front office is very weird operating, I think, in a sense. Now, it's one of the best operating organizations in all of sports. Yeah, it's weird to think because, like, they operate so well in terms of their system, the way that they're getting guys facilitating, they could get new guys to shoot threes. And like you're saying, Draymond Green is somebody that, like, so is, is so loud, so fiery, but at the same time, he also could be, he could also drive everybody crazy, too. And you're seeing that now with Jordan Poole. And Jordan Poole is somebody you wanted to be that next guy as that three-point shooting cornerstone piece in that kind of system because we've seen teams try to shoot threes in other ways now, too. When the Warriors invented the whole concept of the Splash Brother three-point thing, it lasted for a while, but now you're seeing teams kind of evolve into more bigger guys, wings that can shoot threes very well. You, could, you look at a team like the Celtics, even though they're struggling right now, they built themselves on wings that could shoot threes. Tatum, six foot eight, Jalen Brown, six foot seven. These guys could all shoot threes, and now you're seeing big guys that could shoot threes too at a very high level be on these successful teams as well. So Golden State, if they want to keep that identity going where they have these big backcourts, Jordan Poole is going to have to be that guy. And Klay Thompson and Draymond Green, if they do decide to try to trade him, or let him go. They're not going to get the same value. I think Draymond Green is a free agent. They right. can't oh, trade that's him. right. Yeah, you're right. He's a free agent. They're not re-signing him. Yeah. After giving Jordan Poole what they gave him in the offseason this past year, and I'll tell you, they overpaid him because you don't know what he is and you don't, you don't know what he could do in the playoffs. You've seen it two years, back-to-back years. He doesn't show up to the playoffs. You're sitting him. You're sitting him right now. You, you played him 10 minutes in the last game. He has not been an enforcer to this team when you expect him to be that future for your organization. And Steve Kerr, I don't know, but he, he's showing more and more why he's not a good coach. He took over a great team, a talented team. And they're, they're fantastic. They, when you look at the pieces that they added over the years in the draft, Draymond Green was a second-round draft pick. Trey, uh, Trey Thompson, 
was one was a top ten pick, and then Steph Curry was the number four, number six pick. I remember it because the Knicks wanted he was right before the Knicks right. were drafting, and I remember him from Davidson. I liked him as a college player. I just don't like him as a pro. I think to me he's a selfish player, and to me this team has been selfish. They have been selfish. All season long. That's why going into the playoffs, I didn't think they had a chance. I was very surprised. Very surprised that they came out of the first round. And you want to know something? I'm not surprised that the Lakers are winning three games to one. I'm not. not You're right. Not that they keep playing selfishly, too, because they're missing a lot of threes that are really routine for them a lot of the time, but also at the same time, they're the ones that aren't smart shots, and Poole was a big reason for that in Game 3 especially, and now you're seeing it kind of rub off in Game 4. Clay Thompson had a couple of those in the fourth quarter, and they just the style they haven't been able to adjust to, even with the, a lot of these other players, and it's kind of out of whack when Poole isn't playing that well, too. Now, I'm not saying he starts every game, but he still gets good minutes a lot of the time, too, and the Warriors are really operating on that kind of system as a whole. Yeah, Steve Curry is not the greatest coach by any means, but I still think his off-ball movement and the concepts he has in these, getting these guys to shoot threes is good. Not that all of his set plays are great, not that all he motivates his team all the time, but still... This is a team that revolves around that kind of system, and Jordan Poole was supposed to be that second guy that's supposed to be a huge focal point because Wiggins is a good, well-rounded player, but he's not like an amazing three-point shooter. Klay Thompson, you're right, not the same player as he once was, especially defensively, too. And Draymond Green's not a shooter. He's a little bit of everything else, but he also could be a fiery guy, and as we saw in last series, can be dirty as well. So who says he can't get suspended again? No, and, and I think right now, the way the Lakers are playing, LeBron James is being the, the I guess you could say, the aggressor. Uh, you know, he's passing the ball. He's not scoring 30 points a game, but he doesn't have to. Uh, you, you see what Davis is doing. This is the Davis they expected. This is the Davis that they traded for. This is the Davis that they have paid. And Davis has shown up in the playoffs. Anthony Davis, who really, over the last couple of years in the playoffs, has not been 100% healthy. When they won the championship, they won it in the bubble. And they got lucky. I honestly believe that a lot of these teams were not 100% healthy. A lot of these players did not want to play because of the whole COVID-19 situation. They have a chance this year as a really wild card seed to go to the Western Conference Championship. And if somehow LeBron James beats the Nuggets, or can I say the Nuggets because I don't think the Suns are winning the series. I mean, quote me on that one. I don't see it. But if somehow... LeBron James knocks off the Nuggets or the Suns in the Western Conference Finals and goes to a championship and wins this year, it might be one of the greatest championship wins he's ever had at the age of, what, 36, 37? Right. Uh, not even in the prime of his career, winning a championship that nobody thought they had any chance of doing this year. Right, and we've seen a lot of uh, a lot of these lower seeds have trouble even just making it to the conference finals as it is. Nevertheless, making it to the NBA finals. So yes, that would be a very impressive feat for somebody like LeBron James. And a lot of these depth players that the Lakers accumulated this year, over a lot of trade deadline guys too. Rui Hachimura, uh, somebody somebody like D'Angelo Russell, bringing him back. They had Austin Reeves, but again, he didn't play a lot in the beginning of the season. He 
was mainly just a, a three-point specialist, and that was really it. Now he's become a much more well-rounded player. This Lakers team was not supposed to have this level of depth, and they're really showing it a lot against a Warriors team that's supposed to have good depth, uh, including somebody like Jordan Poole, and that makes a big difference. Now, you're right. The Nuggets' depth is going to be something that could definitely test them a lot, but obviously the Lakers beat the Nuggets in the bubble uh, three years ago, so LeBron has experience going up against their top players, at the very least, and that coaching system with Michael Malone. Uh, Snug says, do the Lakers or the Warriors really have a shot against the Nuggets? That won't matter in a week or two. I do. I do. I believe the Lakers... I think the Lakers absolutely have a chance against the Nuggets. I don't believe the Golden State Warriors do. Here's the reason why I think the Lakers have a chance against the Nuggets. Because LeBron James can take over a game. When you have a guy that you give him the ball and you say, go ahead, go get me 30 points. Go get me 40 points. Go get me 50 points. Go get me 10 assists, 10 rebounds, 14 rebounds. Could LeBron do it? 100%. I have seen LeBron James put a team on his back and win a series. Okay? The Nuggets... They're still a young team, and they have veteran players. Like, Jokic is a, a, is a veteran player, but how old is Jokic? 27 years old? Murray, 26 years old? Porter, 26 years old? They're still young players, and they've never done it. They've never done it. LeBron James went to eight consecutive championship games. So he's done it before. He has an understanding on how to go there and win. That's why I think he can knock off the Nuggets. That's why I think he can knock off the Suns. And by the way, as good as the Nuggets are, they're having problems against a Suns team that's not 100% healthy. Snug also says, I highly doubt the Lakers could beat the Sixers, Celtics, or Miami. Miami's the same kind of team, though, Snug. They're reliant on new random doubts. Let's just see if Miami can get out of this round. I mean, right now they're up 3-1. to one. If the Knicks come out a winner in this game and go back to Miami, I don't think they're beating them in Miami. But if everybody keeps saying, oh, Miami this, Miami that. <laughs> the Sixers aren't even that good of a team. They have a coach that's overrated, Doc Rivers. Never liked him. The fact that they're winning right now is because they're, Boston is playing stupid basketball. Yeah, They're playing stupid basketball. You should not be double-teaming Joel Embiid. You should not. You should let James Harden beat you. That's what I would do. I would keep Joel Embiid out of the paint. And let James Harden shoot up those threes. Let him toss up those threes. Because eventually, he's going to put himself into shooting problems. This guy is not, I repeat, not a great playoff player. And he cannot shoot in the playoffs. And the fact that he scored 40-something points in the other game and 30-something in the other game, and he's leading the team right now, the only reason why they are is because they're double-teaming Joel Embiid and they can't stop him in the paint. That's the difference. And I'm, I'm going to sit here today, and I'm going to tell you right now. If the 76ers come out of this round, whoever comes out of this Knicks and Miami series is going to beat them. I'm telling you right now. And wouldn't this be lucky for LeBron? If they knock off the Nuggets, they have to compete against Miami or the 76ers in the NBA championship. Lakers, what a joke. Lakers heat seven versus eight. That would be crazy. The Lakers will beat them in six games. Probably, but like that would be crazy to think, Like especially with the way the play-in rules work now, where you have to play these extra games. The Lakers would play one extra game. For an older team, that could be hard. In Miami, You stick two. LeBron James on Jimmy Butler. That's what I would do. I would stick LeBron James on Jimmy Butler and let everybody else beat me. Let everybody else beat me. 
And they don't have anybody that's as good as Anthony Davis. No, the, the Heat are going to do be, if they're going to compete in that series, it would be on the premise of their defense and like the, like they're doing against the Knicks. They're going to have to hit a lot of contested threes. Well, the reason why they're beating the Knicks right now is because Julius Randle stinks. And the Knicks did not know how to rebound in Game Four. They, uh, they oh, that's six, another thing. Six and RJ Barrett, RJ Barrett shooting too many threes. Okay, and they have problems defending in the paint. Mm-hmm. They and by the way, play man to man. Why are they playing zone? Against Miami, they're playing zone. You see them, you see them letting them shoot on the perimeter. You cannot let them shoot on the perimeter. I, I just, I, I can't watch the Knicks. Cannot. <laughs> Barrett had two balls go off of his hand, like where nobody else was around besides Knicks players. The fact that the Knicks are only up one right now with one minute left in the th- second—that that worries me. That's 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 by the way, uh, that's goaltending right there. I, I don't know how they didn't call that goaltending. Maybe they could transform that to the NHL playoffs. There's not a lot of great, not a lot of great goaltending left in that. In that, but regardless, RJ Barrett had two balls go all off of his hand. Bobrovsky has uh, played very well. Bobrovsky and Ottinger. That's pretty much it. Like everything else is either platoons or just kind of inconsistent. But well. nevertheless, the Knicks for a team that rebounded so well against the Cavs, especially with their guards. I don't know what has happened in these last two games, especially in the fourth quarter of Game Four. That was just a ridiculously abysmal showcase of reboundings. I think there were one that's possession. That's a penalty on that. That's a foul on Miami. I think there was one possession where they allowed four offensive rebounds until Miami eventually <laughs> scores. You're not going to get a lot of possessions that way if you're the New York Knicks, especially against this Miami Heat defense. You could see that's that's goaltending right there. That was goaltending. I'm very surprised right now. I, hey, you know what? You, you watch you watch these games. I'm not surprised. The referees are horrible, by the way. It, throughout the the NBA playoffs, they've been absolutely horrible. And and by the way, Julius Randle, how how Adebayo didn't have a flagrant when he poked him in the eye? He can't shoot. He can't see out of his eye. And and to me, Thibodeau should see that he cannot see out of that eye. Why is he playing in this game? Why is he playing? It, it's just I understand this is a win or go home game, but you should not be playing. Julius Randle, if he can't see out of that eye. Look at his eye. It's bubbled. Yeah, no, you're right. Snug says, good luck in Denver. Embiid and Harden are playing a great two-man game right now. Bet the over in the NHL playoffs going forward. Oh, no, it's the Wefoes. <laughs> uh, here he goes again. When we come back, ladies and gentlemen, our segment, Let's Parlay with Johnny Boy. Yes, we'll have John on as we will parlay you to sleep here on the sports loudmouths you're, you're, you're listening to the worldwide sports radio network this is the sports loudmouths we are back ladies and gentlemen as you know this is the sports loudmouth 631-672-3108 is the number to call Go to our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com. Check out all our shows throughout the week. Check out our Apple Podcast 1.5 million downloads, ladies and gentlemen. We're just rocking it there. If you like uh, you know, shows and you're sitting at work, you're bored by your boss, well, you can just pop on the Sports Loud Mouths. Anything that you've missed, any of the interviews that we uh, have put out there throughout the last couple of weeks you can listen to. We have a great one tonight at 9 o'clock. Chris Childs will be joining us. Uh, but we have another one. And we have a very wonderful segment. As we call this segment, Let's Parlay. Parlay, Olay, Olay, Olay. 
It's time for Let's Parlay. Whoosh, whoosh, whoosh. I'm making the whooshing sound because we have no Wes. We have no Chaz. We have no Pablo. We have nobody, but we do have somebody. We have the one, the only, Reno Johnny. Reno, why do you call yourself Reno Johnny, by the way? From, from Reno. Uh, and so when I was kind of getting into this uh, uh, betting spectrum, one of my buddies was like, you need a nickname in college. Like He's like, I'm going to call you. Johnny Reno. Mm. And hey, that's kind of cool. They kind of stuck in for everybody's kind of dropped the Johnny and they just call me Reno for a long time. You're a basketball coach, to, right? Huh? You're a basketball coach, right? I am. Yeah. How's your basketball yeah. team doing? Good, man. We, uh, we, uh, season's over. Uh, we won the, we won our championship. Congratulations. Congratulations. Stuff like that. So we, yeah, we were rocking and rolling here, man. It's got a lot going on. We do this, we do, you know, I have a full-time job. I also full-time bet. So it's, it's, uh, we got a lot of, a lot of stuff going on. How did I do last week? By the way, y'all keep the records. I forget. I don't know if I. I'll check. You got all three of the uh, the playoff games. I will check the uh, the baseball one for you. You got all three of the of the playoff games: the Golden Knights, Heat, and Speedy. The you have to post that you, before the show. Before we go through every single week, you have to have the numbers so we know where everybody's at. I have to send. By the way, I have to get uh, Wes's uh, Venmo. I have to send him some money. So uh, you have to get that for me too, Speeder. I know the first week I didn't do well. I think I went one and three in the first week. You were uh, two and two in the first week. And, okay, uh, okay. Uh, yeah, th- th- this time you were three and one. I'm trying to figure okay. out your baseball one. No, you uh, you lost your baseball one. The Twins beat the White Sox. You gambled on the White one. Sox. So you're still three and one. It's a good record. Okay, that, is the, uh, that is the, uh, the, the pace Wes has been on consistently. So now you're, you have some ground to catch up with this week, but you have a chance because Wes isn't here. Well, yeah. remember, Wes, we're – at the end of the year, I'll get a grand prize. Uh, we'll figure out what the numbers, because you could catch up to West. But right now, West won the first month. But that was because he was on the most. So we have to get people strategically on every single week so we can really ki- confine where we, we these numbers could be. So I right now, in the position that both of you guys are, you, you're here uh, for an extra week, so maybe you can take, like Speedy says, you can you can start racking up some wins and catching up to our friend Wes. But uh, why don't we get into it? I have some of my own. So uh, are you ready? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm actually looking up a line right now that mm-hmm. I like, um, and I'm trying to see. There, I found it. Okay, make sure I, make sure I can get that that spread because I'm give, I'm going to give out a, a bet that um, is going to be completed by Sunday. Mm-hmm. So, I want to make sure I have that up. Make sure we got the right numbers. Sounds good to me. Let's go. Me first. Yeah, you 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 first. Yep. Yeah. Uh, here we go. Uh, yeah. So uh, I'm gonna take the Warriors on the series. The Warriors Ooh. on the series plus three seventy five. Really? Uh, I'm not look. If you look at the games one through one through five, first off, uh, or, yeah, one through four. Um, I'm looking at the Warriors could have won two of those games. Uh, simple. They could be up 3-1, right? So I think those games are kind of give and take. I'm looking at a free throw discrepancy of 52 free throws for the Lakers. I understand everybody's going to come, come off and says that the Lakers uh, uh, shoot the most free throws, the Warriors shoot the least, and, and yada, yada, yada. I get it, but 52 is atrocious. I actually went back and I looked at some tape. They missed a lot of calls. Uh, I think Dante DiVincenzo. DiVincenzo. He got fouled like three times on, on putbacks. Not called one time. I get when a team doesn't get to the free throw line a lot, but I also get when the refs are just not calling it. Why? Because it's not LeBron James? Because mm. those are calls that LeBron James would get. I'm still okay 
with taking the Warriors. And he, they can shoot the ball better than most teams in the playoffs. They can shoot the ball better than Lakers can. They can do an okay job. They've been they've made adjustments and doing an okay job at shutting down Anthony Davis. I know for sure. I'm I'm very confident they're gonna win game five. They're gonna go three two back to LA. Mm. All right. They can win. They can keep that game close enough. They can, you know, give me a hey, give me a game six play. We know we know what game six play is about. How great he's been. They just gotta get one. You get that. You get it back to game seven. This is a team. If you're if, if any team you can bet on down three one to win a series. All right, so you we'll go back and forth, all right, and that's how we'll do it. All right. Okay, and I'll, I feel confident with the uh, the Warriors winning the series at plus three seventy five, almost four to one. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right, I, tonight I had the Maple Leafs winning on the money line. Uh, I think uh, down three zero. I don't think Florida is going to sweep them. I think Florida uh, will win uh, game five. I think they will eliminate Toronto in game five. So I I I, I do think Florida will win the series. Uh, obviously, because we've never seen a team come back from a 3-0 deficit, I think, in the NHL. I don't think we've ever seen that. It happened once, I think, with the Sharks and the Kings. I don't think it was really? the only one. Yeah, 2014. Oh, okay. So, but I, I, it's very rare. I, I right. don't see Toronto coming back. I, I don't think they're that team. But I, I do believe they'll win tonight. So give me uh, Toronto on the money line. Go ahead. Now you're next. Uh, yeah, we'll do uh, – we'll, we'll actually stick to the ice and uh, – and it's going to pay me because I'm, I'm, I'm a Knights fan. Uh, but give me the Oilers on the puck line, getting a minus one and a half, plus 132. Uh, this is a team that got pretty much embarrassed at home uh, last game. Uh, the Knights actually get their goaltender hurt. He gets the, he steps off the ice, and they bring in Aiden Hill to complete the game, who pretty much played a perfect game. Uh, Connor McDavid and Dreisaitl, the two, their previous nine goals, they had scored seven of them. Uh, they didn't score at all. I just think you're you're going to be really hard pressed to not have these guys score. They're in a must win backs against the wall situation. You're not trying to go down three one back to Vegas. I do think they get this game. Give me an empty netter at the end to cover the puck line. But I'm getting plus money on a team that's pretty much backs against the wall. All right, uh, tomorrow I have you Darvish on the mound against the Minnesota Twins. Give me San Diego. On the money line, I think San Diego tomorrow will knock off Minnesota. Minnesota right now is up two to nothing uh, in the fifth inning against the Padres. I think even if the Padres lose tonight, they will win tomorrow on the money line. Uh, give me you, Darvish, uh, two and two, three point one nine ERA. Uh, he's pitched very well in his career against Minnesota. I'm actually going to be opposite of you. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I'm going to take the Twins tomorrow mm-hmm. afternoon. Um, I should be getting a plus. Uh, 105 is what I'm kind of seeing. It, it can fluctuate between even even money to plus 110, anywhere in between. Um, I, I locked in a plus 105. Bailey Ober's having a career year, and I'm not really impressed with this Padres lineup. They paid a lot of money for these guys, and Juan Soto, I think, is going to turn out to be. I think he's going to turn out to be one of the most overrated players, uh, most overrated contracts of all time. He got paid the bag, as the kids say, and he just he's batting what 200, striking out a whole bunch of times. I don't think this lineup's that good. Cronworth, Kim, guys that I'm not going to bet on laying any type of juice. And I get you, Darvish, played well, but I think he can kind of he can get hit. This this uh, Twins lineup, who's maybe not the best offensive team, but they got guys like Buxton and Correa that can definitely go yard on them. And so I, I like the, I like the, uh, the you know, Twins getting a slight plus money. Mm-hmm. Battling bets for the first time on mm. Let's Parlay. All right, I have uh, NHL one. I'm looking at it right now. 
on Thursday, 7-10, Seattle and Dallas. I have Seattle winning this game. I, right now, they're plus 160 uh, to Dallas' is one, uh, minus 190. I think I know a lot of people think Dallas is going to win this game. I have the Krakens winning this game, taking a 3-2 lead in this series. Give me the Krakens on the money line. Not bad. It was either going to be that one. If I'm giving out minus 300, right, I'm, I'm, I don't do that. I give out plus money. Okay. You know, boss should be. So I thought about the Seattle Kraken, um, but I've been on them a couple games. I was on them on game two. I was on them on game three. They've been plus money. They've been great for me. I think for me, I'm gonna, I'm kind of I'm scared to take game, another game. So I'm going to take the Carolina Hurricanes, who I think are the far better team than the, than the New Jersey Nevils. I think they have an advantage pretty much on every aspect of the ice. They lost game three, eight to four. They were still able to put up four goals. They allowed 15 minutes of penalty, kill, of penalty time minutes, which really hurt them. And I do believe I was on them last night to come back and, and win win game four, go up 3-1. This is a closeout game at home. I just don't see New Jersey going down there. They just haven't played great on the road throughout the playoffs. I don't see them going down there and taking this game. Uh, tonight, I have, a, I have a game. Vegas and Edmonton. Vegas wins last the last game. I do not believe they're going to knock off Edmonton tonight. I think Edmonton uh, has a score uh, to... Uh, to trend on this team. Uh, Vegas, everybody has Vegas winning this series. I think Edmonton has the two best players in the world. Dreisaitl has been unstoppable in this series. McDavid's looked pretty good in certain games, but he has disappeared in certain games too. Uh, give me Edmonton on the money line. I need the puck line. They say the over under seven. I think it's going to be on the over. I like the over. I mean, it's hard to argue with the over. The last two games, they've only got the six though. Yeah. Five one, five one. Mm. Um, it, but they do score a lot, and, and like you said, Connor McDavid and Dreisaitl mm-hmm. scored six of the first nine goals in the series, and they didn't score any goals last time. And I'll, I'll predict this: goals. one of those guys will score in this game. I, I would take if you could if you could find it if you could take a, a goal score for both of them. I would do that. Okay, you could on DraftKings. You could. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure if you can find something. I'm sure you can get pretty good value on that. Absolutely. Any more? That's it. Yeah, it's four, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's it for me, man. We uh, well, hopefully we have another good week here, and get, we 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 had some baseball earlier. We hit plus two hundred five. We yep. lost that one, but we hit plus one fifty five. So we've been hitting some underdogs here in the baseball world. Well, I tell you this: baseball has been all over the place this year. Yeah. It, it's been crazy. I know it's early, and a lot of the, the Yankee fans are about to jump off a bridge. And I said, relax. They're right now have the most injuries right now in the majors. I think they have 13 injuries. Yeah, they have yeah. rookies playing. Volpe is starting to play really good baseball. I'm just yeah. letting everybody – I know he's batting 205, but uh, he's starting to figure things out. He's got 11 stolen bases, four home runs. He had a grand slam today. I, I mean, the kid's figuring it out, man. So yeah, He really is. He'll be, he'll be fine. Yankee fans are the worst, though, because they just jump off a cliff and – but it doesn't go right right away. Like I'm yeah. like, I hate the Yankees. I do. And but I'm looking at that team. My buddy's a Yankee fan. I'm like, you guys are gonna be fine. The only uh, downside is you play in the AL East. And that's the one division this year that division. you don't want to be Such a struggling good or hurt because yeah. everybody in the AL East it used to, if you four teams are good, yeah. Orioles are trash, right? It's not that's not the case. Everybody's really, really good this year. You they were good last year. Everybody was good last year, too. Your, your pitching is hurt. You got guys that are on the IL. Once you get those guys back, all you have to do is sustain, right? Don't don't lose fifteen of eighteen games. Like just sustain, almost mm-hmm. get those guys back. You guys could start. You guys could potentially be playing your best baseball as you head into the postseason. 
right? You just can't fall too far behind. They have 21 wins with 13 injuries. I mean, yeah, I they'll be they'll be fine. I know. Their pitching is always kind of kind of a struggle, but their offense they can mash on anybody. I don't know. When Rodon comes back, you have a good one-two punch. You have Garrett Cole, who's been as good as anybody in baseball. He didn't look good the last game, but uh, he's been as good as anybody in baseball. And and if you get Rodon back healthy, a power lefty, I mean, that's what you paid the money for. That's why you made the move for him. You have a good good one-two punch. They had a problem last year against the Astros because they didn't have that other other guy, I think. And Nestor Cortez is a good pitcher, but I don't know if he's the other guy. He's the third guy. And Savarino, we haven't seen yet this year. Savarino should be back this week, so I'm, I'm excited to Savarino. see. Savarino? Where's he from? Luis Savarino. Oh, Savarino. Yeah. Because there's a guy that's San Marino. His name is San Marino. Mm. Savarino. And he's a gas can. I was like, did they, did they, did they get him? He's trash. So. I don't know. I don't know. Don't, 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 uh, don't put any gas cans on the Yankees. Or oh, fans will start accusing them of cheating. I need a hose then. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, John. They'll be fine. I think so, too. It's just a tough division to be in. Yeah, so, I, I mean, think so, too. I'm, I'm an Orioles fan, and we're, we're sitting like pretty They look right good, now, man. I'm like, man. You know, like we're beating the Rays right now again. Like we are. A they really have a good future, man. They have such like a good farm system. The division is always really good. There's always two or three teams. They have two good pitchers coming up that we're probably going to see at the end of the season. They have an outfielder that everybody keeps talking about. I mean, come on, the Orioles are stacked. Uh, yeah. This is the, the Orioles are going to be in the next two three years one of the top two teams in this division. You're going to argue. I mean, the Yankees. The Yankees will be up there, and so I think the Red Sox will be up there soon too. Again, I, I, I just what they're doing right now is they're compiling pick, you know, picks, and they're not really overspending on players that are free agents. That's what the Red Sox are doing. That's the Tampa Bay way, and they're bringing in players that were once good that maybe will show up and play decent this year, just to kind of hide the deficiencies of their team. And then as they start to bring players up from their farm system, they'll start building with veteran players. I, that's what. Tampa does, and I and I think that's what the Red Sox plan is it's going Tampa to be. Way. It's actually the Astro way. Hmm. So if you look at the ownership, uh, Mike Alias and uh, Sag Mahal, they were both down in Houston. They built the Houston Astros to what they are now. Yeah. So when you look at Houston and, and who's at Jose Altuve, and when they got Carlos Correa and George Springer, all those guys, and they won World Series, and then even even drafting, you know, even Pena and all those guys, they had a, kind of a hand in that, right? They drafted all those people, so they stacked that farm system hmm. up. And that's why Houston's been able to sustain that success. So they came to Baltimore, and we we paid him, right? We paid Elliot. It's like, hey, we need you to to do this here, uh, and then he was like, cool, I'll do it. But I want I want you to go get my 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 stats guys, mm-hmm. uh, Sock Mahal. They brought him up, and that's exactly since 2018 what the Orioles have done. They've, they've stacked the drafts. The benefit about being so crappy for so long, <laughs> you're always I mean, you always have a high draft pick for right. head. They had two number ones in a th- in a three four year span, right? So they. They were able to stack the farm system pretty high, and I'm I'm really high on them. I just want to win one World Series in my lifetime. You will. I think you will see it very, very soon. But uh, we really appreciate you, John. We'll talk to you soon, bud. Thank you. We'll talk to you next week. Johnny boy. Reno Johnny. Johnny the Reen. And by the way, uh, Jeff over here is saying uh, Kermit did a great job blowing a 6-0 lead. Hey, your Kermit, who you like to attack the Yankees and their players, your Kermit right now is 5-0 for the Yankees as a 2.09 ERA, which is, what, second in the American League? His innings pitch is first in the major leagues. Strikeouts is first in the major leagues. And whip is third in the major leagues. Shut up, Jeff. You're an idiot. There's nothing you can say. Why? Because he pitched one bad game? 
Give me a break. Shut up. You're an idiot. It's nothing. Let's talk about your Boston Bruins. You disappear off the face of the earth. Let's talk about your Celtics right now, who, by the way, I think will win game six and then lose in game seven. Okay? I, I just... I don't want to hear your crap. All you do, oh, that when when the season when the season ended, you thought the Celtics were going all the way. Then when the season ended, you were you were up and down with the Boston Bruins. And now what? Because the Red Sox are in front of the Yankees by what a half a game. You think the Red Sox are going to end the season with a better record than the Yankees? You're an idiot. Okay, stop with your your back and forth banter. And I know this is Jeff, but there's nothing. Of course, there's nothing he's going to say that is going to sell me on any garbage that comes out of his mouth. The only garbage that should be coming out of his mouth is the one that he should be eating. Well, let's find out. Let's find out what that ends up being. Speedy, how are you, my friend? My condolences on your loss. Thank you very much. Yeah, very very sad. I, you know, I hope uh, that you're doing okay, bud. Thank you. Thank you so much, man. Anyways, Speedy, you'll be able to back me up on this. Errol says, I disappear off the face of the earth mm-hmm. because the Bruins lost. Have mm-hmm. I called in every show to own it, Speedy? Mm-hmm. You disappeared for like five days after they got eliminated. What are you didn't hear from about? you. Didn't hear what from you? you. Didn't hear from Did, you. Have I called in have I called Did, in every didn't show? Didn't hear from you, and then you find have a I, way to make excuses. And then you bring up the have Yankees. I, have I called in every all show you speedy? do, all you do when you call this show, or anytime you post things, is attack what I say. But you should be looking at what you said. Your Boston teams have i called have i called in every show speedy what are you talking about have you called in every show it has nothing to do with calling a show you reach out to me you reach out to me off air all the time and when boston when the bruins got eliminated i didn't hear from you it was a p drop no no well i i actually told you about that i sent you the picture and i was doing so so i I, listen i don't i don't know what's going on in your private life that's fine but i don't know what's going in your private life but that's fine that's fine but that still but you still you sink things about garrett cole you still throw things about garrett cole in the mix your narrative your narrative my narrative oh, okay no okay. It, it is it's a mm-hmm. it's a dumb narrative it's a it's a moronic retarded oh narrative. now it's I'm more not in, moronic yeah no it mm-hmm. is because mm-hmm. i've called in every show there's been no hiding mm-hmm. i told you they choked but that's that's what you want to be the narrative mm-hmm. because you want to try to smash me on something oh, like, i smash oh, you i smash you i smash you are you out of your mind no, that, that's, Are you that's at, your terrible point. Jeff, like, that's your whole Jeff, terrible point. Jeff, I'm not here. Jeff, first of all, if you know anything about me, I don't go out in my way and smash people, okay? You do. You do. You like I to take not. shots. Oh, get out of here, Jeff. What do you think? We're stupid? Kermit blowing a 6 nothing lead is a fact. Just this because is, it goes up your ass. Yeah, it's, it's a fact that he's fact. the best pitcher in baseball right now. That's a fact, too. Ooh, I don't know. That's there's a, a fact. That are pretty good. There's a couple others. That oh, yeah? Good. Who? Who's been better than him? Uh, Steele has been probably better than him. Steele has not been better than him. Go look at their numbers. Steele's got under a one ERA. But what does that mean? What does that mean? What does it, mean? it means it gives up only less than one run a game. That's what it means. No. That's what ERA okay. is, dummy. What does uh, that mean? Uh, what, because he gave up six runs the last game, he was like one, what was it, a one three nine? Because he pitched one Which bad game. Which still be higher than Steele's. He's not been, Steele has not been better. Steele has not been better than Garrett Cole. Unbelievable. I didn't say that he hasn't. He's not been better than Garrett Cole. He hasn't been. I mean, you can say that, but his ERA would tell you differently. Okay. Let's let's go. What else? What? Why did you call? Let's let's hear it. Because you say that I'm hiding. I'm not hiding. I'm right here. All right. So the, let's the go. Celtics, they're, the Celtics, they're choking too. Mm-hmm. That's fine. Mm-hmm. It is what it is. They're playing some terrible basketball. Not hiding. 
but like you you have this and the first thing and the first thing and the first thing that you say and the first and the first thing that you say is attack the Knicks when nobody nobody especially all the experts thought the Knicks when were going to attack the Knicks. Did you not read your little post over here on Facebook? What about the Knicks? They're doing better than the Knicks. Did you not say that? Did you not because say that? You went after the Celtics. Oh, said, stop, well, Jeff. Celtics stop, are, Jeff. Can, why don't you scroll stop. up two more comments? You said, how are the Celtics Jeff, doing? Jeff, I you're not going to sit here and argue with me when you know that's what you do. You like to throw people <laughs> under the bus. You like to stick it to Dude, people. I'm sticking comments. it to people you. I'm sticking themselves. it to you. You're two Boston Dude, teams that you, you thought record-breaking <laughs> Boston Bruins get eliminated by a team that shouldn't even make the playoffs. They did. They played terrible. They oh, yeah? did. They played terrible. Uh, you love to stick it in our face, Record breaking, record breaking. Yeah, they and, were record breaking. Yeah, and they and broke they were records, and then and then and they, they broke a record for losing the way they, they did. No, no, they didn't because there, there's been other terrible losses. It's the president's trophy curse. That's, that's I don't what believe it is, that. Dude. I don't believe in curses. You don't believe that? No. What, that? So that's not a thing. Teams that win the speedy. Would you help them out when teams win the not president's in the first trophy, round? Not in the first round. No, no. They, the president's about, trophy. A president's trophy team has not won a Stanley Cup in a full season since the Red Wings. Right, and there's and there's been the Blackhawks did in the shortened and, season. And there's been five other president's trophies teams that got bounced in the first round. You no, no, there's been the no, no, there's been some. No, no, no I'm, I'm not denying there hasn't been some. Vancouver did it, Tampa did it. But you the, just said the that there wasn't not in the first round, and now you're saying that there is. So no, I'm saying away. not all of them were in the first round. <laughs> no, 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 not all of them, but there's been a bunch. Um... So pick a lane. You go not in the first round, and then you go yeah in the first round. Okay. You got to pick a lane. The, scat- the, the scatter distribution of the 15 years since the Red Wings won the Stanley Cup in 07, besides again, besides Chicago in the shortened season that won in 2013, that won the president won the Stanley Cup as the president's trophy. They've gone out in many different rounds. I, it's not all the first round. So three then out of the 14 years. The first round, Go then. and dominate like you did in the regular season. You dominated everybody throughout the regular season. You made the trades. Not, you I added mean, talent. Kind of, kind of a, yeah, but we didn't make like. See the trades that we made that, that that Boston made were for like depth pieces. Like like New York went and got like stars. They got Tarasenko, yes, team. which we thought I was went, terrible. Well, well, listen, I didn't necessarily. I thought Tarasenko was going to be fine. I didn't necessarily believe in the Kane thing. He's been declining for a while, mm. but the Tarasenko thing, he's still plenty uh, young and got juice. And I thought that that would work. It didn't, mm-hmm. right? But the, but those are like. The big moves, you wouldn't include Garnett Hathaway in like, oh my God, they went and got Garnett Hathaway. Like, here comes the Stanley Cup. Like, that's a fourth liner, you know? No, and, and Orlov, I, I like Orlov and Bertuzzi were good. Movies, I like the, the Bertuzzi ones. one, and I, I I was very surprised <sighs> Bertuzzi didn't have a very good series against Florida. I, I thought Bertuzzi he actually did though. What, what what why what what did you think that he had such a great series? Tell me what he did in that series. Well, that he day. was a grinder. He was the only one that kind of had legs left. That was scared. <clears throat> Most of the other guys didn't have any legs left, and he actually probably. Well, I think he was their second leading scorer in in that round. It wasn't saying was. much. Think, they barely I think, scored. I mean. I mean, he scored like three or four let me goals. See, let me see. How many? How many did Tyler Bertuzzi have in that series, Speedy? Could you look? I think I think Hall had four, and I think Bertuzzi had three or four. Let me see. Against Florida, one goal, two goals, three, four goals, four goals, four goals. Yeah, I see it. Four goals. So you're four saying goals. that he didn't show up? He scored four, four goals. goals. Yes, four goals. Four, four goals, goals in five games. Good. Yeah, four, four goals in five games. Yeah, Pasternak was the only one that had five, and uh, him and right, uh, Pasternak is a great player. There's, there's no the argument that you're trying to bring. So what? So we're going to sit here. How about win a series? Win a series that you were much better than the team. Florida stinks. 
Florida was going uh, into they that, also, they crawled into the players. And you know what? They they and, and by the way, they played a third string goalie against your Boston Bruins team. A third string goalie. And yes, Bob Bob Rotsky. Bob Rotsky. Bob Rotsky came at the end. Bob came in that they struggled. So they didn't lose to a third string goalie. They lost to a ten million dollar goalie. A ten million dollar goalie. Okay. Anything is else? You what, do you, do you have anything else to say? I mean, we're going to sit here and go back and forth and banter what, who, and what, and this. No, and that. I call you on the thing. Uh, that no, you're saying that no, you don't because like I'm going to sit here. Je- Jeff, here's the thing, Jeff. You're going to sit here and you're going to say somebody had a good series. Fine, that's what you think. I don't think four goals in a series that you you made that trade. You do everything. You you needed that point. You needed that guy to score and do the things that he did. He and had he one did. good game. He had one good game. One. In game you know, two, that's not, game that's two, not, all, game you know, three, not, game three, he did nothing. He had a negative two. Negative. By the way, negative. Uh, he had a negative one in game one. He had a, he had a one. He had a one in uh, in in uh, in game four, and he had a one in game five. Every time he was on, even when he scored two goals in that game, he had a negative three. That means three goals he was on the ice for. That means he didn't play as well as his numbers show. Okay, so and I do look at the negatives when you're on the ice and there are goals going in. You're a two way player and Bertuzzi is a two way player. That's what he was. That's what they brought him in for. Did they not? He is a two way no, player. No, get out didn't. of here, Jeff. Get out of here, Jeff. They didn't. No, they didn't. He's a goal scorer. Like, you, you want Bertuzzi's a goal scorer. Tyler Bertuzzi is a goal scorer. He only had 10 goals this year. How is that a goal scorer? <laughs> I'm just saying. Tyler Bertuzzi is a goal scorer. So they brought him in for goal scoring. Is that what you're saying? What do you, what do you, you think a goal scorer has 10 goals a year? No one. Dude, I, I didn't, watching the I Islanders did. has warped your brain, dude. For, first of 10 all. 10 goals is I'm, not a goal I'm scorer. I'm telling you he's not a good goal scorer. I'm telling That's you he's not. Saying. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> and he still had four goals in the playoffs. And he had eight goals this year. Great. Great. No, he had more than that because I think he, I think he had ten. So Speedy, do me a favor. Do, do me a favor. In the games that he scored, okay, did they win? He had eight in the regular season, Jeff. No, no, no. How many? How many thought, in the games that I they he had more? In the games that he scored, did they win those games? We scored in game one, and I think the Bruins did. The Bruins, I think the Bruins won game one. They won game one. They lost game and, two, and then they won three and four. He scored nothing in four, three. He scored one in four. And so they, so in two of the games he scored, they won. So two out of his four goals, they won. Yeah. No. Mm. Great game. Great. He was great. He was fantastic. Dude, he, I mean, he was an important piece. <laughs> I, listen, he, listen, important piece to what? Lose? And I'm not going back and forth with this. No, Jeff. dude. He was an important piece because when Krejci and Bergeron couldn't play. Are they bringing Tyler the way, Bertuzzi back? Uh, dude, the, the Bruins are so up against the cap. That's the one they – want to bring back but they're they're i mean they have almost no money they have six million dollars to spend next well year. didn't they so what's his name against retiring um bergeron, bergeron is retiring so isn't that it money it, that that no 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 dude no shows how much you know no bergeron was on a one-year five million dollar contract okay so they they don't need they, so they're not getting any bergeron money back they still only have six million dollars to spend okay and how much do you think tyler pertuzzi is going to demand Oh, easily all of that six million dollars. All right, so pay him if you really want him back. No, because they have too many holes to fill. Because they're losing, they're losing uh, Hathaway, Orlov, uh, Bertuzzi, Bergeron, Krejci. Uh, they just gave Pasternak a lot of money. Right. Well, you. I mean, you, you can't I would. not. Like, I'm not a huge Pasta fan. I know like, you don't. He really puts like the him. puck in the net, but dude. I mean, you can say, oh, I know you're not. Did you see how many turnovers he had? I like Pasternak. I, I, yeah, do. I mean, look, he puts it in the net, and you need kind of a sniper. I get that. But, like, 
he turns it over a ton. A ton he turns it over. He was a big reason why they lost with the turnovers. Mm. How many goals did he have this year? 61 goals this year? He had f- <clears throat> yeah, 61 or 62 or 61 goals, like that. 52 assists, 113 points. I mean, that's a pretty good player to me. <laughs> That's right, but we'll see. But we'll see how, like, we'll see how good he is without those other guys. Because, yeah. I mean, let's face it, he really struggled in this series. Why did he struggle? Mm. He didn't have David Krejci on that line. David Krejci was a really important piece. That is he under missing. contract or is he a free agent? David no, Krejci? he's under a free agent. He's a free agent, so they're not going to bring back David Krejci. No, they're not going to bring back Krejci. They're not going to bring back Orlov. They're not going to bring back Halfway. How old is Pasternak? Oh God! Twenty six. He's twenty six or twenty seven. He is twenty six years old. And he has already three hundred and one goals. I mean, that's ridiculous. Yeah, twenty six. That's ridiculous. Wait, but I mean, right? You can go. Oh, that's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. But for I mean, it's we'll see what it is going forward because he had Krejci and Zaka this year, which was the perf- perfection line, and then before he was with Bergeron and Marchand, which was the perfection line. Mm. So like, he's been really the beneficiary of playing with Hall of Famers, dude. Mm. Krejci's a Hall of Famer. Marshan's a Hall of Famer. Bergeron's a Hall of Famer. Is Krejci a Hall of Famer? I would say so, yeah. He's played over a 1,000 games. He's got a shit ton of points. I mean, now now everybody's getting into the Hall of Fame in the NHL. I mean, mean, the only guy... I think that if you looked at David Krejci's numbers, you'd have a better appreciation for him. I mean, he's had the longevity. He's he's not really a goal scorer, but he's he's got a ton of assists. Like, he's a passer. And and I actually actually wrote to the NHL a little while ago to... Oh, more about you. No, I I wrote to the... Because there's a guy that should be in the Hall of Fame. Pierre Turgeon. I've been saying that for a long, long time. This is a guy that has over, thir- th- what, 1,300 points, 500 goals. Why isn't he in the Hall of Fame? The longevity. Yeah, I, don't, I, I mean, I don't have a problem with that, but I think that if you looked at Krejci's numbers, I think that you'd have a better. Go look at Krejci's numbers, Speedy. Go look that up for me, please. Krejci, you're, Jeff's right. He had 555 assists, okay. uh, 231 goals in his career, 786 total points, and plus minus 166. What, and, okay, quick. How long has Krejci played? He's, he's played since 06, 07, and then he had the it's one a long year. time. So, so it's. It's 16 years and, total. And he had the year, year off. Last year he yeah. missed. Right. He missed last year he missed. Year right. I'm trying to compare his numbers to other players that have retired and made it to the I league. mean, he's played, a, he's played a thousand games. So what's a thousand games? There's 82. So he's played 13, 14 years. Is that what he's played? Mm. It lists on, on hockey reference as 16 years. But uh, 2006 wasn't really a full. Uh, he didn't. He only played six games. That was, so it was basically 15 seasons. So he missed two full seasons because he yeah, missed last year and then that season. And then there was a couple of years he had some injury issues too. 2012, 13, he only played 47 games. 2014, 2015, he only played 47 games. I, don't, I, I, mean, I, I think. That, I, I mean, I, th- I would think that David Krejci is like, look, goal scorers get the love, right? The Ovechkins, like that kind of thing. He's more Sidney Crosby. Now, obviously, not on that level. But I just mean that in the sense that, like, he's a passer, he's a facilitator, and he's great at it. Like, that, I, there's there should be a place for those guys too. It shouldn't just be about either saves or right. goals. I I think he's a borderline Hall of Famer. I don't know if if you were to sit here today and say he's a Hall of Famer, he's a Hall of Famer. All right. Well, if you think he's borderline, that's still yeah. pretty goddamn. No, great. He's good. And so, he's good. And and so that would mean Pasta has played with basically three Hall of Famers. Mm-hmm. We'll see how he does without those guys. I mean, Bergeron is an absolute Hall of Famer. Marshawn is, when he's done, he's a Hall of Famer. I, I mean, there's no question. There's no argument to that. 
Um, Pasternak right now, if you were to tell me at 26 years old with 300 goals and, and 300 and some I assist and he's 26 years old, the guy's going to break 1,000 points probably in the next two right. or three years. I mean, that, that, that could be possible, okay? That could be possible. But I think that you're going to see a huge dip in his numbers when he isn't playing with Hall of Famers. Mm. I, don't, I, don't think that, I don't think that Pasta made those guys better players. I think they made him a better player. Mm. It's interesting. Speedy, are we still waiting? Does, you, yes, uh, he's, uh, he read the message apparently. Uh, maybe he's coming in now. We'll see. All right, well, we're, we're waiting for Chris Childs. Uh, so I know a lot of people have been waiting for us to get him on. So hopefully in the next couple of minutes. Did you send him an email? Is yeah, yeah. I, I, sent, I messaged him the link and I sent an email. All right, so I'll probably so. pop in. Uh, to, again, uh, we really appreciate Chris Childs joining us. Uh, I know he's a busy guy. I'm sure he's watching this Nick game. Uh, right now, the Knicks are, you know, up by 19, I think it is. Uh, they're 73-54. I didn't think it would be like this going into the third third quarter. But uh, they've picked up the pace, and that's that's good. I mean, I, th- I, I said the Knicks were going to lose in six. I, I believe they'll go back to Miami, and they'll lose in Miami. But, uh, you know, it's the fact that they can, if they could pull this one off, at least it, it doesn't. It doesn't look as bad as it did in the last two games, and it, it did look bad. That's all I'm going to say about that. I mean, uh, I, don't, I don't know how you get away with saying that, though. Saying what? Right? Because you've been bashing the Celtics that they're terrible and this and that, whatever. The Knicks need to win this game to be just as terrible as the Celtics. Why? Because like, what, the Celtics have one more win? Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, the Celtics have one one more game against probably a better team. The Heat are missing guys. Mm. Tyler Hero ain't playing. Mm. I, I, the Heat has been here before. They have players that have been here. And the 76ers, let's be honest, Harden is garbage in the playoffs. The fact that he's they, playing the 76ers way he is. 76ers are deep. 76ers are deep. You're not going to tell me, Tyree, uh, that Maxi is a, a bad player. People were You're complaining not... about Maxi, what he's done throughout the playoffs. He, he wasn't playing. Well. Up last I, I'm he not saying this series. Up. I'm talking about the playoffs. Before this he, past series. He, he, Tobias Harris is another really Oh, please. Good player, uh, like... A Huntington native. I, I can't stand Tobias Harris. Can't stand him. You can say that all you want, but he's a really good player. He's been an all-star in this Yeah, he's, paying, he's overpaid. $190 million that they paid him. Great job by the 76ers, by the way. I mean, that is, I mean, that is what it is. They have a much better team than the Heat have. The Heat are basically just Adebayo and, and Jimmy Butler. Who else is there? 40-year-old Kyle Lowry? Are you scared of Max Struess? No, I mean, but I, a lot of these guys. Kyle Lowry's done it before. He's won a championship. Okay, Butler has been here before. Okay, so, so they have players that have been there. And Abayo is a good playoff player. Go look at Abayo's numbers. Right, but the Sixers have playoff experience too. I mean, it's not all positive, and they, none of them really have championships. But the, it's not like they're all young guys. They've all been to the playoffs. They all get it. They're all good players, dude. I, I think Boston's a way better team than the Seventy Sixers. I and don't. I, I think Boston's extremely flawed, and they and and there's a problem with Tatum and Brown. They're not getting along. The rotation is terrible. Why is Brown wearing that ugly mask? Why? Because he broke his orbital bone? I, I know, but that, that happened, what, it, before the All-Star break? Why is he wearing it throughout the, the second half no, of the season? No, it didn't happen that long ago. Yeah, it did. It, it happened a while ago. It yeah, did. He I was mean, wearing, a couple of months he ago, was wearing it at the All-Star game. He was wearing that in the All-Star game. I mean, dude, it, that's one of those injuries. You don't mess around with the eyes and the cheekbone and like that kind of stuff. You don't mess around with that stuff. If he wants to wear it, let him wear it. <sighs> I think it's affecting his shooting. Uh, I don't think it's affecting him at all. Mm. Oh. He's been playing a long time with it. This guy always gets hurt. 
Robinson always gets hurt. He's limping off the court. He stinks. The guy cannot stay healthy, man. He cannot stay healthy. He's one of the worst players going, dude. That dude's that dude they need to get rid of that dude. He stinks. I don't think he stinks. He can't stay healthy. I mean, it's not even that. Even when he's on the court, he disappears. Well, he's the best offensive rebounder in the league this year. I mean, you can't buy that. He is. He, I mean, he was the best offensive rebounder this year. He was. He was. Go. Yeah, that's, there's no doubt. Nothing else to the team. But you don't listen. He. He. You don't need that. If he's giving you eight or nine points a game, he's giving you eleven, twelve rebounds and two or three blocks a game. That's what you want from your center, especially you a center do, like but that. You do need. No, but you do need more from him because, or at least from that position, because if he's not a threat to do anything, no one really needs to guard him. That so is true, and he can't hit, he can't hit free he throws. Needs to be a threat, dude. He can't hit free throws either, and that's that's a huge problem too. Right, but that's that's the the basis of the problem from this team, right? Like R.J. Barrett's good, Grimes is good, right? Like they got good players on their team. Obviously, Brunson. I I still like Julius Randle. I know you hate him. But like he can't even dude, see out of that eye. I, I'm surprised. What's his name again? Out of bio didn't get a flagrant foul for that. I, I, right, I, but but they need more out of Mitchell Robinson. They do. You can't have just a blank space on the court. I I think what Mitchell Robinson does is what they that they expect from him. I I just in this series and and really since since the series since the Cleveland series in game I think it was game five when he got hurt. He hasn't been the same player. He hasn't. He, he's been holding his waist. Uh, you could see that he's having problems. So, and now he, he now he he hasn't his really all, been all that good. They've given him plenty of time to develop, and this is pretty much about as good as he's going to get. They should probably move on from him and get something worthwhile. I don't know. I think he's a pretty good player, Jeff. You're, you're making him out to be not a good player. And even tonight, he has two points, ten rebounds, two assists, and two blocks. I mean, that's what you that's what you want from your big man. I mean, you'd also like to see him at least be a threat offensively. Two points is not good. I, I think that if he can give you the eight or nine points, that's more and look, than... I'm not, I'm not saying that he needs to score 20 a night, though. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think what I'm saying is reasonable, that he needs to at least be a threat that can, like, pull someone away from, like, a double team or something. Mm. You know? Like, he has no jump shot, so, like... You know, like, most big men at least have that elbow jumper. Mm. You know He doesn't even have that. Well, again, he's been trying to – everything that we've read, he, what did he shoot? Like fucking 300 shots? I think it was 300 shots. 300 shots this year. And um, every single – during the offseason, he was shooting 300 shots a day. They, they said that he needed to work on his shooting. I thought well, his shooting then, got, then he's got better. He's not doing a good job at it, and he's not developing. Oh, I think he's, he, he's never going to shoot in a high volume, years. though. I, I don't think he, he's that type of player, Jeff. And they don't need him to be really that type of player. No, but they, they need, just need they him need to shoot to... a little and not be a complete liability. Yeah. No, they need like they need him to make five, six shots a night. Like that's what they need from him. Not a ton of shots, right? But they need him to make five shots a night. So at least it's a threat. So if they run a pick and roll at the top of the key, that he can roll and people are going to go. Oh, maybe we should like put somebody on him or stay with him. No one's doing that right now. No one cares about him. Basketball's become a flopping sport, man. All these guys do is flop. When they get hit, they get touched. It's like they they're falling all over. You put a pinky on him, you're flopping all over. Who I, I think who was the first person to really like do the flops? Was it Shaquille O'Neal? Would you would you say Shaquille O'Neal? Was no, the, no. He was he never flopped that dude. Uh, I used the to... flopper of all floppers is LeBron James. 
there was there was that somebody... dude is like the is like a fish on the dock, bro. He flops, but there. Who was that? He, he flops, and then James Harden is probably the most dramatic the now flopping. But yeah, LeBron was probably the first one that I remember. But... I think there were guys flopping before him. You know, before LeBron Not James came to the league. Not as bad as LeBron. He's turned it into an art. He'll flop all over the place, and then if he doesn't get the call, he runs at the referee. That I would agree. I would agree, and so is Julius Randle. He's the biggest crybaby on the court. If Dude, he... I've seen too much of that from Tatum in this series, where if he drives to the lane and they don't call a foul, he runs at the ref with his hands up. And it's like, dude, I'm so sick of watching it. You know, it's funny, so funny. Josh was texting me that the, the Knicks were going to get killed in this game, and the Knicks are the one doing the, the killing right now. I mean, Yeah, but it doesn't matter. I know. I mean, I, I, I'm, just, game, I'm just telling you what he said. He said that Miami is going to kill the Knicks tonight. And I, yeah, but he's such a dummy. He, he's, dude, he's chicken little, bro. The sky is falling until it's not, right? <laughs> chicken little. <laughs> you know what's so funny? Chicken little. I remember. <laughs> he does look a little like chicken little. He does. It's pretty funny. <laughs> but that's what he is. Dude, name a team that he likes. And then we can all reminisce about a time where he panicked and overpanned. Oh, my God. They're not going to get Aaron Rodgers, the Jets. They're not going to get him. Well, right a lot of Jet fans were like that. Uh, Eric Martini was so bad at that. He was just – every time you heard, oh, he's going to 49ers. He's going to – I said, he's not going to any of those teams. It was never happened. I know. We talked about it all the time. And as much as I didn't think Rodgers was going to go, oh, as, soon as, he, as soon as he was like, oh, I'm going, I was like, yeah, that's it. He's going. He wasn't going anywhere else. The Chicken Little was like, oh, my God, it's not happening. It's not happening. Mm-hmm. Sources are telling me. Rumors are coming out. Where's my next two-part question? <laughs> Sources are telling me. I don't know. Maybe he has a two-part question about the rumors. Uh... Maybe maybe there's a two-part question. Okay, this one spread a rumor, but did it come from here or not? What is your thoughts on this rumor? Uh, that wasn't a foul, by the way. You see Heller. It was, it's, it's, who Cody Zeller. Zeller. He's been flopping around, too. It's It's horrible. Watching this, it's and he's one of those idiots that'll buy into all the draft rumors and stuff. It happens every year, about a week, week and a half before the draft. You get all the stupidity with the rumors. Mm. Snark says he hears rumors about his sources. Uh oh, did Josh just get a nickname? Maybe he could learn the skyhook. But I, I think Robinson is all better with that, though. I'm, I'm not saying he's like a prolific. Oh my scorer, god, but... Julius Randall, man, he, he can. I understand how important Julius Randall is, but if he can't see out of that eye, why is he playing? I understand you need him to score, but he, he's having problems seeing it than I. Because it's still too early to take him out. If you take him out, he could go on a run and lose all the momentum. Actually, they were doing better when he was off. They've done that a lot throughout the year where that's sometimes that second unit. Whether they come in at the end of the first quarter or the beginning of the second quarter when Obi Toppin comes in in that spot, like they play a lot better collectively as a team. So I don't think it, I don't think it would be a necessarily a bad net loss, even if they – the heat kind of cut it to win in single digits. He's having a problem looking, seeing out of that eye. You could see it. He keeps go, opening his eye. They put some eye drops every time he sits out. Look how puffy that eye is. When you, you, your whole game is seeing the basket and shooting, you know. So I don't know. I just think he's missed a couple of big foul shots. So, anyway, so. He, he did read it, right? He said he read the message. I don't know what's going on. We'll, we'll say maybe, right. maybe he's waiting for the end of the quarter. I don't know because mm. I'm sure he's watching the Nick game too, like you were saying. Maybe he's waiting for the end of the quarter. <laughs> well, I guess, uh, we'll find out. It's interesting. I mean, <laughs> anyways, Jeff. Uh, anything else? Yeah. What happened to Jalen Carter's two DUIs? 
Oh, God. Here he goes again. Do, do you have anything that you want to talk about that has any sense of what we're talking about? Because if you don't, we have other things that we need to get into. Well, you were just talking about the draft. That's what I was talking about. Uh, we're not talking about Jalen Carter anymore. We, we've spoken enough about Jalen Carter. So anything no. else? Yeah, let's talk about the draft. We spoke a lot about the draft, man. I mean, Paul how Tamar. are you feeling about Will Paul- McDonald? What? I don't know. Everything that I've I've read on the practice field, he's looked pretty good. Fast off the line. Uh, they say he looks good. I, I don't know what he is. I, I barely saw him this year. I saw video, and videos don't show you I mean, what you're you doing. you didn't see him football. at all. I can guarantee you. No, I saw video. One I, Iowa State game. I, no, I said I watched video of him. I, I, haven't seen, I haven't seen enough of him to say I know anything about him. So I don't know. I don't, I don't know what he is. I can tell you this: he's not a, he's not as bad as everybody is making him out to be. So, I, yeah, but I never said that I I didn't like I, him. I didn't say that you did. I'm saying that what other people have said. Oh man, they cut, I, I they just cut was it down to ten. About the pick. They cut it down to ten. This team needs they need to learn how to play defense, man. How much time is left? Uh, fourth quarter, quarter now. Just ended. Oh uh, yeah, it's yeah. They're I don't know. Long quarter, but I mean, when you look at it by the numbers and you and you think that, uh, you know, teams they average like 25, 27 points, that means the they would probably have to score, you know, the Heat would probably have to score 30, 32, and then hold you to 15. Not likely. Uh, I don't know. I, the, the Knicks don't play defense, they haven't played defense in this series. This has been I didn't a big say problem. It couldn't happen. I'm just saying it's not likely. Yeah. I mean, I mean, just go go and look at it by quarters, right? Like, like what what are they averaging per quarter? You know, and then go and go from there. Like, it just becomes so much harder to do. The like, third quarter was the the highest scored quarter so far in this game. So the for Knicks. The Knicks what, what did they score for both for both teams? For right, both but teams. what did the Knicks score in each quarter? I think the Knicks scored. Just, Speedy, look that up. I think the Knicks scored thirty something points in the third quarter. I think it was thirty something points. Uh, thirty five, I think it was. And I, I know yeah, the that's Heat. that's pretty high for yeah, a quarter. Dude. Yes. And and the Heat, I think, scored 25. Do you have it, Speedy? I'll find it. You can just go to the box. I know. I know. I don't know why he has problems finding things. It's it's right there. Um, the Heat has 27. The Knicks had 34 in the third right, quarter. So, right. But so what did they have? What did they each have in the second? What did they each have in the first? Um, the Heat had 24 in the first. The Knicks had 14. The Heat had 23 in the second. The Knicks had 36. Uh, the right. Knicks so, have been so basically the yeah. the Knicks need to revert to first quarter form and only scoring fourteen points. That's the only that's the only real way they have a chance. But like, and when you do it by points, and I don't care how you want to get there, even with free throws or whatever. But the the Knicks just need to score seven baskets mm. in twelve in twelve minutes, and mm. they're probably going to win. Let's hope. Let's hope because I'd like to see a game six at least make it a make it a challenge going back to Miami. Maybe you, you come out. A winner, you, you sneak out of Miami, and then you go back to New York, and anything's possible. Anything's possible in a Game 7. So I'm, I would like to see it. I don't think it's going to happen. That's the old, that's the old Kevin Millar saying. What? Uh, anything could happen? Anything's possible in Game 7, right? Yeah, well, I remember that. Johnny Damon. So I, I know. That. I still have all the pictures. Kevin Brown. Kevin Brown stinks. I remember that game. Dude, they went through like seven or eight pitchers that game. I know. Vasquez went in that game. I, I was, I, I was, I was. I remember how when the Yankees made the trade for Vasquez and how how good everybody was. Oh, they, the Knicks got they, the uh, the Yankees got a steal for Vasquez, and I, I said, oh, 
And he, I would think that was the second time he came back to the Yankees. I think the Yankees let him go, and then they brought Dude, him back. you ever find it weird looking back at those teams and seeing some of the weird players that were on that team? Yes. I, I remember those Yankee teams, let me tell you. I yeah, oh, yeah. Like, completely weird to see the two Red Sox that made the final out in that game. You'd never be able to name either one of those guys. Mm. <laughs> you know, mm. Pokey Reese at second base and Doug Mankiewicz at first. I, I actually, oh, I actually loved Doug Mankiewicz. I, right, I, but like you don't remember them as Red Sox. Like Mankiewicz, mm-hmm. you remember as a twin. Pokey mm-hmm. Reese is probably what a Red mm-hmm. or something. People don't even remember those two idiots on the Red Sox. You know, it's so weird to look back at those teams and see like, you know, Mark Bellhorn, mm-hmm. Bill Bill Mueller. Mm-hmm. You know, like those kinds of, it's so crazy. Well, you know, and, and, and it's usually those players that you wouldn't expect to show up in those games and help you win those games. It's, it's, it's really crazy. But that's, that's sports. That's why sports is so fun to watch. Because it, it, as good as the team is or the roster is, it, 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 it could be the guy that's coming off the bench that's going to help you win that game. So <clears throat> um, it, it's sports. You just never know. Jeff, why don't you call back? We're waiting for Chris Childs. Hopefully we can get him on. Hopefully. Yeah, I don't know what's going on. I mean, probably won't happen, though, right? We'll see. We'll see. He's Good. ignoring Speedy's emails. Mm. I would, too. Not for nothing. <laughs> Goodbye, Jeff. We'll talk to you. All right. Yankees suck. <laughs> just write back to write back to him and just say, Chris, if you're, if you're busy tonight, uh, we'll, we'll try to get you on tomorrow or we'll try to fill, fill you in next week. Uh, uh Chris knew about nine o'clock. It was only nine o'clock today. Right. Maybe, maybe. Where's he from? Where does he Jacksonville? Live? He lives in Jackson. He lives in Jacksonville so. Beach. So well. just write to him and ask him if, if he's going to be able to make it tonight. If not, let's let's fill in uh, all the other content that we have because uh, we're we're kind of waiting to to fill in that content. But if he if he can't make it, we understand. Uh, I know he's a busy guy. And uh, we'll get them on another time. That's all right. Uh, we're waiting, uh, hopefully, to talk to former Nets, Knicks, and Raptors point guard Chris Childs. Uh, uh, we we understand that he's a pretty busy guy watching this Nick game. Could only make you. And now they cut it down to nine, uh, Miami. So I wouldn't be surprised if the Knicks cough up this lead. There's another three pointer because the Knicks don't defend the three point line. It just I don't understand how these guys are wide open and you're letting these guys shoot on you. It just—it's horrible. It just—you know—that's what they're doing. They've been doing that. That's a penalty. That's on Miami. He was moving. It so it looks like that's how they called it. Yeah. Well, t- 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 whatever. Anyways, um, so we'll wait. We're waiting for our uh, our friend, uh, Chris Childs. Former Bills punter Matt Arise was wrongfully accused with alleged gang rape incident that happened in San Diego State. Prosecutors also mentioned that Arisa wasn't even at the scene of the crime in their latest findings. The San Diego police spent nearly 10 months investigating this case uh, before assigning it to the district attorney's office, who eventually overturned the guilty charge. There were a total of 35 instances of witnesses' testimonies, a lot of which also did not see uh, Ariza uh, present at the party when the rape incident happened. Ariza was drafted uh, by the Bills in 2022 and was cut during the preseason after the incident came out. Ariza is 22 years old and has a nickname of pun- the punk god. So 
I don't care what his nickname is, honestly. What I do know is if he had no part of this and he wasn't there, his career was ruined. This same thing happened to a player that the Giants drafted a couple of years ago. Gettleman drafted, moved back in the first round again for uh, the kid from... DeAndre Baker. <laughs> from Georgia, right? Yep. DeAndre Baker. Uh, there was some kind of uh, thing, you know, put up gun or something. He, he robbed somebody. Robbery some kind of robbery. And uh, he was accused of stealing jewelry or some crazy amount of stuff. And... By the way, the Knicks just—they're—they're they're looking to to just cough up, cough up this game. They—they they look horrible. The inside defense was a problem. The, 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 the inside defense and the outside defense—they haven't played defense. I don't even think they know the word defense is. This is horrible. They look horrible. You know, you cannot when you're playing against Jimmy Butler and you're playing against the Heat and you're look you you play like this. You're not going to win. You're just not. But I, I'm, we're not we're not getting into the Knicks anymore. Uh, it's it, it, this was an interesting story, okay? I I don't know how could the Bills drop this kid when you didn't know the full story. Now I understand there was a lot of stuff coming out through the newspapers and and with an organization that likes to be clean. They've been clean really since those Super Bowls, those back to back to back Super Bowls. Uh, when remember those Jim Kelly Super Bowls, none of those players ever gotten except Rodney Lott. I think uh, when he played, I think for Dallas was the only time right. I remember uh, a player from that organization, a team that got in trouble. Buffalo has been a squeaky team organization over the years. I know Rex Ryan brought in uh, who was the center, the offensive lineman that got in trouble in Miami. Um, uh, oh, incognito. Incognito. Yeah. He was the only player that they brought in over the years that uh, obviously had problems staying out of trouble. But he was good when he was in Buffalo. He was really good. The, the 2017 season when they made the playoffs, they broke their playoff drought with when Tyrod Taylor was there and they had uh, LaShawn McCoy before they traded him or got rid of him, released him, whatever. They uh, He was really good in that season. Then they let him go because it wasn't part of their natural rebuild process. I think he ended up going to the Raiders. He played a year in 2018 with the Raiders, and then he ended up retiring after that. And, and Richie Incognito and John Gruden, maybe not the ideal combination, but Still, yeah, you're right. A lot of these players that they've drafted are pretty clean, like well-rounded players, like skill-wise and like character-wise. Uh, Ariza is a is a is a punter, and I think he was drafted pretty high. Too. Right, I think it was like the fifth round, like which is not which is obscure for a punter and or a kicker at that time. I know we saw some kickers go in the third and fourth round in this draft, but yeah, a punter going that high is very surprising. Mm -hmm. I I think that this story and and we saw this if you remember the Duke lacrosse team. Uh, they were accused of uh, another three-pointer, by the way, uh, which they cut it down to seven. This team does not defend the three-point line. This has been a huge problem. They had a 20-point lead, and all Miami has been doing, keep them away from shooting the three. Let them beat you in the paint. Why are you letting them shoot the three? You know this is what this team has been doing this whole series. Horrible. Horrible. And t I'm telling you right now, if they lose this game, this is Tom Thibodeau's fault. Because if I'm, if I'm the coach right now, I'm calling a timeout and telling you, why aren't you guys defending the perimeter? You know this is what this team does. They pass the ball on the perimeter until the open guy can shoot the ball. Miami made so many contested threes in game four. Imagine if they could make actually open threes in game four. It's not an ideal strategy to have by any means.
And again, maybe their inside defense being so bad in game four, too. It was, they're trying to overcompensate. You can't do that either against this Miami team. Spolster will adjust. These players will adjust. It's not just, I mean, they don't have the star power besides Butler as much, but they have a lot of depth and they don't rely on one guy. It's so frustrating game. watching this team. It is so frustrating. And I, I'm telling you, if the Knicks lose this game, and they should win this game, if they lose this game after going into the fourth quarter with, what, 11-point lead, 12-point lead, yeah. and they at one point were up in the third quarter with three minutes left, 20 points almost. Wow. 20 points. And they let this team squeak back into it, shooting threes, going up for uh, untested uh, you know, jump shots, 17-, uh, 16-foot jump shots. You're a defensive team. Tom, you preach defense. Why is it your team playing defense on the perimeter? And don't give it to me that they're faster than you because they're not. Even so, like, they've hit contested threes well in game four. Clearly, they have confidence shooting the threes. Why are you not trying to at least take that element away for some players? I'm not saying you have to do it for every player. I'm not saying you have to go crazy with double teams like you were talking about with Boston before. But still, like, have some kind of adjustments. Going back to this Ariza thing, I I remember the Duke Blue Devils, the lacrosse team, and I, I told you to reach out to those guys. I did, yeah. Um, I would love to get them on and, and, and to see, obviously, what those three kids – are doing right now after obviously the the crap that they went through uh, in the early 2000s. I mean, it was disgusting what happened to them. Yeah. Uh, but they were accused for rape. Uh, they had a the lacrosse team had like um, a party. It was a frat party, um, and uh, these two strippers came, and one of them was doing drugs or was caught. Something happened, and she accused three of them for raping them. It ruined it, the the coach got fired. Uh, the 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 season was ruined. This team was going to win a national championship. A lot of people believe they were going to win a national championship that year. Uh, they practically the season was ruined. The the two or three years of these kids' lives were ruined because a a, a young lady accused them for raping them. Wow. So, I I don't know what happened with this whole Matariza thing, but for the the Bills should ruin this kid's career and, and, and obviously drop him because this story came out. You have, to, you have to investigate the story before you ruin somebody's career. 22 years old. This kid worked so hard to get where he is. And because he was at the wrong party and at the wrong time and because people saw him there earlier, he was accused for rape. Yeah, and it's also a case, too, with it going to the Bills. Like, they're going to prioritize those certain positions more than others. We were talking about earlier with positional value in the draft, but maybe because being him being a punter especially, he didn't really get that other chance since then. And, again, would, is he going to get that other chance? He definitely should. He's 22 years old. Again, there was he was the best college punter in that 2021 season, and hence the reason why he went as early as he did in the draft, too. And, again, he also is somebody that – according to this witness testimony that we're hearing now, like it wasn't just one witness that did not see him there. It was uh, the majority of those 35 witnesses saw him not there. They saw somebody else. And there's a lot of guys that look alike. I'm going to say this. I'm sorry to cut you off. Why are the Knicks playing Grimes? If he's coughing up the ball, he's too young. He should not be on the court. Put veterans on the court. He is giving the ball. They're giving this game away. They're giving this game away. Grimes is every time. R.J. Barrett in the last game. There comes a three right here. In. This game's over. Now they're only up. Down they're only up by four. This game is over. This team stinks. Okay, 
Uh, Carl says, I'm pretty sure if you roll the tape back, you guys said it needed to be released. Well, we, again, without information, we didn't know at the time. Oh, right? what are you talking about? Arise, arise, we didn't know the whole story. Yeah, right, we don't know but the I'm whole not, story. But I'm not an owner of a team. I'm not the GM of a team. And if you don't know the full story, why would he do that? Why would, why would Randall do that? Randall had an open jump shot in the paint, and he passes the ball to Robinson. All he does is, is, is try. This game is over, man. This game is absolutely over. This team is, this this team has played so bad in this this quarter, and and they and the, at the end of the third quarter, I I can't watch a game and, and do a talk show. We're not not giving you Colin commentating because to me, I just think they're they're horrible. Look at this. Look at this. Oh, oh, he shoots. He just chucks up a three. It goes in. Now, now they'll come back down and shoot another three. I would agree with you, Carl. I don't know what I said over a year ago. I don't know what I said. What I do know is I didn't know the story behind it. Right. And, nobody- and I'm, I'm not a witness. I'm not even the investigator. You cannot ruin a kid's career. And by the way, Jalen Brunson fell over. And they shoot another three. And they, and they score. This team, I, I, I'm going back to, into this. This team, they have no luck, and, and all they do is flop around. They make too many mistakes. They need to, they need to have a 20-point lead in Miami if they win this game, if they want to get given it to Grimes again, coughing up the ball almost. Carl says, as well, uh, uh, Jimmy Buckets. Snug says, if they lose this game, Chicken Little will never let you Oh, they're losing this game. I'm and- telling you right now, they're losing this game. Like also says, who, telling you right now they're losing this Who game. knew punters got nicknames? There's right? another three. Apparently, and Apparently this one. Oh, in and out. Uh, Carl says, Chris Child's not answering is like John Stark's trying to say the word dislocate. It's crazy. Listen, we've seen this before. It's a shame that Chris is not going to be joining us tonight. It doesn't seem like it's going to happen. Maybe, maybe he's getting mad at the Knicks like you are right now. The way I don't know. Is he a Knicks fan? I don't know. But just, I mean, he, just because he played with the Knicks doesn't mean. No, he played with the Nets in Toronto, too. So, I mean, he's got the Eastern, Northeastern t- basketball team ties. I'm not sure. But, I mean, the Knicks are the only one left in the playoffs. The Nets and the Raptors were both uh, eliminated early. So. So, who knows? Who knows? But uh, unfortunately, I'm pretty sure if you roll the tape back, or I'm reading it now. Yeah. I don't know. I again, I don't remember what I said. But again, I'm not a GM of an organization, so I can't sit here and say I'm going to ruin a kid's career because I'm taking a guess on what he, what they think he did at this party. Right, and again. 35 witness prosecution is a much bigger sample than a story that leaks randomly after the draft. Because remember, this story came out in October 2021, allegedly, of the of these other charges. That that was his senior season at San Diego State. I believe he had the extra year because of the COVID eligibility rules. And as a result, it leaks after the draft because he's getting all this hype of being, oh, this he's punt god, this next generational punter. I mean, obviously he's a punter. He's not going to get the hype the same way another. It doesn't matter. A kid's career is ruined. No, 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 I know that. But now all of a sudden that story ends up leaking the same way when it's just one sample that we know of at the moment. And now you're seeing 35 uh, witnesses. I don't know how many of the exact ones, but uh, the majority of them, the majority, that's probably 20 of them saying that he wasn't at the president of the scene. They uh, went down at 1.30 a.m. that night and he left the party at 12.30. I've heard one thing was saying. And again, that's a pretty large sample. It's not like Deshaun Watson's case where Deshaun Watson, the majority of these women that were testimony involved in that, saying that he actually did it. That's a whole different case altogether. This guy, they're saying this guy didn't even do it. He wasn't even present. No, he wasn't even present when it was going right. on. He was at the party. Yep. He was seen at the party early in the night. And when it was going on, it he was outside or wasn't even in the vicinity when it was going on. So knowing that there were 35 people that were witnessing this situation, 
Why didn't they? Why didn't the Bills investigate this before they uh, they they dropped this kid, right? And ruin this kid's life. And now no team is even going to look at him, even right. if it wasn't his fault. And he wasn't there. Have you seen Baker in the league since that happened? No, he was with the practice squad with the Chiefs, so that I can remember. But he this never guy was, was a first round roster. draft pick, right? And again, he was another one that was wrongfully accused. Meanwhile, Quentin Dunbar, who was a veteran corner in the league, who was also involved in that same robbery. Uh, he got he actually had some charges. I don't think he was the main guy, but he had some charges, and yet he stayed in the league a little longer. He was with Washington. I think then I think Seattle picked him up later that year or something, and then the Browns like it was some combination. And then these other guys that are still being in, actually indicted for these charges are getting to stay in the league too. Yeah. So it's, again, it's, it's very very bad. Just a bad premise that the NFL is setting. Look at Michael Kendricks too. Another example of that ex linebacker for the Eagles. Yeah, and he he's involved in some kind of financial scheme as well, and he gets a second chance with Seattle and Cleveland. <laughs> Look at how many Cowboys got second chances. Oh, yeah, of course. I mean, in game four against the Suns, Nicole Jokic was involved in an incident where he shoved Suns owner Matt Ishiba uh, after he wouldn't give uh, the basketball back after an out-of-bounds play. Jokic shoved him where he landed back in his seat and ripped the ball out of his hands. Sheba said that what Jokic did was not an offense where the he should have been suspended for Game 5. Jokic was fined $25,000 but wasn't suspended for Game 5. Jokic, before Game 5, jokingly passed the ball to Ashiba, who was sitting courtside and asked if he would pay his fine. During Game 5, Kevin Durant was involved in an incident where he elbowed Jokic while he was near the Suns bench huddle during the Suns' timeout. Durant and the Nuggets guard Bruce Brown were both assessed technical fouls. Suns head coach Monty Williams called both instances silliness and didn't think there should have been a a problem with both of the situations. So um, this is playoff basketball. I don't know what Jokic said to Ishiba. I, I don't. I, I Again, we have seen this before. Owners, my opinion is owners should not be sitting courtside. That's just my opinion. If you're an owner of that team, you shouldn't be sitting courtside. You have a press box. Go sit in a box where there's food. I understand you want to be closer to your team. I understand when there's timeouts, you want to stand there with your team. There's no need for it. None. None. Now we have the Knicks, by the way. But I, I, I think when uh, there's another three, this is all they do. And, they, and then you give them second chances. Oh, the offensive rebounding. The, the, the Knicks are way too many in game four and towards the end of game three as well. And this kid is all, the, all this other kid does is shoot threes. Yeah, Duncan Robinson, who was probably, maybe besides Butler, the second-best player in the bubble when they made it to the finals. And he's been streaky since then, kind of like what you were saying with Jordan Poole earlier. I, I don't, again, looking at this game, the, uh, the series, the Nuggets and the Suns, we expected this to be the best series of, uh, of the second round. I mean, these are the two teams that a lot of people thought was going to win the NBA championship. Whoever comes out of this series, a lot of people believe one of these teams are going to win the NBA championship. And I expected craziness to happen. Kevin Durant is a guy that likes to speak. A lot of people don't like. Jokic is a very likable person. Yep. He is a very likable person. To, to hear this by Jokic is, is, is something that you don't usually hear. 
Yeah, and again, it was a shove, too. It wasn't like he was throwing an elbow or punching him, too. Like, I'm not talking about the Durant I'm talking about the, the owner. Yeah, no, the owner, the owner especially, too. Like like you said, I'm not going to say, all right, the owner shouldn't sit courtside, but that's the risk you run sitting courtside if you're going to be... I don't think... You're, you're, you're putting yourself at risk if the other team... Is is playing coming down the court and and something like that happens. Right, that's the risk for any any fan that sits courtside. It has to know that because especially in basketball too, because you're on the same level as the court itself. It's not like in other sports in hockey, like you're a little still elevated. Like if you're sitting right in the first row of the NHL arena, you're still a little more elevated from the ice. Plus you have the glass there. Baseball, same kind of thing, and football, like they're all elevated. Basketball is the only one that's actually parallel to the playing floor, so you know there's going to be risk involved if you're right on the left side of the ball. A ball goes out of bounds. We've seen players. All playoff long fly into the stands. Donovan Mitchell had it. Kyle Lowry. There were a couple in the Celtics 76 or series that were doing that. That's the risk you run, and you don't want to instigate the players. There's no reason for you to hold the ball. Like the owner was holding the ball, not giving it back I don't, for whatever reason. I don't know. And then he was barking at him. I don't know what. I, like I said, I don't know what he was saying, but still, like Jokic didn't do anything wrong. The only reason he fell is because there's a massive size difference between a, a six foot eleven, seven foot center and a guy that looks like he's shorter than me. <laughs> I, I tell you what, Miami's doing. They're purposely fouling Rob. Robinson. They're purposely fouling him, mm. and they're daring him to beat him with foul shots. They're daring him. And he hits one, and he can't hit the other one. <laughs> I mean, at this rate, he's a 50% shooter. We'll accept one. They're daring him. That's what they're going to... We've no, seen this with Shaquille O'Neal. Oh, yeah. they, we've seen this against uh, you know centers that can't hit free throws. Mm-hmm. We've seen this before. Uh, Dikembe Mutombo yep. with the Seattle Supersonics, they did this. Dwight Howard, they did it a lot too, yeah. I mean, it's a hack-a-shack, that's what they call it. Right. And they're going to continue doing this because he can't. Now he hit two foul shots, so now yeah. they'll probably leave him alone. Now, uh, finally, Mitchell Robinson, actually, that might be his like, maybe third time off season. He's hit both free throws. And why is Grimes fouling? I, I, I don't understand it. This is this. I understand what they're trying to do, but it, it's ridiculous. Play the game. And Grimes is he's too young and I in a, an important time of this game, an important part of this game, he should not be playing. If he's coughed up the ball twice in this especially in the fourth quarter, you cannot play this kid. But I understand he needs time and he needs to understand the game and how the game is played. And by the way, it doesn't look like Chris Childs is coming on. Yeah, it doesn't look that way unless he's just waiting for the end of the Nick game. Who knows? But uh, Carl says Canada saved from There's a night. There's another three. Canada saved from a night of burning. So I guess your Toronto Maple Leafs did prevail. So one of your uh, money line bets ended up winning for that one. Uh, Snug says, isn't the option to sit front row for your multi-billion dollar investment one of the perks of ownership? Carl says, hack a Robinson. Uh, to get Robinson out, that's why Grimes was fouling. Well, I guess maybe that's a strategy-wise, but still, you don't. Do you really want to waste the foul? Really doing that? All they're doing is shooting threes, and they know what the, the Knicks know what they're going to do. Why aren't they defending the perimeter? Right. And again, we they, haven't really seen out of bio attack when he's been in the game. Now he's. I think he just came back in the game, but still, like he's not being the guy offensively. Like even if they're driving in, they're driving and dishing. Jimmy all Butler, they're doing thing. is shooting threes. Yeah. That's all they're doing. Jimmy Butler went up for layup, but they're they're. And by the way, if you look at this game, the Knicks bench has scored six points in this game. Which was six. a big problem last game. So. And 42, and, and, and 42 for the, the uh, Miami Heat. Mm-hmm. That, I mean, it, it's ridiculous. And they're playing shot for shot, and the Knicks cannot be doing that. Right, and we saw Thibodeau do like a lot of 9-10 rotations the first series, too, and even earlier in this series. And the Heat are doing it better now, and the Knicks are not adjusting. Like They're just playing the same rotation and getting predictable. And especially if... Uh, Especially if somebody like Robinson can't hit a free throw, and like you said, Grimes is not playing the way he, sh- way he should be, it's going to be very hard for them to be able to get any type of offensive consistency, possession to possession. Now Brunson's shooting free throws. Hopefully he can make them, but still, it's not really good sustain. 
I think Hart should be in this game, not Grimes. Yeah. I, I, I would put the veteran in this game. That's what I would do. I, I, he's a better defender. Uh, Grimes has made a lot of mistakes. I think Hart is more uh, an under, has, has an understanding of what he needs to do when he's on the court. Idea. You know, so I, I just I don't think Grimes should be playing in this game. I'm just, I'm just saying right now at this time, he should not be in the game. Right. But uh, I, I think this is a bad coaching um, idea by Tom Thibodeau. Uh, are you ready for Bracket Wars? All right. Might as well do that. If there's any shot of Chris Childs coming on, we will have it after Bracket Wars. It's time for Bracket. 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 It's time for Bracket Wars. All right, we'll start with the underdog, the number 11 seed, the Cinderella story of Bracket Wars, the Washington Commanders of the 80s and the 90s, who Errol did pick last round against the three-seeded L.A. Lakers. They will be taking on the two-seed Edmonton Oilers of the 1980s. Yes, the Washington football team, a.k.a. the Commanders, the Redskins, 1982 season, lockout shortened 8-1 record, beat the Lions, Vikings, and Cowboys in the playoffs, and beat the Dolphins in Super Bowl 17. 1983 season, 14-2 record, number one seed of the NFC, beat the Rams and 49ers in the playoffs, lost to the Raiders in Super Bowl 18. 1984 season, 11-5, number two seed in the NFC, lost against the Bears in the divisional game. 1985 season, 10 and 6, missed the playoffs. 1986 season, 12 and 4 record. Third best in the NFC, beat the Rams, the Bears in the playoffs, lost against the Giants in the NFC Championship game. 1987 season, 11 and 4 record. Third best in the NFC, beat the Bears and the Vikings in the playoffs, and beat the Broncos in Super Bowl 22. 1988 season, 7 and 9, missed the playoffs. 1989 season, 10 and 6, missed the playoffs. 1990, 10 and 6, fourth best in the NFC. Beat the Eagles in the wild card round, lost against the 49ers in the divisional round in the 1991 season, 14 and 2. Number one in the NFC, beat the Falcons, Lions in the playoffs, and beat the Bills in Super Bowl 26. Key players John Riggins, Daryl Green, Mean Green, uh, Dexter Manley, Todd Bowles, Art Monk, Gary Clark, Mr. Gibbs, Coach Gibbs. I mean, this team was not. Unflawed in every kind of way. This team was as good as any team we've seen in the last 30 years. I mean, defensively, they were one of the best people. Everybody keeps talking about the 1985 Bears. You have to look at what this team did when they played. So, uh, fantastic team, fantastic run they had. In the, in the 80s and the 90s. Yeah, and they were stable in a very good NFC East for a while, too. We talk about the Giants. They won two Super Bowls in that span. The Cowboys, we, were, we had them against the Islanders last week in one of our matchups. They were the dynasty of the 90s. And you look at a team like Washington still being in the midst. And Joe Gibbs did it with three different quarterbacks, too, in those Super Bowls. Joe Theismann won the first one. Then it was Doug Williams, who was a journeyman for a while with Tampa. And then Mark Ripien, of all people, winning it against the Bills, a very loaded Bills team. That was a lot of good teams they beat in that postseason. Like you said, a very well-rounded team. I've, I saw an article a while ago. They said the 19 1991 uh, team that won the Super Bowl against the Bills might be the most well-rounded team both statistically and conceptually we've seen in NFL history in terms of a complete roster. So they had a lot of good teams. You're ready to watch a team just absolutely break down in this because they, they, they're, they're right there on the cusp of doing it. 103 to 100 right now. The Knicks 243 left and, they, and, and Miami has the ball. You watch. They're going to choke. Yeah. All right. Uh, Oilers of the 1980s and that was a foul on... Jalen Brunson. So they're going to get two free foul shots. And the way they play defense, they're going to contain the, the Knicks from getting a shot. And the game's going to be over. 1980-81 season, 74 points. 10th 
most in the NHL. Lost against the Islanders in the second round of the playoffs. 1981-82 season, they were 111 points, second most in the NHL. Lost against the Kings in the second round of the playoffs. 1982 and 83 season, 106 points, second most in the NHL. Beat the Jets and the Flames and the Blackhawks in the playoffs. Lost against the Islanders in the Stanley Cup. 1983 season, 84 season, 119 points, most in the NHL. Beat the Jets, Flames, and North Stars in the playoffs beat the Islanders in the Stanley Cup. 1984-85 season, 109 points, second most in the NHL. Beat the Kings, Jets, and Blackhawks in the playoffs. Beat the Flyers in the Stanley Cup Finals. 1985-86 season, 119 points, most in the NHL. Lost against the Flames in the Conference Finals. 1986-87 season, 106 points, most in the NHL. Beat the Kings, Jets, and Red Wings in the playoffs. And beat the Flyers in the Stanley Cup. 1987-88 season, 99 points. Third most in the NHL. Beat the Jets, Flames, and the Red Wings in the playoffs. Beat the And beat the Bruins in the Stanley Cup. 1988-89 season, 84 points. Seven most in the NHL. Lost against the Kings in the first round of the playoffs. Key players, Wayne Gretzky, Mark Messier, Yari Curry, Glenn Anderson, Grant Fuhr, Paul Coffey, Kevin Lowe. Great coaching, great GM, great everything. That is the Oilers. Yeah, great everything, great offensive juggernaut that was the best one we've seen in that era of hockey, too, when it just expands and just started that time. We were talking about the Islanders winning the Cups the way they did, and the Oilers were kind of that offensive juggernaut. They had the they had some good defensive players, too, but, again, that depth was insane. They had the longevity for a while and, again, beat a lot of good expansion teams in the, in the, in the Stanley Cup Finals, and, like you said, the Islanders, they had the Revenge on, which were a very good Islander team that we talked about as a five-seed last week, so they were a juggernaut for a while, and then they had to trade Wayne Gretzky to the LA Kings. Yes, I, I, I think when you look at both these teams, both fantastic teams, and what Washington did, Washington did was fantastic. But I'm going with the number two seed, the Oilers. I think what they did in the in the '80s was you see what the Islanders did, and they won four championships. They were the closest thing to the Islanders. This was one of the greatest teams of of the last 40 years. They were fantastic. Uh, when you try to compare and contrast all the great teams that have won three championships in such you know, such a short time. I, I would say the Oilers, Oilers were just as good as any of them. So I'm going to take the Oilers. I'm going to take the Oilers, too, because I just think they had better star power up top than the uh, Washington did. Like you said, the rotation was very good. Like I was talking about last week at the Patriots, it was a very good system that Joe Gibbs had. Great offensive scheme. But I think the Oilers are just a, a juggernaut when it comes to just scoring records. Wayne Gretzky having 200-point seasons was just absolutely insane. Like you said, four Stanley Cups, so I have to go with the Oilers, too. Great run for the 11 seed Commanders, but uh, the Cinderella run ends here. Yeah. All right, and the second matchup, a battle of a three-seed and a two-seed, much more powerhouses. The number three-seeded 2010's Chicago Blackhawks against the number two-seed, the 80s 49ers. Uh, 2008-2009 season, 104 points for the Blackhawks, third most in the Western Conference, beat the Flames and Canucks in the playoffs, lost against the Red Wings in the Western Conference Finals. 2009 and 2010 season, 112 points, second most in the Western Conference, beat the Predators, Canucks and Sharks in the playoffs, and beat the Flyers in the Stanley Cup. 2010-2011 season, 97 points, number 8 seed in the Western Conference, lost against the Canucks in the first round. 2011-2012 season, 101 points, fifth most in the Western Conference, lost against the Coyotes in the first round of the playoffs. 2012 and 2013 season, uh, lockout shortened 48 games, 77 points, most in the NHL, beat the Wild. Red Wings and Kings in the playoffs and beat the Bruins in the Stanley Cup Finals. 2013-2014 season, 107 points. Fifth most in the Western Conference.
Conference, beat the Blues Wild in the playoffs, lost against the Kings in the Western Conference. 2014-2015 season, 112, 102 points, fourth most in the Western Conference, beat the Predators and Wild and Ducks in the playoffs, and beat the Lightning in Stanley Cup Finals. And in 2015-2016 season, 103 points, tied for the third most in the Western Conference, lost against the Blues in the first round of the playoffs. Key players, Patrick Kane, Hall of Famer, Jonathan Thames, Hall of Famer. Marion Hosa, Hall of Famer. Donkey Keefe, Hall of Famer. Brent Seabrook, great player. Corey Crawford, great player. And Quenville, uh, one of the best coaches of all time in the NHL. Well, in terms of actually winning, in terms of covering up other things, that's another question. Um, we're not talking about that. We're talking that doesn't about... apply here because no. we're just talking about talent of teams. And this team was so deep on so many facets. I thought Keith was the best defenseman in the league when he was at his prime in 2010, probably 2000, about 2014, before he had a lot of these injury issues. And Seabrook would have been probably the best defenseman on a lot of other teams throughout the league. They were a, a tremendous, tremendous pair. They had so many guys that could win faceoffs. They were great with their trade deadline acquisitions, too. And even a lot of the role players, too, that did well in other places. Guys like Dustin Bufflin, guys like Antoine Vermette, who they brought in in 2013 as a great trade of the line piece too and they get all these other guys to score goals they won a lot of games like deep in overtime too that has to say a lot about Stanley Cup playoff stamina right there and three Stanley Cups you know what's so funny and I, I, I love you Carl but Carl is another guy that's going to say something that what I say Graham Grimes made a gutsy play stealing uh, stealing possession I don't care he should not be in the game you 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 made a trade for Carl Hart he is their best defender perimeter defender why is Grimes playing just my opinion. That's just my opinion. Okay? I don't care what he did stealing a ball. You know how many balls he's given away in the fourth quarter? Right. Three or four. And we're not saying that Grimes should not be playing at all in the series. No, he shouldn't be. Not in you, this game. You should be playing your veteran players, the guy that is the best player at that position to defend the best position for Jimmy against Jimmy Butler. I'm playing him. No, That's just right. my opinion. No, you're right about that. Especially, just, just, if you see a guy's making a mistake, make an adjustment. It's pretty simple. Um, the 49ers, 1981 season, 13-3. and Number one seed in the NFC. Beat the Giants and the Cowboys in the playoffs. Beat the Bengals in the Super Bowl. Uh, yes, the Boomer Esiason. Yes, Boomer Esiason. When he guaranteed his trip to Disney World. <laughs> Not, uh, 1982 <laughs> season, shortened season, 3-6 and six record. Missed the playoffs. 1983 season, 10-6. and six. Uh, number two seed in the NFC, lost against the Commanders in the NFC title game. 1984 season, 15-1. and one. Number one seed in the NFC, beat the Giants and Bears in the playoffs and beat the Dolphins in, Super Bowl, in the Super Bowl. In 1985 season, 10-6, and six, tied for the third best record in the NFC, lost against the Giants in the wild card. 1986 season, 10-5-1. What is he going to say? That was, a, that was a gutsy rebound by Grimes, who, by the way, has to do a jump ball because he fell on his ass. Okay. He didn't need to fall on his ass, but he fell on his ass. Because he's a rookie, he shouldn't be playing. 10-1, a 10-5-1 record, fourth best in the NFC. Lost against the Giants in the wild card round. 1987 season, 13-2. Number one seed in the NFC. Lost against the Vikings in the divisional round. In 1988, 10-6 um, record. Tied for the third best in the NFC. Beat the Vikings and the Bears in the playoffs. And beat the Bengals in the in the Super Bowl. Joe Montana, Steve Young, Roger Craig, Jerry Rice, Fred Dean, you name it. Charles Haley, Ronnie Lott, you, you, arguably one of the greatest teams of all time. Yeah, and you look at a, a pre-salary cap juggernaut, too, the, the, the 49ers had. They had Bill Walsh, so many revolutionary concepts with that West Coast offense, the original one of it that we've seen a lot of other Gutsy coaches. jump ball, here we go! Uh, a Gutsy! Lot of, a lot of these other coaches duplicate as... Uh, and they, they, and they, they lost it. <laughs> no, they almost lost it. Grimes again, <laughs> flobbling the ball. 
flobbling. That was a nice Flobbling turn. the ball. That is a great... Uh, I, I mock your made-up words all the time. I will give you credit for flobbling. I do like that one. Maybe an accurate depiction of James Harden. So in front of the time instance, we'll do... Flobbling uh, the ball. We'll do Quentin Grimes as well with the way he's uh, trying to scrap his way through this game. Yes, Carl, apparently the gutsy play. Well, maybe he landed on his gut, too. But uh, going back to the 49ers, yeah, Joe Montana, a lot of people think could be the best or second-best quarterback of all time. Definitely one of the more accomplished ones. And then he did it again with Steve Young not too long ago. They're not in this part of the bracket, but Jerry Rice, I think, is the best true of any position NFL player of all time. And you got a lot of talent on that defense, too. A lot of great uh, guys that rotated in. And even in the late 90s, they even brought some guys in once the free agency started. They wanted those guys to play there. Yeah, who are you going with? I'm going to go with the Blackhawks. And I'm going to go with the Blackhawks for this reason. I like the depth a lot more with them. I think the even different years, bringing a lot of different trade deadline acquisitions, center depth. Uh, Carlton remembers a lot of these guys, uh, guys like Marcus Kruger and uh, uh, Andrew, Andrew Ladd coming in at the end of his career before he went to the Islanders. Dustin Bufflin was fantastic, too. All these random guys that score, scoring goals. Andrew Shaw had that one head goal that didn't count. I just think they had a lot more depth, and that defense was as deep as anybody. So I'm going to go with the Blackhawks. There was nobody that had more depth in this 49ers team. I mean, the best. Some people say the best offensive line of all time. Uh, this is one of the better defenses. They had Jerry Rice, probably the best play to ever play the game. You had two Hall of Famer quarterbacks playing on one team. One is the backup, Steve Young and Joe Montana. I, I mean, there's nothing bad that you could say about these 80s 49ers teams. This team was a juggernaut. I, I'm not saying the Blackhawks, as the number of three seed, wasn't a great team. And they, they won three Stanley Cups. And they had a great coach. And But they, a lot of, they did a lot of things off the ice that you know you kind of shake your head and that this is that was the time this was going on so i i I like the 49ers. This was a clean organization. This is a team has one of the greatest coaches to ever coach in in, in, in professional football uh, of all time. I, I'm talking. I mean, the West Coast offense came from the 49ers. So I am going to go with the 49ers. All right. So I guess we have to let the Twitter polls decide this one: the Blackhawks or the 49ers. Who will be moving another on three? To, by the way, which the, it was wide open. Yeah, well. Yes, the Knicks. Well, hopefully they can make their free throws and eventually. I guess you're shooting still in this game. Oh, Mitchell Robinson. Oh, uh, he made two the last time. He probably couldn't do it again. Which uh, the crowd was going crazy. And uh, we're still <laughs> waiting for Chris. Uh, I guess we'll just wait out to the end of the game. If he comes in, he comes in. Uh, maybe he's watching. I don't know. Uh, Carl also says Brian Bickle. Yes, that is Brian Bickle. Another one I did forget about too. Uh, the brother of a uh, New York Shame. Rangers uh, guy. I would have liked uh, Chris Childs. I would have liked to interview Chris Childs. So uh, if Chris Childs doesn't come on tonight, you write to him and say, listen. We understand that, uh, you know, obviously uh, you're watching the basketball game and we are, too. Uh, we'd love to get you on again uh, if we can fit you in again. But, uh, no, it, it, this happens. Right, we This isn't the first time uh, we we had somebody say that he was going to come on and, and was, you know, caught up with whatever they were caught up with. But Chris Childs has a family. He has sons. Yes. He has kids. I, I understand. So saying Chris Childs has children. Yeah. Well, listen, I, I loved Chris Childs. I, I loved him. I remember when they traded. I, I didn't trade. They signed him with free agency. That was when they brought in uh, Grandmama the same year and our man. Yes, you know who I'm talking about? Three points, Allen Houston mm-hmm. from Detroit. Yeah. That that was the three times. To- they, they brought those three guys in, and they were a big part of the 1999 uh, all the way to the – NBA championship where yeah, we got swept by the Spurs. The only eight seed to ever make the NBA finals, though. Very impressive feat. They wouldn't have made the NBA finals if, if Chicago and Michael Jordan didn't retire. Well, that, that's fair. But even so, like, uh, my, my brother Ryan and I were actually discussing it. Like, 
there's only been in NBA history since the uh, since the f- finals and the playoffs have been in this format. There has only been three teams. There was a Celtics team that was a six seed, I think, in the eighties. There was a the Knicks team in in the in ninety nine, and then uh, a four seed. Uh, there was one four seed, I think, a Golden State team somewhere was a four seed. Every other team was a top three seed that has made the NBA final. That has won or has won the NBA championship. I would say this was R.J. Barrett's best game. Yeah, and I did tell everybody that Brunson was going to score over thirty points. So and he had thirty eight. Mm-hmm. So I I could only say this. If they think they're going to beat Miami and Miami playing this perimeter defense, it's not going to happen. No. <laughs> it's not going to happen. So it, it, I don't know what Tom Thibodeau needs to say to this team. I, I don't know because you cannot go I, – I, this is your home game. So, of course, you have the advantage if you shoot half as decent as you did uh, and you have Jalen Brunson scoring 38 points. If you do this in Miami, you're going to completely be beaten down. Right. Because they're, they're shooting threes all different guys, too. It's not it's not one predictable identity. It was Gabe Vincent early in the series. Then it was Struess in game three and game four. And now you're seeing Duncan Robinson have a bigger impact in this game. It's not just Jimmy Butler willing his way to the Miami winning like they did against Milwaukee a lot of the time. Like mm-hmm. This is a very well-rounded heat offense that have had multiple games with, I think, six or seven double-digit scorers. Like, mm-hmm. it's keeping the Knicks on their toes, and Tom Thibodeau has to learn to be able to adjust his defense accordingly because that's what he's supposed to be known for is his defense, and the Knicks perimeter defense, which did a very good job against Cleveland, not showing it so much in this series. Yeah, I, I don't know if Chris Childs is coming on speeding. So, uh, well, we'll we'll try to uh, reschedule. With uh, Chris Childs, uh, we want to apologize to the fans. You know this happens. We you did ask him to come on the 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 night the Knicks are playing. So I would think that he is pl- he is watching the game and he probably uh, wanted to wait until the end of the game. I don't know, but uh, we we would like to thank obviously um, our first guest Jarv- Mark Jarvis for joining us. We really appreciate him joining us and. Again, to Chris Childs, hopefully we can get you on um, one of these days. Uh, we would love to get you on and talk a little Nick basketball, talk a little net basketball, talk a little bit about your career and what you're doing now that your career is over. Uh, very interesting. I always liked Chris Childs. Uh, he was a pretty good net. He was a really good Nick. And those net, I wanted to get into the Miami series because yeah. he had some of the, the funniest Miami games in the playoffs. I mean, the fighting that was going on with the Knicks, he was a part of some of those. So um, we definitely would like to get Chris Childs on um, yeah. again. But, uh, Speedy, you know what you got to do? You have to get his number, and you need to call him and, and figure out what, what you know. How you you can't, can't send messages back and forth with him because uh, sometimes it just, you know, he's busy and he's doing other things. So... Uh, get his number and, and see if you can talk to him on the phone and uh, see if you can reschedule with him next week. Um, maybe tomorrow. Uh, if we, if, well, we have guys tomorrow, so we'll, uh, we'll stick right. to our guys tomorrow. Well, then we'll squeak him on. Ne- uh, we'll squeak him in next week. Yeah, next next week we have a slot on Wednesday. Maybe he'll come on then. We'll see. Yeah, so uh, we'll figure it out. I again, uh, Chris Childs. Uh, hopefully the Knicks, you know, come back in the series and That'd win be something. Series. Yeah, uh, that would be something to talk about with him. But uh, 
Uh, we'd like to apologize to the fans if anybody was looking and, and tuning in, waiting for Chris Childs to come on. We would we'd like to apologize for that. Uh, you know, it's out of our hands. Uh, sometimes happens. Carl says, Kyle Lowry garbage at the end of this one. Missed three straight threes and turned it over all twice. <laughs> Snuck says, maybe give Kenny Chris Childs time slot. <laughs> Carl says, Childs just dusted it up with MJ. Yes. And uh, <laughs> Snuck says, call Kenny, see what's shaking. This is not Kenny's show, Snuck. Could you imagine that? <laughs> Getting Kenny on this show? Uh, I, I I love when Kenny calls, but he he sometimes he, he goes all over the place, and, and some of the stuff doesn't make sense half the time. I re, do you remember last year when he called? Was it last year or the year before when he taught he called the show and we asked him, "Do you want to get into Giants conversation?" And he, and he that was, was to twenty twenty NFL draft, and he was speaking about Eli Manning the year after Eli Manning retired. Uh, he didn't, I guess get blacked out. He didn't realize that he retired. He had a whole retirement ceremony in the Dolphins Giants Week sixteen game or whatever it was, and he had his. Old, I guess he wasn't paying attention. He had his number, like he had his retirement ceremony. I think he's gonna have his number retired soon. And uh, I don't know. Man. Kenny calls himself a Giants fan. I guess he wasn't paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> he was on uh, whatever great wax that he's on. Well, listen, I I don't know what the wax uh, you know feels like or tastes like, but I'm sure it's very enjoyable for Kenny. Kenny uh, he also likes to drink. He likes his tequila. I think he said. Right. I think it was tequila. He said. It wasn't bourbon. I'm not sure. But, uh, yeah, uh, my birthday bash is this weekend on Saturday. Uh, a lot of people are going to come out. Every year we have this great, crazy bash, and we really thank everybody. I thank everybody. We, as, you know, me, my girl, we, we really appreciate everybody coming out and celebrating my birthday. I really appreciate everybody. Uh, it will be a fun one, I promise you. Uh, so. No, Carl. Ca- Kenny would not know who Quiddy Pay was. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. And either would Mark. <laughs> yes. But Mark knows a lot more in terms of sports history. Oh, Mark is fantastic. I, I, I would be curious to see if Kenny could name 100 like, total players. The thing about Mark is he's statistically like sound. I mean, the guy knows. You know, he could tell you games and you oh, know, yeah. scores and how many points the, some of these teams score in certain quarters and certain seasons. It, it's crazy. It really is amazing. I, I, I mean – He's not going to know everybody. Quinny Pay, he was one guy that he didn't know. And he's actually, Quinny Pay is a really good player. Yeah. He's turned out to be a pretty good player. So, uh, but yeah, it, it's been crazy, man. And again, um, it's been now, Speedy, it's been five years. Yeah. Five years with you. Yes. It's been crazy, man. It has been crazy. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I for all the the crazy people I've worked with over the years, you are my favorite. I can tell you that. Who do we? Who do we have? <laughs> oh, on? Jeff's calling back. All right, put him on. All we'll right, a Jeff. Bit more time. What's up, Jeff? Congratulations to the Knicks on a on a good win, right? I don't good know win. about I don't know about good win. Hey, listen, anyone any win's a good win. So I'll give it to them. That was good. They held them off. They scored. I don't know what was 28, 27 points, twenty eight points. I think that's what you said they needed to. So. Right. That's you know. I said twenty twenty four, twenty five. They'd win the game. They had 20, yeah. 28, and Miami had 29. So you, you said they would have to really screw up. Right, like they'd have to be down at like 14 points to lose, 14, 15, 16 points. So like, yeah. you know, because what they win by nine? They won by nine, yes. yes. Right, so they, they would have had to have scored under 20 to lose. Yes, and, and I yes. think if they play like this in, in Miami, they, had, they don't have a chance. They, have a snow, they don't have a snowball's chance. Well, how do you feel about the other big news in the NBA tonight? What was that? Jason Tatum named first team All NBA again tonight. Jalen Brown second team. <laughs> I love Jason Tatum again. He's a Duke Blue Devil. You, you keep bringing him up. I love him. 
I don't know why you always bring up Jason Tatum. I am a big supporter of well, Jason Tatum. Well, because you said before he doesn't deserve it. I, I never said that. Come on. I never said Jason Tatum doesn't deserve to be first team uh, All-NBA. First of all, he was the number one pick in my fantasy draft. Wow, your fake basketball team. Good for you. It doesn't matter. I picked him. Out of all the players, I was picking fourth. Out of all the players, I picked Jason Tatum. You had the first pick. Would you have picked him? Probably. Yeah, I like Jason Tatum. But you you have said that he didn't deserve to be first team. You keep constantly saying Kevin Durant's better. And now this is two years in a row. He's first team. hold, Hold on one second. Last year, Kevin Durant was an MVP candidate before he got hurt. And he lost. He, he, he moved to second team because he missed the last 20 games or 19 okay, games. Okay, what's the excuse this year? I, I didn't say anything. I thought Jason Tatum was a third. What was he, runner-up, third runner-up in the MVP or fourth runner-up? Yeah. I, and Kevin Durant wasn't. So, no. I never right, said Kevin this Durant. Is, this is where we see Jason oh. Tatum overtaking Kevin Durant. He's not overtaking Kevin Durant yet. I mean, this is two years in a row now. First team All-NBA. That's fine, but he's not better than Kevin Durant yet. I think another I'm, year. I think Kevin Durant could be done. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if Kevin Durant, if they get knocked out, the Suns get knocked out, Kevin Durant looks for possibly an early retirement. I, I wouldn't oh, be surprised. I, I wouldn't be surprised. I really wouldn't. There's too much money to be made there. Like he he can sit on the bench and get 20 million a year. Didn't he just start? Didn't he just start some like new um, clothing line or something like that? He just well, he's got a lot of businesses. When he went to Golden State, part of his deal with Golden State was that the owner would introduce him to some of the Silicon Valley people, and he actually started his own uh, investment project, like in tech and things like that, and whatever. Interesting. Hmm, I wouldn't have thought that with him. No, I have. I've, I've heard. I've heard a lot about Kevin. Durant. I mean, he's a bright dude, yeah. man. I don't know why you wouldn't think that with him. I mean, he's pretty, pretty smart. His mom's really smart too. I met his mom. His mom's a, a really, really. They did a documentary on his mom. His mom's been through a lot, and she actually, she just gra- graduated with a grad. I think it was a graduate or master's degree, and she, very smart woman, and she helps run a lot of his businesses. Speaking so. of graduating, congratulations to Ray Allen. Just graduated from UConn. Congratulations. Yes. That's right. I, I I read about that too. Congratulations to Ray Allen. Yeah. But yeah, but this is this is the overtaking in Kevin Durant. And, and look, he's not going to retire early. There's too much money for him to be made. I know, don't know. The shoe I, deals. I, I, like uh, he, he keeps getting shoe money. Yeah, but so does Michael Jordan. He doesn't play anymore. You know. He he gets that money because he. He has his own brand. Durant doesn't have his own brand. Well, he has his own brand on a brand. You know what I'm saying? Well, he has his own shoe, yeah. but that goes away if he stops playing. How many How many people in five or six years are still going to be wearing Kevin Dur- Tarantulas or Durantulas or whatever his name was? How many people are still going to do that in five years? Not many because they'll be on to Wembenyana's. Yeah, Giannis's shoe is not doing pretty well. I can tell you that. Uh, I, I saw right, Giannis, but, yeah, but I saw Giannis' right, but, shoe. Right, and but his shoe, his shoe might be doing good over in Greece, though. I don't, I don't know. I was looking at the sales of Giannis's. It's not doing well. Uh, that, that's all I'm. Uh, that's all I've read. And I, right, I but, I'm a big shoe, shoe guy. Knows, I'm a big no shoe guy. Going to be wearing the Durants. People are going to be like I said. I don't. I Cunningham. Honestly, honestly, do you like the Durant shoes? Have you ever seen the Durant shoes? They're not, not that great. I'm not a big I fan actually of them. Thought, I actually thought uh, – I can't remember if it uh, – did Milwaukee win the championship last year? Two years ago. Two years ago, yes. Two years ago. Okay. So it was, it was the edition that came out right after they won the championship. Yeah. It was like this light green kind yeah, of tealish yes, color or whatever. Yes, yes. Right. I think I that's thought one of those, the I thought those, jerseys too. I thought those were pretty dope. I remember them. 
Um, I, I never call that. Is that like seafoam green? What I, color they, would you well, call they, that? Uh, it, seafoam green is the shade of it. I, I think they use that shade of green for their like Cream City alternate jerseys that they have. I think it's that shade of green. Yeah, it's probably. Right, but I like... but I thought that that Giannis shoe was really good. It's called. Uh, hold on, I'm, I'm looking for it right now. Well, you look for that. Uh, Carl says, uh, "Need video of speedy dancing." Yes, probably somebody will. I think take they that. were the Freak Fours. That's what they were. Um, I'm gonna the Freak Fours. I know exactly what they're right here. Right, but he might have he. They're called birth the birth song, the birth right, but, shoe. But he he's different than Durant though, and I would uh, here's why I would say he's different than Durant because he's foreign. Okay, like he might still have a market to sell shoes when he's done because he's from Greece and he's the big Greek player, mm-hmm. right? Right. There's already so many American players that are good that like... No, 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 I'm sorry. I don't think- sorry to cut you off. It was I'm sorry. It was the twos, immortality. It was because uh, the fours are the new ones. It's the immortalities. Sorry. I would have, yeah, I would have to go and like look at the shoe to tell you, but I think you know what shoe I'm talking yes, about. I, right? I have it right here. It's the immortality. I it's actually, actually on sale was- right now. I actually thought it was a good, yeah, because it's yeah. three editions old now. Yes, so it's called the Immortality. Yep. Right, but I think he would have a market beyond his playing days because he's the famous Greek player. He could probably still sell, sell probably. shoes in Europe. Yeah. Just like I would Marbury's been doing with, it, yeah. Right, just like I would think the same of, like, Luca, mm-hmm. right? Like, he's the big Spaniard kind of player, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Where, where Durant's American... And the, the American that dominates is Jordan. Right. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, mm-hmm. I wouldn't think that there'd be much of a market, you know, five years after he's done playing. What an empire Michael Jordan's sons and daughter is going to have when he goes. He's making $38.5 million a year on wow. his sneaker deals. Michael Jordan. I mean, yeah. Jordan's kids' empire is already pretty big. I, I, no, I know. I, I know. I'm just Scottie saying. wife. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's so funny. <laughs> I think it's Marcus. I think it's Marcus. Imagine, imagine having an empire so big. You took one of your dad's teammates' wives. That and also, he just gave um, Pippin's ex-wife um, like specially made shoes for her. He just gave it like they're very rare shoes, Jordan shoes, and I saw them. And <laughs> it's funny. I. I, I'm surprised that Jordan's okay with this, but you know, I, I, he's a grown man. Who cares? You know, he's a grown right, man. but like, but like, that's why, you know, like it's not you know a black white thing or yeah. you know what our race yeah. thing. What no. I'm just saying, like, I would still be guessing that Yao Ming probably has a pretty popular shoe in China. Yao yeah. Ming was special. I, I, it's a shame his career ended as quick as it did. Uh, he only played, I think, well, Yao Ming came over late, years, Yeah. He only played like six or seven years. Yes, he came over, but he when he came over, he was like twenty six years old. He wasn't that old, you know. Uh, right, but that's knees, still six years. Yeah. That's still six years too late. And big dudes have problems with their bodies and whatever. Like, yeah. right. You, right, but it, you know, because I look at Durant on the level of, and just hear me out, just on the shoe level, right? Mm-hmm. As like Allen Iverson, yeah. a transcendent player when he was playing, mm-hmm. amazing player. I think that we can all agree on that, right? Oh, yeah. Iverson's one of the greatest. Who, who's buying Allen Iversons anymore? Nobody, but you see, they brought Penny Hardaway's back. The Pennies came back, and also the Barclays came back. People are <clears throat> buying a ton of them right now. They're coming out in different colors. Right, but they have, they have like nostalgia value where they can have a yes. couple of runs. Yes. But the thing is, Jordans don't die. No, and they'll never die. Greatest basketball player to ever play. And his sneaker, if you watch Air, the, the new movie, I haven't seen it yet, but I'm, I'm looking forward to actually checking it out. 
I, it, the back end of it, his ones are the most popular sneaker every single year that sells. I have I have seven of them, the high tops and the low tops. It's my favorite sneaker. So uh, it, and they always come out with different colors. They're fantastic sneakers, and they last forever too. They do, dude. I've had so many pairs of Jordans. It's yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. It's crazy, but it's like, but that's the brand. Like so, like, I mean, how many are Jordan is the one? How many other guys? Mm-hmm. Beyond beyond Jordan, forget mm-hmm. Jordan exists. Mm-hmm. Even though he's, I don't know, ninety percent of that kind of market. Yep. How many other guys, when they quit, their shoe still keeps going? None of them. Right. None of them. The only one that I could make an argument with, and it's because of the price point, because of what he did, would be Shaquille O'Neal and Marbury's. Marbury's been around. His sneaker all worldwide is is, but he's selling them for a dollar. I mean, they're, they're over there in China. You can buy the Marbury's for like a dollar ninety nine. Right, because he what did he win three straight Chinese yes, championships. Chinese championships. He's a god over there. They have a statue of him over there in China. Right, but that's why I'm saying. But like that's, I mean, that's kind of why. But even then, Yao Ming still might outsell him. Probably. I, I have to see how much Marbury made. But this is why I'm yeah. saying, like, I think there's incentive for Durant to keep going, even if he's a becomes a bench player. I, I I'm just saying, I, I people forget he's, that Shaquille O'Neal, the like the yeah. last six years of his career, was like the twelfth guy at the end of the bench. Yeah, no, he rotated like, like five different teams. Something like that. Dude, he career. played for. Do you know he played for the Celtics? Yeah, yes. I did. I did. Did you know he played for the Cavs? Because yes. he buried at the end of the bench. Right. Buried. <laughs> no, the they mentioned the they mentioned that when I think LeBron went to the Heat initially. Like uh, Shaq was just there. <laughs> Do you remember when Shaq and LeBron were teammates that one like quarter of a season in Cleveland? Like he was a trade deadline acquisition. Right. So it's like, you know, of all the great players, and there's been a lot of them. I don't think Durant is anymore. And he, I'll give you another reason why I don't think the Durant thing would really have legs to it, mm-hmm. so to speak. I guess, ter- you know, weird way to say it, but he's played for too many different teams. He doesn't have, like, a home. Hmm. He doesn't have a home fan base. Who's his home fan base? Nowhere. Okay, so his line was discontinued. Marbury's line of sneakers hmm. have been discontinued two years ago. Wow. <clears throat> so, but, but where's Durant's home? Like, you can go, Larry Bird was a Celtic. Magic Johnson was a Laker. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. Jordan was a Bull. What's Kevin Durant? Uh, he he'll always be known as OKC Thunder. I mean, that's where he is going to always be known. He didn't win his championships over there, but he was known for his years, his seven years over there in OKC. That's what he when he retires. No, not seven years in OKC because oh the yeah, first two, two years in Seattle. Seattle. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. The last of the original Seattle SuperSonics. Right, I, but this yeah. is what I'm saying is like. He was only there for a few years. He Aren't might they bringing have been in Brooklyn the, longer? I think Seattle's the next. Uh, they're bringing back to Seattle. I've seen. I've seen Seattle and Vegas as probably the next. And by the way, the people in Oklahoma City, but the the people in Oklahoma City hate him. Mm. They do hate him because they got rid of Harden and Westbrook so he could stay, and then even then he left. They broke his uh, the OKC the in the city at a restaurant. They threw, yes. they threw bricks through the windows. Yep. Right. So think about it. The place he's known for, that city hates him. Yeah. Can you tell me that Los Angeles hates Magic Johnson? Can you tell me Boston hates Larry Bird? No. Right. Can you, you, you the, the the New Yorkers hate Willis Reed? No. Right. By the way, may he rest in peace. Yeah. Well, well, what Patrick Ewing then? I'm sorry. Like, I don't, you know. Willis Reed would love to. Yeah, absolutely. Right. But like, Durant doesn't have a home. 
The only person right now that's not loved by James Dolan is Charles Oakley. <laughs> yeah, that sounds right. I feel bad, too, because Charles Oakley was a big part of those 90 Nick teams. And you have, you have all those ex-Nick players over there watching the game. Why isn't Charles Oakley there? I, I don't care if you have a problem with – he should be allowed to go to those games. It's, it's, it's absolutely – Irresponsible. It's because, it's because the Knicks have an owner that's like the Beads, the most thin-skinned, baby-back bitch of them all that is just going to hold personal grudges. Mm. Well, I, He's Beads light. I, I, think, I think a lot of the problems that James Dolan has had over the last couple of years, and I believe in the next two years, James Dolan will sell the Knicks and sell the, the Rangers. Yeah. Oh, it's never happening. Oh, it's, it's it, there were right, talks about it last there's year. There's talks yeah. about it later. He is. Yeah, there's he's, talks about he's it every not, year. He's he not selling Madison Square Garden. He's keeping the garden. He will rent the garden out to whoever owns the Knicks and whoever owns the Rangers. I mean, whoever whoever buys the team, that might be a demand of theirs that they get the garden as well. I I, I think just buying the organ, just buying the team is is something that you're going to make money off of. That's and, a record setting. Yes, yeah. I, you're talking about. I, <gasps> Right, well, but, the reason you know, are, why are the, the, the reason the Rangers go before the Knicks go. Yes, the Rangers are worth three billion right now, which is uh, the the <laughs> second most in the NHL that could be sold for. I think the Rangers are second, um, but uh, they're Toronto's saying Toronto's got to be first. This, right? Yeah, I, I don't know, but I, I, know I don't know what Canadian adjustment yeah. like uh, the currency. I, I heard the only holdup for these deals and, and and selling the Knicks and selling is something that he's doing in Vegas right now. Right. One of his projects that he, uh, I guess, got halted for something. Yes, and he got caught up into it. Yeah. And they say that he he has been talking since last year on selling the team. It, the only holdup is he's trying to, in the next two or three years, he's trying to get this project done. And then I think uh, he he will move along and, and sell those teams. I mean, the guy... The guy's got so much money, uh, and uh, to to move on from the Knicks and move on from the Rangers, he, he's still going to make his money off of Madison Square Garden, and he already came out and said that he, no matter what he does with the Knicks and the Rangers, he will never sell Madison Square Garden. So uh, the, now now the owner could actually take the Knicks and say, you know what, I don't want them playing in Madison Square Garden anymore. They could actually build their own place. I mean, they, 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 they couldn't do that. I, I know, but they, it, it's possible. We've seen It's not. Well, why not? I, I was because all football the other teams would, because all the other owners would have to approve of it, and none of the and, and you're not going to get two thirds of the owners to say, "Yeah, move out of Manhattan." Is that true? The, the, uh, hold on one second. So owners have to agree to that because I've seen Indiana. I remember yes, the Indianapolis. I remember the uh, not the India the the Baltimore Colts. They moved out. The owner wanted. He made a deal. He, he moved him out overnight. The other owners had to approve it. No, they didn't approve it. No, no, they didn't. I don't think they did. I'm telling you, dude. I'm I don't. Tell- I and don't that, and think. That, and by the way, it's also crossing sports, and it's also a long time ago. I, I understand you that. Can't but... just pick, you can't just pick up a team and move. Look what the Oakland A's had to do. the The oh, league yeah. has to the league has to approve the move. Yes, but you don't have to go to the owners if you tell the league there. There's this city or this place is willing to buy to build a stadium over here for I mean, me. Do you honestly? Do you honestly believe the commissioner would just unilaterally make a move all on his own, or do you think he would get approval from the other owners? I I, I don't know. I, I, I yeah, know I'm he is. Sure I know he could go to. Him. I know he can go to commissioner. I don't think the other owners have to agree to it. I I, I don't. And no one would concede New York. No, no one would concede that ground. It's insane because the second you did say you're going to move it, just shits and giggles, right? The Knicks are going to move yeah. into Newark where the Devils play. No, I would move them. I, I, right now, there's so much land over there by City Field. They can move them over there. Well, whatever. But you're moving them to Jersey. 
How fast did the Nets get out of Brooklyn and right into Madison? Like immediately. <laughs> like immediately, because you're not giving up that ground. You're not giving up 8 million people built in to go to your games every night. And now, and then how many are going to travel by bus, car, train, whatever, across the river? It, does, it makes no sense to do that. None. Again, I don't know what another owner is going to do, but I do believe that in the next two to three years, James Dolan is selling the Rangers in the Knicks. He's not keeping them. The, the only way that they leave Madison Square Garden is if another arena gets built in Manhattan. That could happen. I mean, there's land. But the question is, uh, is the city there's going to agree? Where? There's land in, in Manhattan. Absolutely. Right by I don't the know, man. I don't see much of it. There, there is. There's land over there. In That's Ma- they're building up, not out. <laughs> well, they were going to build uh, the Jets Stadium. It was. It wasn't. It wasn't approved. Was by, that Hudson Yards? I'm not sure where it was. It was right by the water over there, and they still have that land open. There's a lot they of land over water? there. Water. It's fucking gross. Well, whatever. It, it, but I right over there. There's a lot of land by the water on the outskirts of the water. So it's not even water. That's monster soup. <laughs> Something's gonna rise yeah. and uh, attack, I will. I will admit to you, it's dirty water. It's what no kind of animals do you think are living there that have been feeding off sharks. all the bodies being thrown in the East River? Sharks. <laughs> the mob connection of animals is that what you're implying? It's a lot of sharks. Over <laughs> you there. know, there's got to be some like superhuman freaking creature that living in there that's like been mutated a thousand times. <laughs> Dude, that water not healthy. You're probably right. You're called the mob sightseeing. I don't go in the water anyways because of the sharks and the sightseeings of sharks all over here. I mean, I will yeah. not go in the water anymore. The real miracle on the Hudson was that all those people in that plane were in the water and they haven't grown a third eyeball. <laughs> First of all, you can say I hate New York and not New York. Go ahead and lie to me and tell me that water's clean. I don't go you in the water. Even you can't do it. No, I won't go in the water. I, I, I will admit to you, I will not go. I used to surf. What I is if for what I've heard and what I've seen in the water over there on the outskirts, by very close in, within three hundred yards, there's shark sightings, big sharks, tigers, hammerheads, great whites. I'm not going in the water. I will not. I'm not risking anything in that water. So that's why I have a swimming pool, bro. I understand. The yeah. beaches, the, the the ocean's just monster soup. Dude. Well, you also have an indoor, so there's no crocodiles or alligators that can get in there. So. Well, yeah, I mean, I got the, the cage and whatever, yeah. but also alligators and stuff don't go in the ocean because there's fresh water, not salt water. No, I, I'm talking about going into your pool. That's what I'm saying. It's closed off because I've seen alligators go into pools. Yeah, that's in like rural areas. I'm, I'm like in a planned neighborhood. There's, there's no gators getting in my neighborhood. Have you ever seen a gator close to yes? Like, no, not close right. to my house, but like I've touched gators and like i've been on the golf course and touched a gator no no i'm not talking about that i'm talking about like right by your house have you seen a, a, a gator on no. your lawn or somebody no, else's no, lawn no no mm-hmm. no no mm-hmm. no it's too developed dude yeah there's too many people here mm. i mean i you after, know after watching that old lady get you know get dragged into the water over there in florida it's horrible dude that was in not my the neighborhood. first time that was in your neighborhood dude the, dude the one that happened at um river hills yes is that the one you're talking yes. about just recently yeah, yes dude, that's like the a mile and a half from my. That's so I live in a neighborhood called Buckhorn Springs. That's in the next planned neighborhood. It's called River Hills. Really? Wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was horrible. I watched that whole thing. I saw <laughs> the real video. Dude, she was trying to protect her her dog. If she pushes the dog, 
the, the, the alligator pulls her in the water, brings her into the middle, and spins her around until she drowns. It was Dude, horrible. All, all that is is yeah. that woman won the Darwin Award. That's all that is. <laughs> the Darwin That's Award. all that is. You want to be so retarded to bring your little tiny dog for a walk by the pond, mm-hmm. right, that you know gators are in, mm-hmm. and then you're going to let it off the leash oh. so what it can yeah. run around free, right? Yeah. Oh, and then you're going to be surprised when the gator sees food mm-hmm. and goes for it, mm-hmm. and then you're going to go, and then you recognize that you're already retarded, so now I'm going to go try to save this, like, little labradoodle or whatever this thing is, right. and then the gator's going to eat you. Congratulations, you're dumb. You're now fish food. So it says dogs equal gator snacks. Sure, every lawn in Florida is covered in gators. <laughs> That's not the thing in my neighborhood. In my neighborhood, it's the snakes. Oh, not like those. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we got some good ones. I, I actually, when I was I was in Florida visiting uh, Brittany's father, there was a rattlesnake under, um, under his um, yeah, because, outside. Yeah, it was outside. It was under something. Right, because her dad doesn't live in Florida. Her dad lives in the movie Deliverance. <laughs> like, that's the neighborhood that's in. Wow. Paddle faster, I hear banjo music. <laughs> hey, listen, it was a rattlesnake, and, and I didn't see it. She took a picture of it, as I, and it went into the garden. <clears throat> like, I mean, that's those things, they bite you. They can kill you. So, so. Yeah, easily, dude. Yeah. My first year I lived down here, I went to play golf with some people, and this dude hit his ball in a bush and reached down to grab it. Mm. And a huge oh, snake just smashed him. He had to get medevaced out of there. Oh, boy. That yeah, was dope. <laughs> I'd never seen that before. It was that crazy. Is freaky. It was dope. Yeah. <laughs> they literally have to take the venom out of him. I've, I, I've, I've I, it's, seen our process. No, they don't even do that anymore. Every hospital has anti-venom. Yeah, they so have they, anti-venom. Just, okay. yeah. All right. Right, so, right, yeah. I mean, it's so common here that they have anti-venom. So, like, gotcha. the whole trick to it, is to and I and look, I realize this is easier said than done because yeah. you just got smashed by a rattlesnake. But the the thing to do is to breathe slower. That's that's what they said. And don't move. Do not move. Right. They said. Yeah, you don't. Yeah, you don't move, and you breathe. You try to breathe slower because the 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 venom is going to go through your body. It's going to get in your blood, blood system. Yes. Yes. Right. So the faster your heart beats and the faster all that stuff happens, the faster it circulates around. So that's why they tell you to breathe slower and don't move. That's what they say. And and another thing is is take off a belt and uh, cut off. Yeah, a tourniquet. Yes. yes. Uh, if whatever you can to to keep it in one spot as long as right. You that's why there's you know there's no sucking the venom in out. No, like, like no, you're no. in a movie. No, they they tell you not to move, and then they you you call in you know an ambulance. Mm-hmm. And but we were so far out in the woods, they had to medevac them out, so that we had to wait like 20 minutes for the helicopter. Jesus oh, Christ! Wow. Jesus. And then and then and then they flew them out. It was crazy. That is, that's scary by itself. I, I I'm not I'm not afraid of snakes because I have been around enough of them. My friend my cousin actually raises snakes, so I'm not afraid of them. Pythons, any of that. But you you is that as, where you found beef? <laughs> no. But uh, uh, again, uh, a lot of people like to you know post up things when snake uh, they put a mice mouse in the thing. You watch him eat the mouse. It's disgusting, man. That's just horrible. I mean, it's the way of life. It's a circle of life, but right. it's not something I want to sit there and watch, you know? No, but like, back to the whole source. thing we originated from, yes. Durant's not going to have a market for shoes. Mm. Well, uh, he's not, right? Well, I, but he has other, other other businesses that he is doing right now, so. 
Right, but I'm just saying you yeah. want all the basketball money you, yeah, like, I got you it. can get. I got it. Uh, I'm interested to see what he does because uh, obviously I think Durant's going to be 35 next year, right? I think he's 35. Oh, yeah. I think he's 35. And Dude, his career basically ended when he snapped his Achilles in, with the Warriors, right? Like he hasn't been the same since. He still was a real – I mean, before he got hurt last year, he was up for an MVP. They were talking about him winning the MVP. Right, the, but yeah. the problem with what you're doing is, oh, he was good until he got hurt. Yeah, dude, he's only playing half seasons every year now. Yeah. And that's the well, part, yeah, that, that's that's the part true, you're ignoring. But at the same time, he also willed the Nets to, like, almost beating Milwaukee without the, any help whatsoever, too, mm-hmm. in, that, in that playoff and the end of that season, too, because Kyrie Irving and James Harden were doing stupid crap. And I mean, yeah you, yeah, you can say all of that kind of stuff. I don't know if his, his career is done. I mean, he's averaging 20. Nine points, right? Six rebounds and five assists, fifty-six percent. Right, right yeah. when he's healthy. The yeah. problem is he's only going to yeah. play thirty-five to forty games yeah. a season, which will never be worth his contract. No, but, yeah, but he's still I realize that you want to just defend player. him. At, I, I realize that you just want to defend him at all costs. No. But any other player, I make fun of Kevin Durant all the time. No, no, no. But you're just like you're just ignoring that he only put like the last four seasons, five seasons. He's only played a half a season every year. Yes, but in his career, you have to look at what he's done. And and he, I mean, who's a better shooter of all time? When you when you look at some of the greatest shooters of all time, could you name a player that shot, shot the ball better than him? You know, Steph Curry. No, he shoots the ball. Well, mid range, mid range, it's Durant. No, Three it's Durant. Curry. I, I mean, no, Durant's got that one un, unblockable shot that's like. Kind of behind the backboard, kind of thing where yeah. he'll drive, yeah. and they'll shoot. Off that I, back I don't know. Leg, like yeah, a, right. I mean, is that like a six footer he's shooting an eight footer? And it's just yeah. money every time, right? Like right. it's on, right? But there's been a lot of people with unstoppable shots. Kareem had an un- unstoppable shot. Yeah, the Kareem dream. I, I know the fadeaway jumper. The Kareem dream. No, um, it was the skyhook. I, I I know he called it the dream. No, he didn't. He called it the skyhook. The hook. fadeaway. The fadeaway jumper was the dream. His famous that was Hakeem Olajuwon. Uh, that's, right, that's, that's, that's right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah. All right. Hakeem Olajuwon, the dream. That's what I. I he, that right. shot was so, impossible. Like, but there's been other dudes with unstoppable shots, and like you can't just Michael Jordan's them. fadeaway too was unstoppable. Yeah. I mean, you couldn't stop that. I saw him do it at the three point line. He was doing fadeaways. Yeah. Well, he everything he did was unstoppable. He wanted to go to the rim. He was going to the rim. He mm-hmm. wanted to do that fadeaway. He was going to do. If he wanted to pull up from 50 feet, that was going into. Mm. Yeah, it, it, everybody says, well, he wasn't a good three-point shooter. That's because he didn't need to shoot the three in that no, time. No, that time, no. You know, and when he needed to, he hit, like, what, nine three-pointers against the Portland Trailblazers when he had the flu? Yeah. Right. I remember that game, too, when everybody says he couldn't. But it's basically it. over for Durant now. Like, yeah. he's not – he's only playing half seasons, you know, and, and you can point to, oh, he almost won that series with no help. Well, last year he did have help, and he got stuffed in a mayonnaise jar by Jason Tatum. <laughs> Again. I I I am a big fan of Jason Tatum, even though he plays for Boston. I wish nothing but that the best wasn't player. a comment on the Celtics. It no, was no, more of a comment on on that Durant doesn't do much. I I think Kevin Durant still could play. I, I'm he's quite, not even the best player on his team right now. Devin Booker is leading that team. I think he's better than Devin Booker. I well, then why isn't he playing like it? I, I, I he's been doing better than Devin Booker in the series. He hasn't been. Yes. Booker filled it up for like 41 or 42 oh, the other night. Hold on. Let's let's see what they've been doing in this series. Uh, the Nuggets, 26, 36, 39, in, and he's averaging 29.7 in this series. What is Devin Booker doing, Speedy? 29.7, uh, 6.7 rebounds and 5 assists. Could you find it, Speedy? Or do I have to find that? Why is everything so slick? 
It takes you forever. Game one. Game one, he had... Uh, let's see. Shot. 28, 36, and 47. 27.8. Durant's averaged more. Rebounds no, 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 no. 40. That, that average is way over 30. No. Booker's oh, Booker, done great. No, 27, 35, 47, 36, and 28 in the, in the, in the right. five games. So, so, three, so he, he's got 40 whatever in one game. He's got 37 in two games. And then he's at 28 or 29 have in the numbers two here. games. It's twenty-seven point eight right now. It's during the playoffs right now. What's during the playoffs? Let me see. Career? No, I don't want to see career. Yeah, Just it's playoffs. over thirty. He's averaging. Just look for that, Speedy. Please find the numbers. Don't do the math. Find the numbers because it shows. You just got to find it. Let me see. Playoff. These are Dude, his two worst games. Were this is regular season. I'm sorry. That was the regular season for Kevin Durant. Uh, the regular season, he averaged 29.7. Yeah, it's 31.9 for the playoffs. Uh, Kevin Durant. I, I just want to get the Kevin Durant numbers because I think Kevin Durant's doing that too. Jeff, I'll, I'll find Devin Booker's for this series too. It, it looks like it's definitely over 30. So it's 31 for Durant right now. Dude, it's way over 30 because he had 30. You said 36 and 37. He had a 47. Tw- yeah, he had a 47. And then a 47, and he already had a 20. And you said his worst game was 27. Yeah, in this series. Yeah, he's 34.6 in this series. So more. So Booker's doing more. Okay. And and Durant's averaging 31. So <laughs> Right. So so Booker's leading the way. I I uh, who's shooting more? Okay. Let let's see. Probably that. Durant. I don't Probably know. Durant. I don't know about that. Just look at shots. I should just right. add up all the shot attempts. Well, Speedy could look at that, but uh, yeah, when Speedy gets the number, we'll we'll find. It. But uh, nevertheless, thirty. Uh, it's not too shabby. Average a guy that's thirty five, thirty six years old, averaging thirty one points a game. I didn't say it was shabby. All I said was Booker was leading the way, that's and you fought me on it. I and he is. I, th- I still think Kevin Durant's a better player than Booker. Well, he's not playing like it by three points. Who's averaging more shots, Speedy? Booker has 228 in the 10 games, so that's 22.8 per game. Mm-hmm. And Kevin Durant, bring that in, and then we'll, uh, we'll end this show, and we'll be back tomorrow at uh, 9 p.m. Uh, who do we have on tomorrow? Tomorrow at 10, uh, 10 p.m., we have former Packers, Bills, and Buccaneers defensive lineman Jarrell Worthy. He's been on our show yes. at the beginning of last year. Nice guy, too. And then at 10.30, we will have uh, Andre Dawkins. He was a Duke uh, national champion in 2010. He, Errol, you said he's the backup, backup point, point guard. Backup point guard, yeah. Uh, he had brief stint in the NBA with the Miami Heat, I think only a year and a half. Backup and he, guard. He and played he, three. He oh, played right. the two. He played two one. as well. All right. Yeah. And then uh, he also Dude, you got to reach out to Jalen Carter. you got to get Jalen Carter. I tried, Jeff. Believe me. I've tried a lot of the, a lot of the draft prospects this year. We had a few well, of them I'll reach out year. to him again. See, see we had a few of them this year. I know, yes, I know we, you would love to have Jalen Carter on the DUIs. <laughs> I don't think we'll ask about the DUIs, Jeff. Uh, uh, it's a relevant fact. What, what is it? Did you figure out the number here? But uh, in terms of Dawkins, he also had uh, Miami Heat. He played for for a couple of years. Yeah, I he, remember Dawkins. He bought yeah. and he bumped around in the uh, in the G League a little. He after was drafted that. by the Heat, I think. Yeah, I think it was the year LeBron left. He was a second round draft pick. Yeah, he was a second round pick uh-huh. uh, that year. Let's see. Kevin Durant. Golden State. 15, 34, 49, 66, 88. Uh, 107, 134, 165. Yeah, it looks like Durant has shot a little less. 8, 180, 220, 206. So, oh, two, it's actually, it's actually uh, Booker's done a, uh, 22 shots more. That's a lot. Over 10, over 10 games, that's two shots more. 
22 shots. 22. No, 22. no, but it's over 10 games, so it's two shots more a game. Uh, yeah. That, that's still, that's two, that's a lot, Jeff. I mean, he's only I mean, averaging really three, not. he's averaging only it's three really, more, the three I mean, more points I mean, than it's him. Re- it's really not a lot because the, the whole game is going through those two players. It's not that many more shots. Whose field goal percentage is better in the both the games? Just look, Speedy, just look. It shows you the field goal percentage of the playoffs. I'm not waiting for it, Speedy. I, I can't sit here and wait. Anyways, Jeff, thank you for calling. Always a pleasure, guys. Jason Tatum, first team. Get it. All right, Speedy, you could find that out, and we could talk about it tomorrow. Because All right, Durant is 48.3. All right, and what is, what is Devin Booker? Just go to his thing and go look at his numbers during the playoffs. You go to if you go to what what's that Wikipedia? Bas- the, I have I'm on Basketball Reference. All right, and what what does it say right now in the playoffs? His field goal percentage. It, it should tell you right in the playoffs what his field goal percentage is. You move right down to the playoffs and it'll show you. Tick tock, tick tock, tick tock, tick tock. Anyways, uh, thank you uh, to our, our our one guest tonight. Uh, longtime football scout and founder of JarvisScouting.com, Mark Jarvis. Uh, we would like to apologize to the fans. Uh, Chris Childs, uh, I don't know what happened to him. We'll reach out to him in the next couple of days. Hopefully we can get Chris on next week. Uh, probably busy. Um, it's happened a couple of times to us. Uh, a lot of these players, uh, you know, their ex-players are busy. But uh, we'll definitely try to get him on and talk a little uh, Knicks in, in Miami. Uh, he's had his... Uh, his back, you know, his back end of his career with the Miami Heat, with the Knicks. So, we'll definitely, uh, we'll definitely reach out to him and, and hope uh, that we can get him on very, very soon. Um, we will be back tomorrow at 9 p.m. Like Speedy said, we're we're gonna have a, a pretty good show. We have two really good guests. One uh, first time on Dawkins. I, I know Dawkins. He's a Duke Blue Devil. I remember that team in 2010 when they won the. Uh, what was it with uh, that was the Kyrie Irving Okafor, Duke was team? It? Uh, no, that was the was Kyrie, Irving, Kyrie Duke Irving team. team. Yeah. yeah, well, he didn't play in that. No, I know, I know, but it was, it was that Duke team. It was 2010. Okafor was the 2015 one. Yes, so I, I remember uh, that. All right, by the way, Devin Booker, I finally got it. 48.8, so a little, little higher, a, a point five higher. Hmm. If you so, want to nitpick on that, it's interesting. It's interesting. I, I would say Devin Booker has played better in this series than Kevin Durant. Do I think? Devin Booker's better than Kevin Durant. Do you think Devin Booker's better? Than Not talent wise, but I think. No, that's a, do I you think, think he's better? I think as yes a playoff no. performer, he's more consistent. I think he's not better than Kevin Durant. I think Kevin Durant is a better player, as far as I'm concerned, than Devin Booker still is, and until proven otherwise. And if Devin Booker can help this team get over the hump, that would be nice too. So we'll see. Uh, again, we'll be back tomorrow at 9 p.m. Uh, thank you to all the fans that continue listening to us throughout the week. Thank you, Jeff, for calling the show and just giving us all the craziness as you always the do. The down on Kevin Durant's shoes and a bunch of snakes in Florida. <laughs> yes, and everything else. But thank you uh, for calling the show as always. Thank you to the Beeve for calling the show. Thank you to all the fans again, and we'll be back tomorrow, 9 p.m. Until then, this is Errol Marks and Speedy Petey saying goodnight. We'll talk to you then. Good night. It is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network.